My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Damn right. And it is episode 127 today, the WNR 127, and it is October's WWE Network Roundup. We've started doing alternate intros, and here's the alternate intro for this week's show. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of a Mike Rivers, bend still with his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for the great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And like I say, we're going to have alternate intros every week, we'll have a different one. So, let's get started, we've got a lot here, but let's start off with new content on the WWE Network. Well, starting off with Superman, we go on to Superwoman, and it is, of course, Oscar, the undefeated Empress. You see? Yes, there we go. So, latest collections, Oscar one down, and what's it about, really? Untouchable, unnerving, and undefeated. No woman has been able to halt the overpowering winning streak of the unstoppable Empress of Tomorrow. Witness the longest reigning champion of the modern era grapple with some of her stiffest competition including Bailey, Mickey James, Ember Moon and Nia Jax. Watching this WWE Network collection, you'll have no doubt that Oscar shows no signs of slowing down. And it's a clever thing to do to put Oscar there with a collection, just in case no one's ever seen her, you know, the chances of not watching NXT, and then you hear, hear about Oscar, you go on the network, and there you go, bang a collection for her. The other one is Hell in a Cell, forged of steel and designed for pain, Helen Selman instills fear into every superstar brave enough to enter its confines. From the epic encounter between Sean, Michaels and the Untaker in 1997, through the historic first ever women's Helen Cell match pitting Charlotte Flair against Sasha Banks in 2016. This WWE Network collection features 20 of the most gruelling hard-hitting matches to ever take place inside the Devil's Playground. See for yourself how this dynamic, de- demonic structure changes lives and impacts legacies And we've got new classic content for October 2017. WWE Network's newest VOD offering serves up two years of world-class championship wrestling's flagship program featuring WWE Hall of Famers, the Fabulous Freebirds, Rick Rude, The Ultimate Warrior, The Von Erichs and more. WCCW features some of your biggest stars of the mid-1980s and was your place for marquee events like Parade of Champions. Enjoy a small taste of the latest offering with this new classic content collection featuring 10 memorable episodes from 1985 to 1987. And uh, the interesting thing about collections, we've already heard what's coming in November. We're going to have Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, and one AJ Styles, Ric Flair 
and tribute to the troops, but we'll give you more information, of course. Well, as noticed, this week's Flashback Friday programming on the WWE Network will feature WWE Hall of Famer Bruno San Martino for his birthday. The lineup is here is as follows. At 3pm, old school, 3rd of the 17th, no, 17th of March, 1975. Old school card from MSG features WWF champion Bruno San Martino defending against Spyros Arion, uh, Killer Kowalski, Ivan Putski, and many more. Well, we also got Tuesday Night Titans, where uh, Bruno Sammartino is a guest alongside Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes. We've got Old School from the 14th of April 1975. Bruno Sammartino defended the W title against Spice Aaron in a Greek death match at 7pm. We've got Legends with JBL, and JBL sits down with Bruno Sammartino to, dis- to discuss... Some memorable exploits from his extraordinary career in WWE. And then other stuff as well. We've got uh, Story Story Time. time. Every legend has a story. Then at eight, we've got WWE Old School. Ernie Ladd challenges Bob Buckland for the championship. Uh, And blood is shed in a bout between San Martino and Billy Graham. And then uh, at 9.30, probably arguably the most greatest table for free that you could ever imagine... And that is Randy Orton, Ric Flair and San Martino. Three champions spanning three generations share amazing stories from their le- legendary careers. Well, then at 10, you've got the old school uh, car from Philly. Bob Batlin versus Spios Arion and Bruno San Martino versus Ken Patera. Talking about latest contents, and of course we've got some new shows. And these have come from the original special released Monday, September the 25th. And then the WWE 2K18 roster reveal videos. Four of the videos that were previously uploaded to YouTube have been added to the original special section. They are available elsewhere and feature Renee Young and Corey Graves revealing roster members of the upcoming game, WWE2K18. Guests include Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Goldust and Bree Zango. Now we're going to go more into detail WWE2K18 at a later date. Uh, I did get the game. I think it may be down the line we do like top five wrestling games of all time or something like this. But how many wrestlers do you think are available to play with downloadable content on the new WWE 2K18 game? No. Much more than that. It's it's the most ever. 100. 220. God. That's what they're saying, 220. And there is loads of people on there. There is... Darren Young. Darren Young is on there. You've got people like... Um, Lars Sullivan, you know, the guy who is on NXT at the moment is a monster, the big head. He's oh, yeah. on there. TM61. You've got Bobby. Uh, you've got the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. So, honestly, there's so many. I had an eight-man tag team match to, to kick off the W2K18 game. Can you guess what four members of my team were? What, the, who, what entrances? Bobby Roode. Yes. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes. Breeze Hango. <laughs> <laughs> Ends up a big cat. So, <laughs> oh, Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger. And the last one, no. Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher is on the game. Yeah, so I watched uh, them four. And I think I went up against Sanity, who were on the game, and Cassie Sono, who was on there as well. Oh, no. Uh, anyway, so that was there. Uh, and other stuff that has added to the network, Dan? Well, on to what is likely the bigger story to most. WWE Shorts Collection is coming to the service. This will be the 46th collection available, supposing nothing is removed and we'll be highlighting WWE.com and YouTube short form series. 
This is similar to a category the WWE Network had back in the early days of the service called Quick Hits, which was controversial among fans as some had the misguided notion that the category was somehow preventing classic content from being added to the service. Hopefully by being a bonus collection and not one of the two promoted for October, gripes will be less significant. Well, the first listed is a graphic. In the graphic is WWE Pop Question, which is what you expect. W superstars have asked questions on the spot and give their answer. The second series is My Daughter or Son is a WWE Superstar, which is a short documentary on the superstars' relationship with their parents, which was well received. Well, the final two series listed include Superstar Ghost Stories, good for Halloween coming up, and WWE Game Night, the latter of which is hosted by Heath Slater and all well among fans. Whether we will see more series than just those listed isn't known yet, and just how much of each series isn't known yet. But do you like the idea of this collection? Uh, I, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind the idea of this. You know, anything added to the uh, network is always a bonus, isn't it? You know. Uh, would you like to see this collection updated regularly? Uh, I think that all depends on the content we get. You know, if it's just throwaway stuff, then I mean, people do go on YouTube stuff. But I think it's good that it's um, kind of kept inside the kind of WWE Network vault. You know what I mean? I think everything that goes out there should be kept in some place. I think that's quite cool. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, you know. You- it's nice to have access to pretty much everything that's on YouTube and such yeah. other channels. Are there are there any other short form series from YouTube and WWE dot com, such as Where Are They Now that you'd like to see as well? Well, I, I think for me, there's one is the and I can't remember the other guy who was on there. It's a really good series of like Wrestling Worst. And they looked at, like, the moments from WCW and stuff. They ended up having a Triple H puppet. I didn't mind that. It got cancelled after a while, but that went bad. But, yeah, let us know your thoughts. Of people well, there was well. a series. It's actually on my show box. It's WWE uh, Triple H, like, Kingdom Come. That is on here in the... Oh, what's the section called? Like, not original specials. It's called a bin, oh. where they've got the DVDs. They've got, like, Paul Heyman's yeah. DVD and CM Punk's. That's on there. Anybody who's new to the network and want to check that out, that's on there. But anybody wants to let us know the thoughts at home. Uh, we also had Storytime, which is the animated uh, cartoon of people talking about the, the stories on the road, basically. And uh, there's also Southpaw Wrestling that we'll put next month, which is... Uh, had a lot of uh, love on it online. We haven't featured it yet, but we will do. So the latest episode of Storytime was up. And Dan, what episode was that? Um, that's season two, episode five, Causing a Storm. And it's WWE superstars and legends recall when unforgettable moments resulted in crowds and catastrophe everywhere from the balcony to the bathroom. Uh, and that was story time. And if you like that, that's always good. And uh, we've got a bit of uh, well, a couple of quick news stories. We had a rumour at the start of the month with this is of course they're trying to make a Vincent Mann topic a, a film about his life and I mentioned Bradley Cooper to play Vincent Mann do you think that's a good idea? <sighs> <laughs> Who would you have play Vincent Mann? Vince McDan. <laughs> would you play him in a film of his life? I could do the billion dollar strap yeah. um I, I don't know, Bradley Cooper, I, I think he's a reasonable actor. He's he's not terrible, is he? He no. was good in uh, eight. And you can see Limitless. You can, you can see a bit of uh, Vincent Mann in him, like kind of younger, that kind of smile on his face. I suppose if it is going to be the man of like the kind of early 80s. I mean, what other actors could really play? Because you need someone quite big built as well in a, in a weird way, wouldn't you? you know, Liam like, Neeson. Liam Neeson would be probably a good I'm Vincent Mann later you. on. I'm going to find you. you. WW, I'm going to find you. And I'm going <laughs> to fire you. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. We'll keep our, uh, our thoughts on that. And also, another question popped in my head. 
if they're going to be a film about the rock side, who'd play the rock? Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah, it'd be could, great. You can only have the rock as the rock. But who would play you in a movie of your life, Dan? Um, I'd have to do someone like Brad Pitt. Well, I thought for me, obviously Ryan Gosling. I was, I was thinking you know. either Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Or um, Kevin Smith. Kevin, well, talk One about that. Kevins. I think Jason Mewes would you'd make quite a... You know, I think that they fit. Uh, well, well, we'll move on from that anyway. <laughs> and the next bit of story is uh, Ric Flair's apparently picked his wrestling Mount Rushmore. And surprise, surprise, he's got himself on it. The wrestling legend posted a tweet Sunday with himself, Stonko, Steve Austin, and Hogan, uh, Hulk Hogan and The Rock depicted on the na- National Monument. Well, you know, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Definitely, they deserve a place on it. The Undertaker? Uh, Undertaker. You maybe could you could give a shout for Undertaker. What we'll do, if you come up with a Mount Rushmore, I'll come up with a Mount Rushmore. I mean, Taker's a good one. I mean, like you said, for me, Hogan and Austin have got to be on there. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking maybe someone like, well, Vincent Mann himself, because if it wasn't for him... You could yeah. argue, you know, Sam Martino back in the 70s. John Cena. John Cena. Or, or I suppose someone better than him, Randy Orton. Yeah, but it's even those two, man. You know, even The Rock. Triple H. Triple H, maybe we'll have more. Because even though he's a huge move, you know, huge star now yeah. in wrestling circles, I don't know how big of an impact he had. But I think um, Triple H would be a good shout. I think The Undertaker would be a really good shout as well. Uh, but I think definitely Hogan, Austin. Undertaker and Triple H. What about Vincent Mann? Don't Vincent Mann? Well, Vince, it's Vince McMahon's mountain. He owns the whole mountain. <laughs> he owns the damn mountain, yeah. Uh, I might have to shout San Martino in there as well. I'll probably have uh, Hogan, Austin, San Martino, and John Cena, if I'm being controversial. At those four. And your, who would your four Roman be? Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> who would your four be? Reigns, Enzo. <laughs> Mojo, Rawley. <Yeah. laughs> no, um, Randy Orton. Undertaker, Austin Hogan, <laughs> Austin, and Triple H. Triple H, wow. But Orton, Taker, Austin, Triple H. Mine would be Austin Hogan, San Martino, and John Cena. I think that's interesting. But anyway, back to what Flair had to say. Woo! I think the most notable thing about Flair's post is the absence of any guys he worked closely with over his career. Because Hogan and Flair spent most of their primes working for rival promotions. Well, while there is naturally to be an argument, why there, <coughs> while there will naturally be an argument whether Flair's list is correct, it's hard to argue against the resumes of any of the four guys listed. Hogan and Flair helped propel professional worldwide success in seventies and eighties, while Austin and Rock spearheaded WWE's Attitude Era in the late nineties and early two thousands. Well, Flair is most closely associated with the Four Horsemen from his prime which included the legendary Arn Anderson. His more modern associations included Triple H and Shawn Michaels, which none of us mentioned. Shawn Michaels, obviously. (laughs) Bret Hart. (laughs) And the latter is especially seen as one of the greatest workers in wrestling history. Flair's Rushmore, however, is almost indisputable from a drawing standpoint. Perhaps only John Cena deserves a mention with Flair, Hogan and Austin and The Rock among guys who had such a mainstream notoriety. Yeah, so let us, let us know who you think should be on Mount Rushmore. We are just going to do Dan's uh, Raw and Smackdown. What do you call it again? I can't remember what you call it. Raw recap and Smackdown summary. Exactly. So let's have them quickly because, like I said, cards subject to change. It definitely happened on Raw. And we had quite a surprise on Raw 
because we started off the show with Kurt Angle in the ring, uh, you know, just saying a few things, and then the Shield came out dressed in completely in Shield attire with Shield music, Shield entrance, Shield, and I thought, why are we not saving that until the pay per view? <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> no, but I thought, why are we not saving that to the pay per view? It's a bit weird. They came out in a kind of intimidated angle, uh, sent him packing main event which was well we already knew it was going to be Strowman versus Reigns in a cage match but what else happened on Raw? Uh, well Ambrose, Reigns and Rollins entered through the stands and recalled their days of the Shield in front of a riled up crowd as they called out their TLC opponents Strowman, The Bar and The Miz charged out but Kurt Angle restored order before things got out of hand. He announced that Cesaro and Sheamus would challenge Ambrose and Rollins for the tag titles later in the night said the shield puts on its trademark gear reigns says you get out of our yard or we'll beat your ass to angle and the shield is back and better than ever yeah i mean they they look really really cool and i remember i just a reason why i love the shield so much you know you had elias come out and he was uh joined by his backing singers the club oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) yes james it is as bad as you feel it's gonna be they was mocking Jason Jordan, taking the piss out of him to Kurt Angle's song. Titus O'Neil, Apollo Crews and Jordans came out to interrupt as the fashion continues to trend. And Crews finished off Anderson with a spinning powerbomb to get Crews, O'Neill and Jordan the victory. Up next, you had a bit of 205 Live, Cedric Alexander against Jack Gallagher. It was, it was an okay match. Uh, Alexander hit the lumbar check for the win over Jack Gallagher, obviously. Wasn't really the greatest of matches between these. No, but it did set up, and we will get onto it on our 205 Live catch up, uh, a match at TLC. Well, The Miz welcomes Braun Strowman. The Miz stood in the ring, flanked by Cesaro and Sheamus and Curtis Axel as he talked about taking down the Shield. The Intercontinental Champ downplayed the Hounds of Justice greatness. Uh, Strowman arrived and he promised to bring pain to the Shield. The Miz tried to add another guy to his team for TLC. Angle said Strowman a cage match to get what he wanted, but if Strowman lost, he would be pulled from the TLC match, so he'd turn it back into a three-on-three. I mean, that kind of made sense, but like, do we go on? Do you know my favourite bit of that segment? Go on. Was when the Miz said, "Yeah, we're gonna, we want to have another guy in our team." The fans went crazy for Angle. Yeah, and that was a really nice moment because. Uh, I, I, and I've got to give credit to the Miz. It's because Axel is, is by the Miz's side. It's like the Damien Sandow, the Axe Riley kind of feeling of you want Axel to turn around. Obviously, Axel's not ready yet. And I, but I, I think it's a bit silly of like uh, WWE to be like, you know, five on three. I think a three on three situation, situation. situation. would have been a lot better because it's then you're adding, it's like, oh, we've got 20 on three. Yeah, they have done that with the Shield yeah. before, haven't oh, they? Oh, yeah, they had a gauntlet style match. Didn't yeah. They? yeah. But, you know, I'd like to have seen if it was, you know, five on three, that would have been good for because you'd have had it in a traditional Survivor Series style match. Yeah. And then, you know, you could have maybe added a couple of jobbers to, not jobbers, but yeah, lower but, class wrestlers uh, or, to. Yeah, like the, the hard, little Hardys, do you know yeah. what I mean? Have the Hardys and the Shield team up, and then you've got that kind of good moment. Or like you say, someone uh, who's a bit un, you know underutilized, like, like Cedric Alexander and fucking Rich Swan or something like that. You know, even if you wanted to do that, yeah, most definitely. 
Uh, Alicia Fox said, where's my T-shirt? Uh, if you go on www.com, she actually has got a T-shirt. And it says, crazy like a fox. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's there. And also, that has, uh, the match has been added to the TLC kickoff now. And it is going to be Sasha Banks versus Alicia Fox. Yes, and uh, <sighs> this is a bit I hate. Enzo Morway moaned about losing the Cruiserweight Championship last week. He accused Mustafa Ali and Kalisto of stealing the gold from him, even though he stole it from Neville. I'm not going to go into that because you all know my feelings on that. But Kalisto confronted him, angering Neville, uh, angering Amore even more. But Gulak Noam Dar, your favourite, is yeah. that is Most... on the side of Enzo. Need I say anymore? Uh, Davari and Nice ambushed Kalisto, and then Amore made fun of Kalisto as an attack went on. Uh, Ali charged out and began to clean house, but the hills overwhelmed him as well. Well, the thing about it is that no one liked Enzo because he had the title. Now he hasn't. He's finally got himself friends, which has never happened in the WWE before with Enzo. So to have people like Noam Dar and... um, But it seems like the way he's going on about money, money, this, money, that, money, everything, because money's important to everyone, uh, it seems like he's paying people to be his friends yes exactly but Ali was made to look courageous and formidable thanks to his part in all of this he's more charismatic Kalisto and one of the best in-ring performers in the division and his time in the limelight is long overdue we've said this yes, for a while we with his inverted 450 yeah honestly his inverse 450 is one of the greatest things that I've Dick seen uh, and just a yeah great in-ring talent and, it, and it's good to see up next we had Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins versus Cesaro and Sheamus for the tag team championships um, one strange thing, Rollins and Ambrose both came out to their own separate music and met at a ramp. Oh, they, no. were they, they wearing... came out there in the shield flat jackets, all in black, right, gloves, okay. with their dog tags as well. There, I think. Yeah, I, I liked Ambrose. I think Ambrose pulled it off more than Rollins, but so they, they come up separately. But oh, okay, yeah. So, but then they've had to face. The bar, I mean, this is going to add the potential of a great match, didn't it? It was a fucking good match. A high, a very high energy match. Short saw Ambrose and Sheamus trade hard shots. A cheap shot allowed the bar to take over. And Rollins for much of the match. Dean Ambrose went on a flurry as the pace of the match picked up. Ambrose withstood the challenger's best double team moves and he landed dirty D's to put the match away. Oh, I mean, I tell you what would have been not. I mean, I don't usually like it when they do this, but if the bar had won the titles, then you might have seen them more of a, a threat, do you know what I mean, come Sunday as well, because they've got to get the titles off. Ambrose and Rollins at some point, you know, especially with the Shield kind of uh, reunion. Now, that's been my complaint. You know, championship, tag team titles, they're not being used. You know, the Shield uh, storyline didn't need the titles there, did they? Do you know no. what I mean? It, it, they could have done it separately and have built up somewhere else. But anyway, that's me ranting. Dan? Yes, uh, and then Finn Balor had a message for Bray Wyatt. <laughs> And as you see, his new demon face paint. <laughs> it's a pumpkin. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Hello, I'm Finn Pumpkin. Oh, Jesus. Merry Halloween. <laughs> Balor talked about the legends he heard as a child. We've already heard about them. He warned Bray White about the demon inside him. We've already heard it. And he transformed into an orange-faced entity <laughs> via special effects. This, this is... I mean... It's the shit. Do you know what I mean? It, this is saying that we're going to be looking back of like wrestling's worst, and and uh, it just doesn't fill me with any excitement whatsoever. You know. No, but um, up next we had a women's tag match again. We've had quite a few of them. 
Emma and Alexa Bliss versus Mickey James and Bailey. Bailey and James win via pinfall after Bailey uh, a kick from James or the Mick kick. Yeah, the Mick kick. Yeah, left Bliss out cold and. Well, they're trying to build it up, aren't they? And I'm actually Simon is for Mickey James going for a seventh women's title run. You know, indeed. But they've got three women's matches yeah. on the TLC. They got one on pre-show. Obviously, obviously Oscar. But they, I don't know. Are they trying to build it up. Better than Oscar, or are they trying to, you know? Well, I think this is the thing. Emma's got a date with Destiny. I think Oscar's the biggest news for the women's division. And you're making a very interesting point there. It's the first time ever W Paper has three women's matches on it. Uh, the last TLC event had two women's matches on it. But, of course, you've got... Uh, I'm surprised the Banks and Fox match has made it to the kickoff. But then again, like I said... There's no Intercontinental title match. There's no tag team title match either. So it do, you have to fill it with something. And I've got a feeling this pay-per-view, uh, it does, instead of a B show, it just feels kind of a C show because you've got a couple of matches you're looking forward to. Well, you've got the main event you're looking forward to. And apart from that, I don't think there's anything else on the card that I'm really you know, like excited yeah, for. Nah. But we, uh, we come on to the main event. The Monster Among Men eventually overwhelmed Reigns. Batting him around like a dead mouse. Reigns looked to escape, but the bar got in the way, climbing up the outside of the cage. Ambrose and Rollins yanked them off the cage, and then them two started fighting yeah, in the I saw that. outside I always of the love ring. when that happens, usually. Do you know what I mean? We love to kind of brawl at ring. But um, I'm sure Kurt Angle said something about no one's allowed <laughs> yeah. to get involved. Yeah, he literally said that. He did. And if anyone gets involved, then, you know, it's going <laughs> to be... That's it. I don't, it's like when you, you know, it's like obviously saying to his kid, or Jason Jordan, you know, it's like, uh, you know, look, if you don't stop messing around, I'm going to turn this car around, you know, and they kept messing around and he didn't turn the car. <laughs> uh, but I'm always interested in Reigns and Strowman because I like the kind of chemistry they had. Uh, was it a kind of good match up until a point? Fairly well received by the fans. It, it was quite a heavy impact match. What were the cheers for Reigns? Were they, was he more liked in this? He was slightly more liked, yeah. yeah. No, they went back to booing him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like single. But then they started cheering him as soon as <laughs> Rollins and Ambrose yeah. come out, yeah. So anyway, we're coming towards the end of the match. But then what happened? Um, well, Kane's music played as he tore his way through <gasps> the ring to what? lay a bitting, not on Strowman. What? But on the big dog. Oh, my God. And Kane and Strowman battered the helpless powerhouse until he couldn't get up. I think it was... A choke slam, a running power slam, a tombstone pile driver followed by another running power slam for the pin. Fucking hell, so it took enough to get Reigns down <laughs> Indeed, yes. And uh, yeah, Strowman flings Reigns across the ring. Strowman yanks, yanks Reigns back into the cage for a superplex. Reigns counters a toss from Strowman to land a super punch, Superman punch. But yeah, you know, it was, it was good to big up the bout. You had two of the men in the TLC match fighting inside the cage yep. and then you had another four of them on the outside and then you had obviously The Miz uh, on commentary and then Kane makes his way through apparently it's to get revenge on the big dog retiring his brother yeah, The Undertaker this is, this but is, have you heard even more news yeah. that The Undertaker might be returning there is yes to go with The Shield yeah the, the rumours that were going through uh, but people have said that don't look too much into the Undertaker rooms at the moment. It looks like Kane's not going to be around for a lot for a long time. But the question is, Kane coming out here, Strowman getting the win. So it's going to be five on three at TLC. Shield versus Strowman, Kane, The Bar and The Miz. Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Kane's return? Were you excited in any way? 
The way you excited because I know you got a cane glass, but like this um, cane, you know, like I don't know. It is good to see Kane back as the big red machine and something of a dominant force. I mean, you know, you haven't really seen much of that since he was feuding with John Cena, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I've been watching too much 2011. Then he kidnapped Zack Ryder. Yeah, no, during that period where they tried the monster again, yeah, and then it kind of faded off to corporate Kane. But, I mean, I don't know. And we know he wants to go for mayor. He's over, like, 40 years old now. Uh, And and it's kind of like, I don't know. But one interesting little fact, because you know me, I like to go through facts. You like to fact the shit out of me. I do. One interesting thing. Kane, when he appears at WTLC uh, 2017, he will have appeared in a pay-per-view in every single year that he's been in the WWE since 1997 till this day. Well, you know, I was surprised to not see him in the Royal Rumble. Yes. Because he is something of a Royal Rumble legend. I know he formerly held the elimination... You know, record, but you know, I think it's Kane's last uh, pay per view match was I think Survivor Series 2016 or Backlash 2016 against like Luke Harper. But you know, that may be part of the reason why he's back so he can still keep up that record. He might have one early on next year and then not see him until 2019 at the end, I suppose. And and this is the interesting thing, even though you know, uh, we, we talk about the Undertaker's longevity in wrestling, you know, like he 30 years and whatnot. Uh, with Kane to be able to debut Night 7 as a gimmick to the Untaker as his kind of half-brother, to be able to have that longevity of him. I think he's one of the most under... Uh, in, in wrestling, when you look at it that way, you know what I mean? Not many people... Oh, most definitely. You know, 20 years after their debut could still come around and have that kind of impact on Raw. I know it's another case of WWE being like, oh, we'll just try and cram more into well, this you match. Know, we you know, saw but... him as Isaac Yankum going against uh, Undertaker beforehand in a inter-promotional match-up. And, yeah. you know, that led to him being recruited by WWE. Yeah, so, I mean, fair, fair play to him. Fair, fair play to him. Uh, and that was Monday Night Raw. It weren't too bad, was it? it was building up no, to the DLC. Got a little bit of excitement. And we're going to move on to the uh, SmackDown results next. And, Dan, what happened on SmackDown this Well, week? on the SmackDown summary, uh, it started off with Daniel Bryan making his way to the ring to kick off the show. Oh. He ran down the Knights card before turning his attention to Sami Zayn, who interrupted the proceedings. Uh, Brian recalled the professional frustration he felt during his career in WWE. Zayn answered saying that Brian had the fans. Those same fans felt their end of the deal in regard to the underdog from the underground, though. They abandoned him, but that's cool. He doesn't care. <laughs> Zayn took a shot of Brian's working safer as the booze directed at him grew louder. Then Kevin Owens made his way down, walking to the ring with a big smile on his face. The prize fighter struck at the core of Brian, claiming he became everything he fought against, going as far as to label him a sellout. Zayn thanked Owens for rescuing him from similar fate. Charlotte, Becky Lynch and Naomi went against Natalia, Lana and Tamina. Charlotte, Becky Lynch and Naomi defeated the Heels. Yeah. After the match, Natalia teased attacking Charlotte with a steel chair, only for the Queen to get the upper hand and chase her off. The baby faces picked up a victory when Charlotte locked the figure eight, or forcing her to tap out. Uh, up next, we had Sin Cara versus Baron Corbin. Oh dear, I bet this was a squash match. Bit of a mismatch. Yeah. Mismatch. Uh, I didn't know Sin Cara was still employed. Well, neither <laughs> did I. But um, you know, he hit the ring for the showdown with Corbin. But before the match, the Lone Wolf teased giving the Luchador a United States Championship opportunity, only to rip it away. Oh. 
Uh, he answered by taking Corbin out with a suicide dive and a plancher from the top ring post. That move, as it turns out, was enough to earn the explosive masked man a count-out victory. Bloody so Sin Cara defeated Baron Corbin by count-out. Wasn't a really great match, but... but why did WWE, when, whenever someone wins a championship, just lose on SmackDown and Raw? <laughs> like, that's the way they treat them now, isn't it? You know? And then they win uh, the match at the pay-per-views. Uh, up next, we had Jinder Mahal basically uh, making himself a marked man and counting down his days because, uh, well, he entered the arena and discussed his recent trip to India, including a conversation with a young fan. And what's next, that young fan asked, before Mahal said, well, I'm going to challenge a man the fans consider unbeatable. And that man is Brock Lesnar. Oh, my God. So the rumours were true then. They are indeed, yes. Mahal demanded the fans bow down to the modern-day Maharaja after he beats the Beast Incarnate at the pay-per-view extravaganza Survivor Series. What I will say about that, does that take some of the shine away from TLC, even though it's this Sunday, with Mahal already talking about Survivor Series with Brock Lesnar? Because Brock Lesnar's going to respond Monday Night and Raw. And I just feel like... Come on, let TLC have its chance first before you start building up yeah. something else, you know? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't. But he was interrupted by none other than the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. Well, you know, he took exception to Mahal's claiming to have beaten every worthy challenger available, and Maharaja corrected himself, saying there's no worthy competition left. Styles is not even worthy of standing in the same ring as the champion. And he answered claims of being a joke by blasting him Hall with a Pele kick and sending him scurrying. Well, I don't want to say I told you so, but at the last SmackDown pay-per-view, I said the only chance for Jinder Mahal to have a good match was against AJ Styles. So <laughs> hopefully we might see Jinder Mahal's a, a good match, you know? And obviously they're building plans for Mahal in December. So most it, definitely, he's yeah. definitely going to be a long-term WWE champion, isn't he? You know? Well, I think you know he's already surpassed quite a few. Notable names, title runs. I, I can't get excited about Mahal Lesnar match because it's a mismatch. You know, it's, it's, if people say, "Oh, Finn Balor doesn't stand a chance about Brock Lesnar," well, what the fuck? And what's he going to do to the Singh brothers? You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I can bet you a fiver that he's either going to double F five them, yeah, or he's going to double suplex them. Double suplex them. Wouldn't it be or great? Will Paul Heyman take out the Singh brothers? <laughs> That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> I even there. Now, I was thinking, Brock Lesnar picks up both Singh brothers in the announce tables, throws both of them, one of them goes through one announce table, the other one goes <laughs> I don't think physics uh, dictates that, but still. <laughs> anyway, um, enough, um, enough fun. What was next? Up next, we had a, a glorious entrance. Glorious. As Bobby Roode faced off in a... Hell in a Cell rematch oh, against Dolph oh, do we have to, Ziggler. Do we have to talk about this? <laughs> well, we're going to have to talk about Orton and Nakamura. Right? Oh, okay, so we're going to have to talk about fair this. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yes, Ziggler attacked Rude from the opening bell, taking a fight to his rival. After a brief, brief flurry from the glorious one, Ziggler turned the tables back in his favour, sending Rude to the ring apron and catching him with a big drop kick. Chance of Bobby Rude filled the arena, only to be shut down when the show-off attempted a sleeper. Uh, a slingshot sent Ziggler face-first into the ring post. As uh, commentators discussed his legacy and what I'd lost would do for it. Rude tried the glorious DDT, but Ziggler countered, rolled Rude up and grabbed the tights for the upset victory. <sighs> why? Why, why, why? Delilah. <laughs> why, 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 Dolph Ziggler? I don't um, know why. Yeah. 
you know, it's a bit <coughs> silly. But even the best wrestlers in the world lose to cheated finishes, James. And that takes me on to Shinsuke Nakamura and Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So Daniel Bryan managed to find two opponents to go against uh, Owens and Zayn then. Well, yes. Um, well, he said he had a lot of... Him, <laughs> as you would. As you would. <laughs> but there was only two men that he could trust with the gargantuan task of taking out Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And that was Randy Orton. And of course, he... You know, he had to be in a tag team, so they just chucked any old bloke with him and Shinsuke Nakamura happened to be that bloke as they teamed up so well and worked really well together. Well, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn isolated Nakamura from Randy Orton midway through the match, working the artist over by targeting his knee. A hot tag to the Viper saw Orton take the fight to Zayn, including a side suplex that sent him through the announce table, one of Orton's favourite moves. With Nakamura and Owens battling at ringside, Zayn capitalised on a distracted referee, caught Orton with a low blow, then the hell of a kick for the victory. So Sammy Zayn pinned Randy Orton. After a low blow. And a yeah, no, but I'm saying that's yeah. a big result for Sammy Zayn. Like but I mean. again, you know, it's kind of a tide in the turning of the tables for Sammy Zayn. Because, you yeah. know, he's turned heel and better things come to you when you're heel. Exactly, yeah. Um, but main talking point, after the match during a vignette, Daniel Bryan told the braggadocious duo their fate next week will rest with one man. And that man is? The returning Shane O'Mac. Oh. I bet Shane will have a major Survivor Series announcement about that. A blockbuster announcement, they like to call it. Uh, so what was better this week, Raw or SmackDown? Raw, I suppose. <laughs> a, because Enzo More wasn't in the main event, and yeah. B, Orton and Rude lost. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Need I say any more? But no, you know, it is good seeing the uh, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, talk, you know, what's going on between them because that is quite entertaining. Yeah. With the build up towards TLC and all the shield goings on, seeing the first shield entry, even though it was ruined by Kurt Angle talking through most of the entrance, <laughs> it was still a good thing to see, you know, see him coming through the crowd. I was a bit sh- ashamed that A, Rollins hadn't dyed his hair blonde again. Yeah. And B, he didn't roll over the barricade oh, he just he jumped over and landed over on his it. feet but you know it still was a good moment to yeah. see. so let's start the 205 live September 26th audition and Enzo Mori went from being one of the most popular trash talkers on the roster to being a pariah and it might be the best thing for 205 live the certified G's victory over Neville at No Mercy made him the Cruiserweight champion and somehow turned him heel in the process. Well, Monday's victory celebration turned into a unity rally for the entire division. Everyone supported the King of the Cruiserweights as he attacked the new champion, forfeiting any chance he had for a rematch in the process. Well, despite Amore's sudden unpopularity, people were still tuning into 205 Live to see him get, get his butt handed to him and anything that product is a good thing. Let's take a look at everything that won't happen. That that happened on Tuesday's show. Enzo Amore just won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> the new cruiserweight champion kicked off the show, limp into the ring with the help of a crutch. He sold the attack from Neville on Raw as if he had been hit by a bus. Well, it wasn't just the attack from Neville. <laughs> it was the attack from Braun Strowman and the entire 205 Live roster. He continued to talk about how he's the reason 205 Live is on the map while insulting Neville's physical appearance like a third-grade buddy. And I think wrestling should be above bullying. <laughs> you know how they... how they Be a star. Exactly. Yeah. 
You know how they like promote, oh, you shouldn't bully, you shouldn't put other people's down. Well, Neville is a great in-ring performer and his looks shouldn't matter, nor should the colour of someone's skin. They showed a clip of what happened after all went off the air. Like you said, every member of the division took turns beating him up as if he were Eric Bischoff at the first ECW one-night stand pay-per-view. And Moy said he's still with Raw General Manager Kurt Angle, meant anyone who attacked him would never get a shot at his title. And since everyone took a shot at him, he might end up retiring as champion. That wouldn't be a bad thing, though. <laughs> it wouldn't. Regardless of his backstage problems, Amore is being top of the division. If he keeps leaning into the heel role he has been given... He might be there for, unfortunately, a very long time. Oh, especially with no one to challenge him. But what the fuck is on the side of Enzo's head? <laughs> what was that? Yeah, and someone should tell Enzo if he has to explain his jokes, they just aren't funny. But unfortunately for you, Dan, being a heel might be what saves Amore's career. He did seem more comfortable. But then we did get our first match of the night. Well, one thing just to say on that, I'm glad he's not trying to go as the baby face kind of hill you know like um eddie guerrero was yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm glad he's not gone down that route because i don't think i could stand hating him anymore (laughs) all right so the next (laughs) first match was kira tozawa versus tony nice nice. well drew gulak joined the commentary team to watch akira tozawa take on tony nice in the first match of the night nice is an incredible athlete who put on some of the best performances during the cruiserweight classic but he's being held back by his own gimmick for some reason, WWE stopped having him doing high-flying moves and focus on his power. His physique is impressive, but he could be a huge star if he was allowed to do everything he is capable of. Well, this wasn't a match of the year candidate, but provided quite a few entertaining moments. The Premier Athlete looked more dominant than he is than he has done in a long time, but he still ended up on the losing end, as he always does. Gulak tried to continue his PowerPoint presentation after the match, but Cesar cut him off with a kick to the face. Well, Gulak's new music is great. It fits his character perfectly. Well, Nice is still talking to the camera during the entrance. Maybe the crowd's just been so quiet that <laughs> you can hear what he's saying instead of just not caring about him. Well, Gulak and Nice have been associated since the division was first launched. It's continuity. And Tazawa has the best suicide dive in the business. Like I said, it is basically a missile headbutt. Right, so we move on. The next match is TJP versus... Lince Dorado! And uh, we see last week, of course, on 205 Live, Perkins coming out and completely uh, ending the friendship for good by not only super-kicking Rich Swan, but pulling out... One of his dreadlocks. Yeah. Dreadlock Rasta. And he is uh, still carrying it round as if it were some sort of momentum. Exactly. He seems to be... Uh bit more cocky here let's see what he has to say oh you bastard well tjp is he a heel is he a face is he just flip-flopping like a fish out of water he's a heel now to turn the end of friendship with rich swan because of what happened you know in saying that he wants to still fight him and he's rich Swan, so he can't do that if they're friends so perkins wants the end of it now and you can see that the kind of ground the look on him perkins I think he's going to turn up that hill aspect. But see if Dorado can be successful here tonight in this match. Oh, but outruns Rich Swan. Oh, my God. But straight into Perkins. I don't think that was a great idea. TJP coming after him. But Swan now fighting him off. Huge right hands by Rich Swan knocking Perkins down. Three times. And now this is not friendly. This is payback. 
Well, I think he's looking to rip out some of TJP's hair <laughs> in retribution. Oh. Bounces him head first into the top turnbuckle and Perkins sells that greatly. Oh, and going to go for the rich kick, but Perkins got out of harm's way. And he's running through the crowd to try and escape the onslaught from Swan. Oh, come on now, Perkins. You dished out last week. You can't take it now. Which Rich Swan sends Perkins packing? Uh, Rich Swan there wants a bit of Perkins. I'll tell you what, though. TJP's new ring jacket is terrible. But he's a heel, so it actually works for him. Exactly, Looks like a Pokemon. (laughs) And and poor Dorado. The guy can't seem to get to the ring for a match. (laughs) Well, yeah, it happened last week to him. And now tonight, but Rich Swan's sending a message. And uh, just hearing Rich Swan's upbeat music kind of gave, you know, stopped the vibe it was when he attacks Swan. <coughs> but up next, in our main event, it is Neville versus Davari. And Davari apologised to Moray for what happened on Raw, so the new Cruiserweight champion agreed to be in his corner for the match against Neville. Well, the former champion gave a promo before the match is through and everyone, he hadn't lost his mind. He knew exactly what he was doing when he attacked Amore and he claimed it was best. It was the best night of his life. He promised to do it again and warned Amore to sleep with one arm. Uh, Davari took control early and kept the upper hand for some time. This was the best he has looked in a match in a long time. But everyone knew <laughs> it's not going to last. No, but he's got Neville up on that top rope and he's bending him back, trying backward, uh, the trio, whoa. Davari stomping Mudhelm. We see Amore clutching hand, Cruiserweight title around his waist, cheering on Davari. The only man that has apologised for what happened. Didn't um, Tazawa oh. say he liked Neville? He did say it on a tweet, but that's not being confirmed on 205 Live. I think you said, I think, like you said at the time, it was him being sarcastic. Either that or he was hacked <laughs> by a the vicious, same, nasty troll. The same person that did Marty Jannetty also did exactly, Tazawa. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That saying Enzo's a nice guy is nearly... <laughs> no, actually, it is more sick than saying I want to sleep with my own daughter. Well, Davari now is making Neville want to sleep with his own daughter. I can't use that as a normal expression, can I? Davari beating down Neville. Does he deserve a promotion? Instead of going for the Cruiserweight title 205 Live, does he deserve to have a proper feud? On Monday Night Raw now, you know he's, we know he's good enough, isn't he? You know, oh uh, well, most certainly, yeah. Um, don't, I don't know because I do think Two Hundred Five Live is a good place for Neville to be. Yeah, but I think Babyface Neville's a bit too bland. I think the kind of hill Neville we saw, you know, I think it's his best work he's done. But Davari now off the top is going to go for his uh, Arabian Frog Splash, maybe, and oh, Neville moves out of the way, kicks to the midsection, follows up with a. Running kick to the head. Oh, that is beautiful by Neville. Is Neville just picturing Enzo Amore's face on Davari's shoulders? <laughs> Look at him. He is. He's looking at him. And he's stomping Davari. I mean, it's the biggest embarrassment of Neville's career, you know. He's... It is, but Amore did win the title in rather heelish tactics. We've not seen anyone... I think it's disrespected the title, to be honest. You think even Mahal won it more cleanly than Enzo yeah. did? <laughs> I never thought you'd say that. You would never. I never thought you were going to get over Jinder Mahal beating Randy Orton for the WWE title. Now Enzo's won the Cruiserweight Championship. 2017's not really been your year, has it? You my know? hate for Enzo <laughs> outweighs my love for Randy. Oh, that's interesting. As now Neville takes down Davari. He's got him in the rings of Saturn. Oh, and Davari taps out and... No, look, no. look at a sick fuck. Oh. No. 
Enzo, no. Has to use weapons. <laughs> Can't beat anyone with his fists. Oh, he's got the crutch and he's using it on Neville. Oh, my God, Enzo. Oh, my word. And Enzo sends in a message to Neville. Go on, ref. Go out there and beat the fuck out of him. Go on, stunner him. And now look at Enzo beating down Neville. The only way you can ever beat anyone up is from behind using a weapon. Well, I've never seen... Well, Enzo, I don't think, has been on the the, the good end of a beatdown, if you know what I mean, recently. And he is absolutely going to town on Neville. But the refs manages to de-weapon him and push him into the corner. There's only two refs. <laughs> Most wrestlers need fucking referees, trainers, and other wrestlers out there to stop yeah, him. Yeah, but, but to be fair, Enzo is injured. You know, that leg. Even a fucking strong Enzo would only take half a referee. You could get fucking Zach Gowan out here to stop him. Well, I'm already trying to strut while using his crutch as funny as it should have been, I should say. But he's just used that crutch to destroy Neville. Yes, and if you, uh, if you notice, WWE hasn't given Amore custom side plates for his belt, hopefully mean that he's not going to be champion for long enough to warrant bothering changing them. But maybe they're special plates and just take a lot longer, so maybe hold the title for longer no, than that. No, but, no, no. But Enzo's the last man standing here on episode 44 of 205 Live. Let's move on to episode 45, which was October the 3rd. And I tell you what, Dan, adding Enzo more to the cruiserweight division has certainly led to more exposure for 205 Live. But the addition of Kalisto makes the show feel complete. Because what we talked about, well, what happened on Monday Night Raw with Kurt Angle, Dan? Uh, after all the 205 Live wrestlers surrounded the ring with Neville in there, chatting his usual shit, Enzo stated that uh, if anyone touches him, they will not only not get a chance at the title, but they will be fired. So Kurt Angle came out um, and he said, well, that, con- that stipulation only refers to the people that's currently surrounding the ring and the current 205 Live roster, excluding one man. And everyone was expecting someone great, but Kalisto come out. You know, I don't know everyone else's thoughts on Kalisto. It's kind of a bit of an anti-climax, but yeah. he did come out and he did beat Enzo up. So, you know, you've got to love him for that. But the thing is, though, many are wondering why the Marseille still wasn't part of the division from the start. But giving him a grand introduction was definitely a better way to go, wasn't it? Um, most definitely, yeah. Most of the cruiserweights came into WWE with the cruiserweight classic as the only type of WWE matches on their resume. Kalisto has held tagged and singles titles, so he has name recognition. Well, I, I think Amore has transitioned into his role as Hill well. And now he has a hero who didn't give up his chance at a title shot by attacking the champion two weeks ago. So let's take a look at everything that happened on 205 Live. And we are going to see Kalisto making his 205 Live debut against the man we saw losing to Neville in the last episode, Davari. Well, Kalisto opened the show with a promo talking about how joining 205 Live is the opportunity of a lifetime because he will get to work with the hardest working guys in the business and Enzo. Well, it took two minutes before Enzo Mori came out to insult the newest member of the division. He mocked Kalisto's ring jacket and mask. How can someone that looks... So fucking ridiculous as Enzo be mocking anyone else. Well, we'll see what happens in this match. As Kalisto started with Tavari, he's got the kicks. I, I forgot Kalisto's wearing pants now. And now he's going to go Hurricane Runner. That's brilliant. Sending Tavari to the outside. We're going to see a little bit of high flying. Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. Here comes Kalisto. Oh! Knee first springboard off the top rope. And that is... The Kalisto we like to see. Uh, look at Enzo watching on. 
Looks like a fucking stupid, retarded Dalmatian. Well, this is another solid performance from Enzo. It's a new villain of 205 Live. And Kalisto reminded everyone how the champion won his title, just in case anyone forgot he was a cheater. Well, he used to rear Davari as the Persian version of Drake, despite having insulted his fake Versace shirts Monday on Raw. So Tavari just hit a massive clothesline on Kalisto, and now he's mocking Kalisto by doing his taunt, Lucha. But look at the impact. Look at the beautiful move by Kalisto. It's a, it's a shin board. Tavari's got Kalisto. Oh, big backbreaker. He's picking him up maybe for the Persian slam. Why is everything Persian? Because <laughs> Kalisto reverses it, though. So luckily he didn't hit it. Into oh. the Mexican reversal. <laughs> Brilliant, though. The Persian big boot there by Davari knocking down Kalisto. Can Kalisto recover? Kalisto now trying to get the crowd on his side. Lucha. Lucha. Oh, he's fighting back. Bang. With a jawbreaker there. Oh, Kalisto dodges Davari. Oh, oh, a lovely tornado elbow there in response. This is what we've missed from Kalisto. That's what we've missed from the cruiserweights recently. Kalisto dropkicks Davari down. Oh, lovely head scissors, takedown, plants. Davari's heading to the mat, goes for the cover. But Davari managing to kick out. Oh, going for a slid out Sal, getting pushed off by Davari, who delivers a Persian spine buster. Well, he delivers it the best out of all of them, doesn't he? And now for the, Bobby Rhodes. for the Persian frog splash. And he's going to hit it. Oh, oh better than Eddie Guerrero. He's going it. for the One, pin. Two. And that's it. Oh, but oh. Kalisto managing to kick out. Ah. Uh. Davari hit his finisher, but like I said, Kalista with his shoulder up at two. Two. Well, what can Davari do to put down this new cruiserweight Kalisto? And now Kalisto... Oh, Selena Del Sol out of nowhere. Rolls up Davari. One, two, three. Thank you very much. Dan, only the RKO comes out of nowhere, all right? And Selena Sol does not. He's tight with Budgie, okay? Everyone delivers it out of nowhere. Sorry, Randy Orton's biggest fan. Oh, fucking hell, man. But Kalisto gets the victory, Davari, and now he's saying his stomach hurts. No, sorry, he's saying he wants the title belt. Enzo looks very impressed. Enzo's standing backstage, smack-talking a television like the pussyhole cunt that he is. This match was exactly what you would expect. Davari got a few shots, but ultimately, Kalisto rebounded and hit a few high-fly moves to get the win. This was better than most of Davari's matches. And some of that credit goes to Kalisto for making it competitive. Well, WWE gave Kalisto his old music back, and it's better because it encourages more crowd participation. Lucha, lucha. Uh, Amore looks like he stole his shirt from Mike Canellis's bag. To your One favorites. cunt lending a shirt to another cunt. Well, Kalisto's ring jacket makes him look like a superhero. Maybe that's what he's going for. Yes, and uh, Davari's pulling on a top rope and letting it hit Kalisto in the face was a creative bit of offence. So out next, we have got Drew Gulak versus Mustafa Ali. And Drew Gulak delivered another stump speech about changing the face of 205 Live since before Amore and Kalisto were brought in. He continued his PowerPoint presentation from slide number eight, which he <laughs> said there would no longer be flipping off the top rope under his regime. Ali cut him off before he get into the second slide. These two feuded back when Gulak first began the character, so they built up some decent camastry. And Akira Tozawa watched from the stage as the match progressed. Ali made sure to do a flip right in front of Gulak to get under his skin. This bout lasted longer than expected, so they were able to take their time and put on a good performance. Even though it's to have Gulak win, Ali got the victory with his patented reverse 450. <coughs> 
Bless you. Fatted reverse 450 splash. Sorry, what was that? Reverse 450 splash. Sorry, what was that? It's reverse 450. Nope, sorry, what was that? What do you think it is? Inverted 450. That's what it said, reverse 450. I didn't write this. It was down on there. Nope, sorry, it's inverted 450. It's wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Okay, so our next match, our main event, is Cedric Alexander versus Jack Gallagher. And at the moment, we've seen Brian Kedrick being interviewed backstage. I wonder what he's got. Well, Kedrick giving a promo, uh, interview backstage. Alexander's come out here, beating the crap out of Kendrick. That's Rich Swan, James. <laughs> I thought it was for a second there. Well, these are angry black men on 205 Live recently, aren't they? Rich Swan last week, Cedric Alexander this week. Well, before the match took place, Cedric Alexander attacked the Brian Kendrick backstage, focusing specifically on Kendrick's knee. This was a preemptive measure to make sure his match against Jack Gallagher was fair. Well, Alexander and Gallagher, two guys who pride themselves on creative offence, but all they wanted to do was throw punches and hurt each other as quickly as possible. This was our first chance to see Gallagher work a full match as a heel, and he showed some real potential in his new role. He was more vicious and didn't rely on a bunch of tricks to mess with his opponent. Well, Gentleman Jack tried to bring in his umbrella into the match, but Alexander took it from him and got himself disqualified by using it against Gallagher. This was absolutely the right call to keep this feud going. Uh, the post-match fight outside the ring helps sell how personal this feud has become in such a short time. Well, Kendrick limped to the ring, but it was too late to prevent Alexander from hitting a flying knee from the top rope. We should say Kendrick gave an interview full of match and said he regretted being part of the mob who attacked him more on Raw two weeks. Well, don't you think WWE should get Gallagher some new music if he's going to be playing a villain? Yeah, I, most definitely. I think he should. But having Gallagher wear his regular clothes instead of his striped trunks does make it easy to be taken more seriously as a dangerous competitor. He might not want to wear the tie, though. Yeah, I know. So we'll see what happens. Said, this is the best Cedric Alexander's looked in weeks. It is, yeah. He's snapped. Great performance in the Fatal Five-Way uh, five a couple of weeks back. Now this, and like I said, different side. Why did you have to bring that up again? To Cedric Alexander, if you see the umbrella shot. I'm waiting for that man to make an appearance. The replay man. That's like suicide in the TNA games. <laughs> they created a... In the TNA game, they created suicide. And they actually thought, oh, let's make him a wrestler. That's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> and he's played by TJ Perkins. The more you know. So, Dan, what do you think of the beatdown by Cedric on Jack? Um, yeah, it was a long time coming. I think this is going to lead to a bit more between these two, though. I don't think it is over just yet. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the... Oncoming weeks, but I mean, the last 205 live episodes haven't been great, have they? Um, no, this one I think it's certainly picked up a bit. Not as much Enzo. Mm, well, <laughs> trying to keep Enzo from you, you see, uh, even though he has played a big part of it, but we'll see what happens on the next 205 live. But anyway, we move on uh, to 205 live, and it is the third episode, October 11th, 2017. And the cruiserweight division been getting a lot more attention lately, but some of it for the wrong reasons. And like we've spoken on last week's episode about Neville uh, apparently requesting his release. But again, we've we've had no confirmation yet. So we do go forward with this week's episode on 205 Live. Rene Young kicked off 205 Live by interviewing Kalisto about what it means to become cruiserweight champion. He said his hero is Eddie Guerrero. And he will bring honour back to the title. And as expected, Amore came out to respond to the man who defeated him for the title on Raw. And he had Davari by his side, so he's no longer fighting the whole division. Well, he made several excuses about why he lost the belt. And he blamed Mustafa Ali. 
Uh, Moray and Tavari tried to attack the new champion, but Ali made the save. This was a relatively standard opening segment, but that's not a bad thing. Five Live usually doesn't do long opening promos because of the one-hour time limit. So it was nice to see the show treat its new top dog like a star. Well, the pairing of Davari and Amore is a bit odd, but it might actually help Davari define his character as more than a rich Iranian. Well, Ali is ridiculously underrated in the ring. It's his lack of personality that's holding him back. We need to know more about his motivations to care about him. And that is true. He's brilliant in the ring with his inverted 450. So we get on to our, so we get on to our first match, which is going to be Rich Swan versus TJP in a two out of three falls match. And Rich Swan came out first and gave a promo saying this match would cost him his friendship with TJP. So a lot of TJP and Rich Swan recent weeks. Of course, TJP pulling Rich Swan's hair out. They're finally going to have a match. Will they be able to settle the score here tonight, Dan? Yeah. Oh, no, the match. Oh, my God. Rich Swan there. Beautiful diving over the top, taking out TJP to start the match. Now both men in the ring. TJP goes straight after Rich Swan, booting him in the corner. And like I said, two out of three falls. But this might be over before it's even started. Or oh, might be TJP clutch Rich Swan bridging over though, and he catches TJP. And it is TJP Rich Swan, and even though TJP has had most of the advantage coming into this match, Rich Swan managed to get himself a cheeky pinfall to get one up over TJP. But it's still been TJP with his finger on the pulse, and he's not given up in this match. No, I mean Rich Swan's got his toughness. That's what we know. But TJP attempted a helo over the top. Swan ducked out the way. And are both men all oh, exchanging uh, running the ropes manoeuvres. But TJP ends Rich Swan in a halt with a lovely drop kick. Goes right. up top to gloat to the fans. And like I said, right in the button there. And he's taunting, he should be experienced. He don't want to turn his back on well, Rich Swan. Well, he turned his face to Rich Swan again, but Rich Swan was already up and delivered a drop kick straight to the face of Perkins, sending him out the ring. And now Swan's going to go flying. But he gets met by Perkins, who delivers corkscrew elbow to him and nips up. Oh, don't. Don't, Dad. <laughs> for fuck's sake. That's more annoying than James getting overexcited. Uh, now, TJP going for the cover, but Rich Swan only kicking out of one. Oh, uh, one. And Rich Swan now just has got to keep his uh, mind in the game. Like I said, P- TJP is going to wear him down, and Rich Swan's just got to take his time. We know the toughness for Rich Swan, former Cruiserweight champion. These guys know each other so well that you just know it's going to be a good match. And this is Swan there. Crossbody. Flying crossbody goes for the cover, but Perkins managing to kick out. Oh. Now Swan on the apron. Oh, sunset, but Perkins is holding on to the middle rope. And um, referee, why aren't you doing <laughs> rope break? Yeah, finally. No. That was it. Uh, just about. I mean, referee should have counted to five. Oh, but Perkins with a very innovative submission maneuver there. Easy for you to say. Well, he's got Swan. I'm not sure what this is. But Swan's just that out of reach from the bottom right. It's a figure four Boston Crab sharpshooter. shooter, yeah. <laughs> a figure Boston shooter. And Swan does manage to get to that taped bottom rope. And they're both <coughs> going to uh, take their time to get their breath back in this. But TJP's definitely smirking at the moment. No, he's just got a grin on his face. He's not got a cigarette in his gob. And it is still Rich Swan 1-0 up against Perkins. But Perkins is going to take his time. We've seen Torton earlier as well. He doesn't get overconfident. It doesn't matter how much he thinks Rich Swan is banged up. Oh, as TJP throws Swan sternum first into the turnbuckles. I think he might have driven the air out of his lungs. The referee's just checking on him. 
Well, we've seen the pink and black attack on the turnbuckles with Bret Hart used to do it, and Rich Swan took a page out of his book, and now Perk is going to try it again. Oh, but Swan jumping over, but Perk is coming up, like catching him on his shoulders, looking for a detonation kick. Oh, oh. my God, went for the butterfly suplex, Perk has turned it into a pin. But Swan managing to kick out, delivers a spinning heel kick, and he nearly knocks Perkins out. Oh, that might be the, the rich kick that he's won the cruiserweight title with before, but he can't capitalise on it because Perkins has worked with him too much during this match. Come on, Swan, you young Negro. I think if Swan had got the cover on Perkins or TJP, he would have got the match won then, but it's just the way it fell. But a beautiful transition between these two men. They've been friends for so long, you know, they know how to wrestle each other, as they say. Swan up to his feet first, gaining the early offence. Couple of clothesline takedowns, spinning heel kick to the midsection. Oh, and he's going to go. Butterfly, powerbomb. One, two. Oh, Oh. but Perkins managing to kick out and taking the referee out with him. (coughs) Oh, oh, ref. And TJP couldn't get the pin. Rich Swan couldn't get the pin then. You can see the surprise in his face. But you talk about Swan's toughness. TJP, former cruiserweight champ. The first ever cruiserweight champion who I correctly predicted. He did, and he beat 31 men to become that cruiserweight champion for the first time as he catches Rich Swan with a boot. Oh, but he gets taken off the top rope there by Swan with a Frankensteiner. Oh, that was a lovely move there. And now Perkins is prone in the middle of the ring. Here comes Rich Swan. Oh, oh rolling frog splash there. Oh, and Perkins trying to roll him up. Going to get two. Two. Hey. <laughs> a double boot there by each man. Trying to connect. But Swan blocking uh, Perkins' attempt at a kick. Then both men clothesline each other down. And who's going to be the first man to recover in this one? Is 1-0 up. But TJP could pull it back. That's what he's doing. He's sudden, isn't he? He can pull it back with a quick submission. One each and it go either way. Which one? We can see the braids in his hair. Still missing one after TJP pulled it out just a couple of weeks ago. Now Perkins. Oh, beautiful combination there. Which one definitely feeling it, but look at the right hand sending Perkins all the way back to that second rope. Oh, and Perkins sending Swan over the top rope and then takes out his leg as he lands on the apron. And that's what he's targeting there, his precision thing. And Rich Swan's left knee now could be in serious trouble as TJP takes him to the outside. Could be looking to line up for the uh, TJP clutch or the leg bar as it's known, I don't know. Well, Perkins wants to take advantage of this and throw Swan back in the middle. Oh, Oh, but jumps over the top rope into a super kick from Rich. Swan. Oh, but Perkins managing to kick out. Ah. I say springboard, but gets caught right on the money there by Rich Swan. But these two guys have had a few matches now. They've been in a bit of a heated rivalry for a while. Are they gelling well together? I think, yeah, it's been really... I think it works really well. I think we've seen it in this match. We've seen it in history. Like I said, they've been friends for like almost 10 years now. So they've been there and done that as Rich Swan looking to go up and get the Phoenix Splash, maybe. He's taking his time. Swan, uh, Perkins takes him off the top rope. Got him over his shoulders. Oh, I thought he was going to go detonation kick, but he turned it. Oh, plants him face first into the mat. Locks in the TJP leg bar. Will Swan tap out early oh. to try and uh, alleviate the pressure and not put any more pain into his leg? I think that's the best thing to do because if he taps out quickly, he'll get a chance. His leg could be broken. He won't be able to continue. But he's shown the toughest to try and get there, but the damage might be done. Can he get to that bottom rope, though? 
He's trying to drag his way there. It seems a million miles away now if you're in Rich Swans. Well, he's got an anchor on his leg. And I said anchor, not wanker. But Swan does get to the bottom rope. Stop submission. Well, glad he didn't tap out early. (laughs) (laughs) Now with the uh, wrist tape coming loose. But that might distract him. Well, if it did, though, he's like, ooh, look, wrist tape. Ooh, shiny. Oh, and Rich Swan trying to roll him up. Oh, the Swan managing to kick out. Oh, Perkins sat down on him, but now Swan catches TJP again. Oh! Fouls him up like an accordion, but not going for the cover. It looked like a suplex into a Michinoku driver. Thanks, Nigel. Well, I'm Nigel McGill. Here comes Rich Swan. Oh! Handspring into a 450. Two. Ah! Oh. But Perkins managing to kick out. Now Swan's going up top. Looking for the Phoenix Splash. He got up there a bit quicker this time. Oh. Here comes Swan. Oh. oh, hits its mark. One, two, three. Wow. Two nil to Swan. Rich Swan beats TJP. Like I said, shockingly, two nil here. Play to Rich Swan. Uh, what do you think of the match? I thought it was a bloody good match. They've certainly got very good chemistry between the two. Um... Is this the end of it now? Are they going to be friends again, or are they just going to drift apart? Do you know, I'm I'm not sure. In a normal way, Ole, in a normal way, you would probably have this be the end of the feud. What's that, What's that my love? But this being 205 Live, they could continue for another couple of... Easily. But the fans are certainly in uh, Rich One's corner, and he dabs over TJP's body, just mocking him. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Uh, and he's just saying, look, I beat you 2-0 after everything that happened. Uh, in this build-up, I finally get the victory. And it's good to actually see uh, Babyface get <laughs> a victory like this. It doesn't normally happen. But uh, I thought it was a really, really good match, actually. You know, uh, kind of heated things up. They had a little bit of time. It made it feel a little bit more special. And these two talents, you know, they are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and it's a really, really good match. But we move on. Well, actually, no, we don't move on. Well, no, because I'd like to say that Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness, they've meshed into a really good commentary team. And having only two men at the desk, I think it limits how much, how often they talk over each other. Yeah, as that, and this is the thing we've seen on Raw and SmackDown recently. Well, not only with Raw and SmackDown, but we saw it with the WNR. I mean, we went from three <laughs> to two, and it's just got better and bigger. So, you know... Two is better than three. Well, Swan's cartwheel into a standing 450 was amazing. And it was a handspring elbow, but we'd let him off. And, uh, I mean, just Rich Swan's just general general ability. Uh, he's going to be a major, major player. No, honestly, like, but Rich Swan, he does impress me. I think he's got the personality to make it on 205 Live as well. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Ooh, Enzo's got a friend. Oh, friend. It's only Davari, but he's a friend. friend. Probably the only friend he actually does have in the WWE, and he probably don't even like it. He's like, look, you fucking, you abuse this country, and he's an Iranian saying it. But anyway, no more racisms. Well, anyway, we move on. The next match is Drew Gulak versus Akira Tazar. Well, Drew Gulak had a funny backstage conversation with Davari and Amore before he went to the ring to face Tazawa in the main event of the evening. Unfortunately for Tazar, decided to attack him during his entrance as retaliation for ruining his PowerPoint presentation a few times. Captain Underpants used his picket sign to deliver a vicious blow to the throat, and McGuinness pointed out how likely, he, how he likely did this to keep Tazawa away from doing his signature chant. 
Well, the match may not have happened, but Gulak took a step in the right direction by looking like a dangerous heel instead of a comedy character. Does anyone else wish WWE would make an actual PowerPoint presentation for Gulak on WWE.com with the hundreds of slides he claims to have? It could be hilarious. Well, the main event of the evening pitted Amore and Davari against Ali and Kalisto in a tag team match. Even though he had plenty of mic time at the top of the show, Amore decided to deliver another promo during his entrance. The match itself was good, but not great. It was a standard formula for a tag bout, but Kalisto's high-energy brand of offence makes everything a little more fun. The new Cruiserweight champion picked up the win for his team with a Salida del Sol to Davari, while Amore watched from the mat. And it's hard to tell if Davari and Amore will remain allies, but it makes sense for two heels with bad fashion sense to be friends. I think WWE should have Raw General Manager Kurt Angle appear on 205 Live every so often to make it seem like a bigger deal. He can film backstage segments during Raw to air Tuesday and no one will know the difference. Well, as great it is... (coughs) (coughs) As great as it is to see Kalisto in the Cruiserweight division, it already seems like WWE is trying to force a connection to past Cruiserweights instead of letting him walk his own path. Uh, we saw that with a reference to Freddie Guerrero earlier, and of course the masked cruiserweight, you're always going to compare him to Rey Mysterio. But I think there might be enough cruiserweights just via a set of tag titles. And we've talked about this, a tag team cruise, I think would work perfectly on 205 Live. I think it would, yeah. And you can, you know, you can have the names for tag teams just picked randomly out of a hat. What? So like it, you know, you could have them all put into a pot, and like you'll have right pot one, pot one, and then you'll have right these two are tag teaming together, and it could, you know, it could bring up some weird combinations. You could have TJP and Rich Swan teaming together. Yeah, yeah. That would be, you know, quite interesting in itself. And you can of course have Enzo More on his own <laughs> yeah. with all his friends there as well. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be an interesting thing, you know, because they they need to try and change it up or share 205 Live with the women's division because in my mind I don't think any of the women are over 205 are they apart from maybe um, Piper Niven and Nia Jax oh. well just saying oh, Tamina though. Snooker yeah Tamina Snooker I mean but then again you could you know you could have the uh, the smaller women there I think 205 Live needs to do it a little bit because to be honest with you I mean as we head to the last episode the last three weeks ain't been great I've it needs a big name and you know as much as you know Enzo is a big name he's not is he he's you know he's managed to get the main event on Raw for the past few weeks but I think people just enjoy seeing him get the shit kicked out of him more than him actually being there itself yeah and I I think the the thing is if if WWE had you know put the cruiserweight to kind of uh, mock him and and have a go at him then it's kind of uh, had the reverse effect on people like Neville in the Cruiserweight division, thought, fuck this, you know. Maybe not knowing WWE's full plan for Enzo is to, you know, literally just take everything away from him and destroy him, you know. And, and I think overall, uh, you know, for for everything we've good, there, there's still so much bad on 205 Live. But we'll move on. We've got one episode left of 205 Live. Anyway, so this is the last episode, October 17th. And we get a recap of the scene from Raw last night, which revealed Enzo's new allies and set up our tag team main event. Yes, well, Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness welcome us and lay out our two announced matches. Then the former champ is here to do the deal. Well, Enzo and Moray asked Seattle if they can smell that. It's team spirit. 
He shouts out his team, Noam Dar, Drew Gulak and Davari, and says they're making Starbucks. And he's not talking about cappuccino. When he's done with Kalisto on Sunday, he's going to be in hospital. Probably the children's hospital. He can settle in, hook up his Wi-Fi, pull up the WWE Network and watch the Zoe show on Tuesday. Amore talks up how he saved 205 Live and says the only thing the company ever did for him was hand in the microphone. His charisma and him, not the fans. He runs down the fans as not having his gift, but says there's no choice but to accept him. He says he's living on the edge because if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up space. And he's never seen anyone take up space and be so small as Kalisto. Well, that brings out the champ to shut Enzo up. After eating a kick, Amore slides out the ring waiting to fight later. Well, here we go. So we are going to see Rich Swan re- with Cedric Alexander versus Jack Gallagher with Lee Bryan Kendrick. These two are harder to tell apart than Jimmy and Jey Uso. I, <laughs> I don't think they look that different. I think you can tell one's Jack and one's Brian here. I mean, yes, they've got facial hair, Dan, but I don't think that's an issue. Anyway, here comes Cedric Alexander starting this match. Rich Swan, oh, sorry, my bad. Rich Swan in there with Lee Bryan Kendrick. And oh, we're Jack Gallagher. Oh, where we get started. Oh, nice leapfrog by Jack. Oh, yeah. Love the oh. exchange. Finished up by a drop kick from Swan to Gallagher. Gallagher. And we know this Sunday now, I can announce it, one of the matches at TLC, our next podcast, will be Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander versus Jack Gallagher and the Brian Kendrick. I mean, Dan, who do you think is going to win that one? <laughs> You'll find out uh, on our next show. Now, what do you think that match being added? Do you think it's a good idea? I think it'll be an entertaining match, yeah. I think it's just, uh, but the problem is with that, I think it would be a good match, but it's, again, it's just thrown in, isn't it? You know what I mean? It doesn't really mean anything. Yes, the Cruiserweights have got their match, but you're like, oh, okay. I do like them Unleash Your Warrior t-shirts. Yeah, they're quite cool. Alexander's with Jack, and at that moment in time, referees get distracted. Lee Brian Kendrick pulling out uh, Rich Swan. <laughs> but this is the thing, that has Brian Kendrick helped out Jack Gagger that much? I mean, all he's done, really, is making him wear more clothes to the ring at the moment. It's not like... Anything else has changed? Well, you know, he's, he seems to have got a bit more of a vicious edge to him. But I don't know, you know, could this have been Akira Tozawa? Well, as a, as a heel in that... Well, um, you know, if he'd have... Because uh, he was taught a few lessons by Kendrick. I, I think Enzo would have worked out more. I think that would have been... Uh, Enzo, sorry. I think... How dare you, sir? I think Tozawa would have probably worked out more in that. But then again, the problem is, would they turn him into like a proper Japanese hill then? Do you know what I mean? Throwing salt and having Mr. Fuji as a manager. Like, you know, is Titus Worldwide that much of an improvement for him? I think with Jack, there was nothing wrong with him being a good guy. If they wanted to change it, rather than turning hill, uh, have him go to NXT. You know what I mean? Have him in matches involved, part of the UK title tournament against people like Pete Dunn or, uh, you know, Tyler Bate. They're just going to be great matches. Like Danny Birch, oh, only Lorkin yeah. down there as well. You've got all this kind of talent. But instead to say, no, Jack, you can't be a clown. You're going to be Kendrick's bitch. Yeah, you've got to be more serious. And yet you've got someone like Enzo More. <laughs> Who, I don't, you know. Who's an ass clown. <laughs> but anyway, enough of fucking Enzo fucking Amore. We've got the gentleman Jack going against and Jack uh, slowing it down. There is no more, as I say, he's not, not entertaining anymore, but very methodical. I think it would be nice. None of his uh, moves that made us love him in the first place. Again, I don't think, I don't know if that's a great idea, you know. What I think is a good idea, the way Swan 
at this moment in time is being treated. And Alexander, they seem to be kind of next in line, aren't they? Is like the kind of the, the good guys in the company. I think Rich Swan deserves that. He comes out of all. With Cedric Alexander, I think he needs to maybe do a little bit more personality-wise because, yeah. you know, he's great in the ring. Don't get me wrong. He's had great matches, but... Yeah, but it's, you know, it's the more... Tyler Bate version of the British style fighting as opposed to like the Trent Seven yeah. style. Yeah, I think with Jack with his size as well, I don't know how intimidating he can be, but Lee Brian Kendrick is smirking at ringside. He hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. <laughs> he's just <laughs> got a grin on his face. And he's uh, looking on, trying to help, well, to help out Jack at the moment. Oh, this might be the end of Jack Gallagher. That's a shame, isn't it, you know? But then again, he's been on pay-per-view, so we've got to be positive. Got to be positive, and hopefully, eventually, down the line, he'll split from Lee Brian Kendrick and have that feud all over again. Yay! Well, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, come on, two or five's been been a bit of a letdown. We're, we're hoping for more. I don't know if it is just because of the Enzo effect, or if it just in general, but that has a lot to do with Enzo. I think mean, he's looming over. Of course, he's in the main event tonight. We are going to watch our first Enzo Mori match on two or five alive, Dan. I mean, Yay! And now Jack, oh my word. Well, tying up his leg to Swans and just stamping him into the mat. I mean, you know, it is good to to see Jack Gallagher in action, regardless of whether he's face or heel. I suppose in some of his tricks at the moment, we're seeing the more, it is a more focused Jack, but I do like, you know, when he used to go on the top rope and when he used to wrap people up in packages. Well, but just like Sami Zayn, being a focused Jack Gallagher, what did that get him? That's true. Uh, being, you know, a face Jack yes, Gallagher, what you're did that right, You're right. But I do worry, like, if Kalisto retains at TLC like he should, then Jack Gallagher maybe could be one of the challenges we've got to look at. How he's going to get back in the total picture at this moment in time. Is a feud with uh, Swan and Alexander going to help him? As Swan's finally making a comeback. Well, again, you know, we've both been impressed by Swan and Alexander's yeah. in-ring abilities. Especially Swan, you know, former champion. Yeah, I mean, Swan is, is brilliant, as we saw there. We've just seen there with a spinning scissor kick. Oh, can't keep Jack Dano kick out. Uh. You know, I love Rich Swan, you know, his Phoenix splash and everything. Bouncy. Oh, Swan looking to climb up to the top rope. Jack Gallagher stopping him and catching him in the electric chair. Swan raining down punches onto Gallagher's head. Oh, forces him to drop it. Oh. Tiger driver. Oh. Goes for the cover to oh, but oh. Gallagher managing to kick out. Ah, I can't believe he got his shoulder up. Never can Rich Swan, but can he put away Jack now? Look, Brian Kendrick's furious. I've not taught you to lose, Jack. I guess he's shouting. Oh, Rich going to go for the Rich kick. Oh no, Gallagher diving out of the ring, but he's going to be followed by Swan, who looks to be diving over the top. But oh. Kendrick holds up, uh, protecting his friends, saying, well, I'm not going to be the one hitting you. You're going to hit me. And then that brings Alexander round to take out Kendrick. And then a mass brawl erupts on the outside with Gallagher and Kendrick taking out Rich Swan, causing the match to end, protecting well, both wrestlers. Oh, what a weekend in that was. And not the best of matches. But now we're going to see a beatdown. Well, they've thrown Swan into the barricade. Alexander comes back into the fold and he gets beaten down by both Kendrick and Gallagher who mounts Alexander on the announce table. And uh, <laughs> not like that. And <laughs> no. just starts raining down the punches. 
But Alexander, to his credit, already getting back to his feet. It's thrown in the ring now. Lumbar check. Oh, oh, Swan takes out Kendrick on the outside. Handspring spinning kick. <laughs> oh, my Rocks God. Rocks Gallagher. And he ends top. And now he's rich. Going to go through his... The rich kick. No. <laughs> Phoenix splash. Oh, oh, but Kendrick pulling Gallagher to the outside. Scorn Swan getting from there. Kendrick getting behind the announce team. They're safe now. We know this is the rules of wrestling. Even though you could go out and get them, don't. And as Fon wins by disqualification. Uh, Dan, what did you think of that? Um, I thought after the match was more entertaining than the match, really. Yeah, yeah and hopefully this is what they bring on. There's Macho Man. Uh, hopefully this is what they. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully this is what they bring on Sunday. That kind of speed to it, as opposed to the kind of slowness that was Swan and Gallagher. Uh, but we move on. And uh, Drew Gulak is out here. Yes. And what does he feel like, Dan? Well, and he feels like he's our father. <laughs> and in creating Drewtopia, he's trying to shelter us from top rope dives and unnecessary chanting. Since some of us aren't following his example, he was forced to take action. Rolls footage of Gulak atal- attacking Akira Tozawa last Tuesday leaving him with dam- with a damaged larynx and swollen vocal cords. What he showed us was tough love, because people like Tozawa and his annoying ah, ah, ah chant don't listen. When fans chant Gulak, says they need tough love, just like he gave to Akira, making his chants and interruptions impotent. If Tozawa had listened... He'd have learned about Proposal 9 in the PowerPoint presentation. No defying authority. Well, we call these proposals, but they're more than that. They're rules. And despite what kids may have heard on their Beastie Boys and Fresh Prince albums, rules do matter and parents do understand. On Sunday, our father will educate all of us on the TLC pre-show. We'll get a special championship edition of all the slides in Gulak's PowerPoint presentation. Yay! Yay! Uh, oh, fuck, I'll bet the next bit. Enzo's out, but he hands it to Davari for some Persian smack talk. <laughs> and then Amore takes back the stick and says he understands <laughs> He understands that. He understands Davari because they speak the same language. Money. In the ring, there are two do's, but one word to describe them. S-A-W-F. So main event here is Ali and Kalisto versus Davari and Enzo. And yes, I've waited two months for our first Enzo match on 205 Live, but I had to do it. I had to do it. We could have waited another two months, <laughs> three months, <laughs> four months, ten years. But Enzo started the match, he just tagged himself out to Davari. And it is like Kalisto. a pussy bitch that he is. <laughs> and it is Kalisto. Kalisto wants Enzo, but Davari's getting in his way. Oh, Slaps the master maraud around the face. I don't know if that's the best idea. Oh, my that God. That infuriates Kalisto, who unleashes a flurry of punches. Oh. Spring kick, just like we saw from Rich Swan. I'll tell you something. Cedric Alexander. <laughs> I'll tell you something, though. Kalisto is fantastic in the ring. Such speed he's got. As Davari looks to stop that now. I just like the Salida del Sal. I think that's a fucking sexy move. It is a great move. I'm not sure these pants that Kalisto's wearing at the moment. I'm not sure the whole outfit. But, hey, he tags in Ali. I'll do all that later. That's like an assisted lariat. 
Oh, oh, these two blokes lead together. I thought Ali made contact with the top of Kalisto's head. It looked Damn. like it then, but he certainly got more of uh, Davari than he did of Kalisto. Beautiful. That's kind of Kidman, Rey Mysterio-esque, Ali picking up Kalisto. <laughs> that is Kidman and Ali. <laughs> uh, Kidman and Mysterio. <laughs> Just Ali. less of a beanhead. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Hilo and, over oh. the top rope. Straight your chest. And we oh. talk about a uh, tag team cruiserweight division as well. I mean, we've seen tag, two tag teams earlier if we count Alexander and Swan. Of course, these two now. I mean, could we have Cruiserweight tag team titles in the future? Would you want to say that? Most definitely, yeah. You know, it'd bring a, a bit more variety to the show. And again, you know, you could have random pairings as opposed to tag teams. Yeah, I, I think most definitely. Kaliso gets a tag to Ali. Enzo's in as well. Ali on fire, baby. Taking down Enzo with huge oh, clotheslines. Who reverses the Irish whip attempt, but gets caught with a lovely drop kick. And now nips up as well and bangs his chest. And Ali means all business. He backs Enzo up. Irish rip attempt reverse, but Ali sliding down and out of harm's way. My God, this man is quick. Huge kick to Enzo's face. Rolling in the net breaker. Oh, hits it on Enzo. And this is it. It's over. Oh. Enzo somehow managing to kick out. But Ali is fresh as a daisy. Putting Enzo on that top rope. Looking to finish him off now. Laying down the big right hands. Well, if he hits this move on Enzo, he'll kill him. <laughs> Enzo trying With to block luck. it. Oh! But he backflips off, lands on his feet. Enzo comes off but gets caught with a big drop kick from Ali on his way down. Oh. To, oh, but Davari breaks up the pin attempt. Nice tag team by Davari, but oh! He gets reversed and thrown to the outside. And now his focus... Might be on the wrong man. Oh, no, this is clever. Blind oh. tag. Throws himself outside to Davari. Beautiful corks through. Enzo doesn't know Kaliso's legal man. Oh, flying crossbody. Enzo rolls through. Oh, nearly gets it. But Kalisto. Salida now, son. There you go. One, <laughs> two, fuck you. Yeah, that'll make you happy. <laughs> Of course. Kalisto pins Enzo Amore. Uh, fans seem to be enjoying Lucha, Enzo. Lucha. Fans seem to be enjoying Kalisto. Dan, what were your thoughts on that match? Uh, it was quite entertaining until Enzo got in the ring. <laughs> um, you know, Ali and Kalisto both doing really well. Uh, so is Davari to his credit. He fleet. All apart from Enzo. Even the referee done a bloody good job. Yeah, I think Davari did well there. Uh, doing, We kind of knew what kind of match tag match this was going to be, but Davari obviously did most of the work. But it is nice to see Enzo getting pinned. Uh, and Kalisto and Ali look really, really good in this match. It was nice sequence and nice finish. And like you said, to see this whole soul, you're always going to be happy to see that finisher move. Most definitely. But that it is- couldn't have happened to a... <laughs> I can't, can't even. Nice no, no, you can't. No. Couldn't have happened to a bigger cunt. Well, we'll see what happens at TLC. Oh, oh well, we won't have to wait until then because Kalisto dives through the ropes, takes out both Amore and Davari, <laughs> and Ali comes to his rescue, and he takes out Davari, and Kalisto's wailing down on Amore. Oh, it's just beautiful. Oh, I think Dan's got a new favourite wrestler. It's <laughs> And Amore's hightailing out there like the little bitch that he is. <laughs> Doesn't know he's running towards Ali, who's actually walking out. Um... Uh... Well, Kalisto sent in a message. He's not through. Lucha. Enzo Lucha. Lucha. <laughs> and that's how we finished 205 Live. Uh, so what have you thought of this month's 205 Live, Dan? 
it's been quite an entertaining 205 Live. It's, you know, despite having twatty features in it. <laughs> um, you know, aside from it, it's good. The, uh, the Jack Gallagher side of things, it's been quite interesting seeing him coming out in his normal clothes, not his star-spangled trunks. Yeah, the hill turn now in full effect, isn't it? Yeah. It is indeed, yeah. Um, you know, Tazara and Tony Niso had a good match. Kalisto versus Davari was quite a good match as well. You know, Alexander and Gallagher. Uh, Alexander and Swan. Uh, sorry, Gallagher and Swan. Um, you know, they've had great matches and it's good to see the end of Swan JP as well, hopefully. Yes, but I did think that was the best match this month that we've seen. You know, that two out of three falls match is probably the, the best. Uh, I think 205 kind of... I don't know if it let down a little bit this month, but I didn't get as excited as I normally do for it, no. you know? I don't know if it was because of the title change on, on Raw or just kind of never walking out as well. Uh, and the kind of cruiserweight the division being treated as it is. It is weird to look look on it. And much, uh, people like Davari and Ali have been fe- and Gulak have been featured this past month with that sign of things to go forward. And Noam Dar finally make an appearance after, you know, a couple of months basically away from 205 Live as well. So, uh, But we do move on to news and uh, we've, we have got a fair bit of news to catch up on. So let's start. WWE is playing hardball with Samantha Rotunda, the estranged wife of WWE superstar Bray Wyatt and her attempt to extract as, as much information as possible in their divorce court proceedings. Rotunda is requesting WWE turn over all documents from February 2011 to present related to her husband, which cover tax returns, statements, banking information, loan applications, credit cards, pension plans, real estate, mortgages, partnership and joint ventures agreements, fictitious names, employment records, contracts, fringe benefits, trust, disability pension and safe deposit boxes. This information will help Rotunda seek the appropriate amount of money for alimony and child support from Wyatt's intellectual property merchandising, licensing, payments and other revenue streams stemming from his WWE employment. Well, WWE attorneys, however, objected to this subpoena and while they did release some information, they are saying that the estimated cost of compliance for the subpoena would be somewhere between $247,000 to $483,000. Since specially trained review attorneys would need to collect, process and review the WWE's electronically stored email. Samantha Rotunda's attorney filed a memo in the Superior Court of Stanford, Connecticut saying that WWE's act by intimidating her from conducting discovery. Well, it sounds like <laughs> Bray Wyatt needs an IRS. <laughs> Bray Wyatt is in this nasty legal mess after he was discovered that he was cheating his wife with Raw Ring announcer Jojo, which we covered. So we're going to be covering this a little bit like we have Paige and other ones will be following this story. Next um, story. Indeed. It's probably one of my favourite stories of the week. <laughs> well, it is about former WWE star Marty Jannetty. And he has denied claims that he wants to sleep with his daughter. Yes, you have heard that correctly. But he's claiming his phone was stolen and that his social media accounts were hacked. The 57-year-old caused huge controversy this week after a Facebook status appeared on his page that he wanted to have sex with his daughter, Bianca. A post which quickly went viral included a photo of a woman believed to be Bianca, but Marty says he didn't write it. <clears throat> Breaking news for all media, the former wrestler wrote on Facebook on Thursday. No sex with daughters. It's fake news. 
My site was hacked or it came from a fake account. Martin then explained that one of his mobile phones was stolen and that because he leaves his Facebook logged in and all of his devices, someone was able to access his account and write the status. Well, that person must hate me, he continued. Why else would they do that crap to me? My biggest disappointment is no one that saw it caught on that it was obviously fake and it, and at least asked me about it rather than take it as true. Uh, that's the funny thing, isn't it? Everything sort of thought, oh, Marty, but... <laughs> Classic Marty, dirty yeah. old bastard. Yeah, well, in the now-deleted Facebook post, uh, the alleged hacker wrote that Marty and his daughter, Bianca, had held out on having sex because their familial relationship but now a DNS proved they were not related. Just did DNA two weeks ago, the post read. She's not my daughter. We both held out of sex because you don't do that. But now that we ain't, question mark, question mark, question mark. The post then described Bianca as fucking hot, but then she's been like a daughter. It read, I want to, but can't get past that. Well, according to other Facebook posts on his page, Marty only learnt of Bianca's existence in 2014 when she contacted him at Le Blue. I'm the happiest guy on the planet right now, he wrote. Love you, Bianca. Hey, we didn't get the choice, but now we have it, and I love you. Well, hope you will accept me. I will change so much now. I will never embarrass you. It is unconfirmed whether Bianca is Marty's biological daughter or not, and Marty found fame in the 80s when he joined forces with Michaels to become the rock. Yeah, anybody never knew about Marty Janetta, yeah. That's how he got his start, but... Uh, the question was about his frequent rival, Braun Strowman. But in, the co- but in the course of his answer, Roman Reigns touches on several topics and started an internet firestorm in the process. His remarks come via a conference call that Inside the Ropes was part of and was released on their YouTube channel. And here's the full text of his answer. Well, he says, I think Strowman is a certified star. When you see him, you know what's going on. If you see him in real life, you get it. And not to quote a little monster that we have run around our locker room, but you can't teach that. So he's already referenced a little monster in his arm. No wonder why that twat gets booed. (laughs) You really can't. You can't teach a guy to be, you know, damn near seven feet tall and 400 pounds. It's either genetics or it's work ethic. And uh, I think with the physical attributes Strowman has, along with my experience and my reactions, I think was a perfect storm because not only is he, you can see what is going on with him, He's a smart guy. As dumb as he looks, he's not a dummy. You know what I mean? And he listens and wants to learn, and that's the key. If he maintains the drive to be the best, and I know it, I know that's what he wants to be, I know it. And that's why it's important that he continues to do what he's been doing, because it's working. And he's learning, and he's getting a lot better, and if he's going to be scary how good he is in a couple of years. Well, Once he's reached the experience level and worked with a bunch of different guys like I have... I'm going to be really happy to work with him again and see what he's learned and how much pro and how much he's progressed since then. But I mean, he's been on the fast track, there's no doubt. But I'm very impressed with his am- ability to comprehend everything and to try his own and make it his own. And that's what we need. Guys who, no offence to any of these guys, we don't need guys running around doing two sweets and we don't need guys acting like they were DX from, you know, 15 years ago. We need original characters, guys who are them. I need Seth Rollins to be Seth Rollins. I need Kevin Owens to be Kevin Owens. 
I need Bray Wyatt to be Bray Wyatt. We need original superstars who have no clue what was done 15, 20 years ago. And no disrespect of our history and our past, but we're not trying to, we're trying to create something new here. And that's what the most important thing is, that we're true to our characters, we're true to, be origi- uh, to our originality and where we're trying to go forward as a product. And that's why it's important for Braun Strowman to be the first Braun Strowman. And that's why it's important for me to tell Cena I'm not the next Cena. That's burying me. I'm the first and only Roman Reigns. That's all I got to want to be. And I think that as a locker room, we maintain that mentality and we continue to have a special people like Strowman come around. We're going to be able to uh, pad and build this locker room and this roster up and we're going to have something special here soon. It's brewing as we speak. It's happening just like anything else. If you want a really good steak, you've got to wait a little bit. We're not serving McDonald's over here. No offence to McDonald's, but I'd rather eat a nice fillet as opposed to a quarter pounder. No wonder why he gets both. Well, there is uh, a lot to talk about in just that sentence there. In general, this is a very good locker room leader statement, isn't it? You know? And yeah. uh, folks dismiss it as Reigns being egotistical or self-centred. I expose their own bias as the Romans doubters slash haters. Uh, he is praising his squad, especially a major player, who will be integral to the group achieving their goals in Strowman whilst also next attempting to motivate them all to take things to the next level. Like him or not, all signs point to him being accepted by his peers in the role of team captain. And this is what people in that position say to the media. Well, as to the two sweet comments, he can say no disrespect all he likes, but these are shots. And they're shots many fans take at the Bucks and the uh, Bullet Club themselves. It's a matter of opinion, really. And Matt and Nick Jackson and their fans say they're taking those elements of the past and enjoyed and remixing them for a new generation to tell the new stories. Well, detractors say they're just aping the past and spamming super kicks. There's no definitive answer other than that the Jacksons and New Japan are making money. So it clearly works for many fans. But Roman is making a, is making a dismissive comment about the Bucks. Is also his way of being a team leader and a company man. The roles he's inherited from The Undertaker and John Cena. The Bullet Club invasion of Raw couldn't have gone over well locker room, particularly Cody Rhodes bringing up WWE's issues with selling out arenas or subtle jabs at Jinder Mahal. While there may be truth to both criticisms, Roman has to respond on behalf of himself and his locker rooms, and he sought an opening to do so here. Uh, and like I say, decide for yourself and feel free to use uh, the comments that we've said to argue it out. I can say we've seen the Young Bucks live, you know what I mean? We saw them and it was a fantastic match that they delivered, wasn't it, you know? Uh, and, and the thing with the Young Bucks, you know, they are good wrestlers and, and this kind of, even to be no news is bad news, you know, because at least they're still being talked about. But like I said, uh, whether or not we can agree on Roman and the Bucks, there's only one thing that's clear. Regardless of how much truth is in the rumours of backstage heat, the big dog clearly enjoys taking the piss out of Enzo Mori every chance he gets. <laughs> you knew the Young Bucks would respond in some way to Roman Reigns' comments about WWE not needing guys doing two sweeps and acting like they, they're DX from 15 years ago. This is a response from the Young Bucks. They said, uh, Matt Jackson said, you expect old-timers, shock jocks to bury you, but not current young top guys that you respect disappointing uh, while I do think Roman's comments were shots it does strike me as odd as an act built around being irrelevant about troops of the business and certainly W version of them it's surprised that they they catch some return fire from the company's top guy well maybe the key things like the Bullet Club's invasion and range of marks is a shoot 
Well, you can see that as an argument, but it still lets the Bucks decide where the storyline reality is. Things like they joked about could have cleared the roughs on Feathers backstage in the WWE. Despite being disappointed, Matt Jackson says there is no beef. No beef on our end, probably because they rightfully know they're blazing a new trail for workers outside the McMahon's world, even if they feel they've been recognised for that any time soon. One thing is for sure, the Jacksons and Reigns are performers on whom every wrestling fan has an opinion, so this will probably linger and let the debate continue. But whose side are you on there? Are you on Roman Reigns' side and the WWE side of saying that like, you can't new stuff? Or are you on Young Buck's side saying we're just enjoying professional wrestling? You know, you don't have to work um, for WWE. Well, that's the thing. It's where can you draw the line of who owns what? It's like, you know, crotch chops. Can I get a cease and desist letter if I do a crotch chop on the podcast? Let me try it. Suck it! Oh, God, we just got a letter through the door, yeah. <laughs> but, but can't they come up with their own gimmicks? It's like, you know, I'm sure there's a thousand other ways they can interpret how happy they are about people wanting to suck things. Yeah. And, you know, the too, sweet, the too Sweet logo, yeah. That, you know, it was the click kind of thing. And it was, you know, the Wolfpack and, yes, you know, yeah, NWO. Yeah. You know, there's other ways to show your gratitude towards another member instead of having to too sweet them. I know. It's, it's, it's And, you know, the raw invasion angle, it's been done, come up with something new. I know, but at least they're getting publicity from it. And They the, are. I, think, re- I think that it is all a publicity stunt. Yeah, well, you know, off their own backs, no one would talk about them. And, and I think the thing is as well, W is such a big machine, like you said. They can, uh, for Young Bucks to be able to get in that bit of information, you know, and W to respond for that, basically, because that's what Roman Reigns is doing. It, it sheds like that. It did annoy a few people as well. So it's been an interesting development. Well, could they sign the Jacksons and have uh, yeah. have Shawn Michaels and Triple H actually say, look, you know, we're going to pass the mantle on to you. Take our T-shirts, take our glow sticks. You are the new young DX. The WWE are smart, aren't they? So they might do that, or they might get the Jacksons on NXT and just bury them. They could ascension them. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly, exactly. We're still waiting on any kind of official word about Neville's status with WWE, but it's clear from KO's Instagram that he's thinking about the man he calls one of the absolute best wrestlers on the planet a couple of days after the former Cruiserweight champion allegedly walked out of Raw. And some might say it's a bit of an overreaction, but... Neville being champion, I'd fucking walk out of Raw as well. Isn't it? Yeah. But we're going to get, we'll touch on Neville a little bit more in a minute. <laughs> now, word comes out that one of Owen's long-time collaborators has left the company. Pro Wrestling Sheet reports that producer Jimmy Jacobs is out after angering management by posting a photo of Instagram on Instagram with members of Bullet Club during their invasion of Raw last month. Uh, well, Jacobs goes back to Ring of Honor with Owens and Zayn, where he also famously worked with Seth Rollins, Steve Carino, and others still in the WWE fold. And recently was featured in the Fight Owens Fight DVD, talking about their relationship and KO's career. Uh, Owens' family starts at home with his wife and two children, but it extends into his work. The likes of Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Neville, and Jimmy Jacobs are very much a close-knit unit of support and trust. A surrogate family that has been as consistent as any household. Business as business, as they say. But still, this has to be a tough week for all those guys. And it makes you wonder if Jacob's ouster had anything to do with Neville's rumoured decision to ask for his release. But that's just speculation on this writer's part. Well, we couldn't get confirmation from the company, but the sources say Jacob's left last week and Dave Meltzer 
Baxter and his exit, as does Jimmy's new merch at ProWrestlingTees.com. So here is the picture of that's his new merch on ProWrestlingTees.com. <laughs> Daily ex-bulletin, unprofessional. So that, I think that's kind of confirmed, yeah. <clears throat> the two stories we are following this month are Neville leaving and the feud between the Bullet Club and Reigns. After Cody successfully defeated Kushida at Saturday's Ring of Honor Global Wars event in Columbus, Ohio, he talked about doing what he says he's going to do, whether that's packing Ring of Honor's shows or breaking their pay-per-view buy-weight records. Well, it's no longer that... Uh, this is. It's no longer the company that defines the man, it's the man that defines the company. The company is Ring of Honor, and that company that I keep is Bullet Club, Rose explained, uh, exclaimed. So come at me and I'll be smiling because I'm the biggest damn draw in the entire industry. Well, it's a promo and he's playing a character, so yeah, take it for that. But a fan wanted to see what Roman Reigns would have to say about this, and surprisingly enough, he responded. Well, Rain said, I don't need to click the link and watch it. If the house didn't drop, okay, he's just talking silly. Hashtag walk over talk. Well, um, that's surely going to lead fans to bite him back with comments that Reigns hasn't drawn that kind of crowd either. And they wouldn't necessarily be wrong. But it's a silly argument to have in this context because it's a character arguing a man. Who will bother to make that distinction? Probably not many. Which is how these things get legs. Yeah, so it keeps rumbling on. And the thing else that keeps rumbling along is departures. And the WWE is in chaos! <laughs> With several of its top superstars wanting to end their contracts and quit. And the rest of the company is reeling at present after Neville and Nia Jax reportedly walked out of Monday Night Raw. It was reported that Neville asked for his release from the company before this past Monday's episode of Monday Night Raw, in which Enzo Amore dropped the Cruiserweight title to Kalisto. While WWE yet to confirm it's parted ways with Neville, Enzo Amore may have just done it for them. Well, yeah, on Saturday, October 14th, WWE was in Virginia, oh, for fuck's sake, Saskatchewan, for a live event which Amore took on Kalisto. Before the match, Amore cut a promo and referenced Neville's current rumoured situation with a promotion, saying, I took care of Cass and then made Neville quit. You're nothing. Well, it should be noted that Dave Meltzer has reported that his sources is 100% gone from the company. Despite this, WWE continues to, not, continues to deny that Neville has walked out. And not only that, there are also fears some of the biggest stars in the WWE will quit, but John Cena or Roman Reigns have not commented on their futures yet. And I think these guys making seven-figure salaries were going to be quite happy in their jobs. You know, could call me crazy. Uh, but WWE Chiefs are facing more of their leading stars leaving the show in the coming months. And I would say Dave Meltzer once again, there's several positions in the company. It's uh, not known which talent are looking to quit, but understood to be some of the biggest fan favourites. Stars are thought to be upset with the way they're being booked in matches, poor storylines, and lack of pay. And I tell you, like a couple of people just spring to mind. People like uh, Bray Wyatt, the way yeah. he's been booked recently. Uh, Rusev, I'd be quite happy. You know, he'd be quite happy. I'm not saying he's a huge star. And then you'd have to worry maybe someone like Finn Balor. Because if they're not getting booked, you know what I mean, yeah. in that certain way. I mean, yes, they're quite comfortable at the moment. But this Bray Wyatt feud began on for ages. And it's like... You know, maybe he's getting sick of it. Maybe you're looking at Cody Rose and other people in Bullet Club and thinking, maybe I could have success, you know? Uh, and we're talking about Nia Jax. WWE's granted Nia Jax a personal leave of absence for an undisclosed period of time. Twitter user WrestleVote said Jax has walked out of Raw on Monday night 
and Satin wrote that it doesn't appear as though she's quit. The news comes after rumours of Neville walking out on WWE as well and requesting his release from the company. Uh, the same Twitter user, WrestleVotes, first reported Neville's departure. The wrestling servers also confirmed Neville walked out of Raw and that his future with WWE was unclear. Neville's walkout was unexpected, but not all that surprising in retrospect. He had helped anchor the Cruiserweight division when it had no direction, but it seemed like WWE was unwilling to give him a large role outside of the division. Jax, on the other hand, has continued to hang periphery of the Raw women's title picture. She attacked Bliss after Bliss captured the belt from Banks on the 28th edition of Raw, on, on the August 28th edition of Raw, and Jax realigned with Bliss shortly thereafter which allowed her to remain connected to the championship storyline, even if in a more indirect role. Uh, Jax last wrestled Mickey James with Bliss at ringside on Raw on the October the 2nd, losing when James hit a DDT from the second rope. Well, Jax only debuted in NXT in 2015 and spent relatively little time there up to the main roster in July 2016. She's made a lot of progress since her NXT's days, and it felt like only a matter of time before Jax turned on Bliss and became the monster heel the Raw, Raw women's division had lacked. Instead, W fans may not be seeing her for the foreseeable future. Now, there's a couple of updates. She she will be. They've said they uh, Bliss has talked about it, saying Jax is definitely going to come back. Talk about European tour, which starts in just I think uh, in the start of November, which is not that far away. And they're saying that the reason why she's safe as well with her attitude is because obviously the Rock's her cousin, which I think does help, you know, a little bit. Yeah. So we move on to Matt Hardy, and this, Dan, is probably my favourite news story of the week, because you don't get many of these. Uh, WWE employees wishes death on Matt Hardy and a heated exchange with Rebel Hardy. Uh, like I said, there was a heated exchange between Rebel Hardy and Judy Youngberg on Tuesday night. For lo- those of you that don't know, Youngberg is the costume designer and seamstress for WWE. She was also married to former WCW Eat WWE star Shannon Moore. The Twitter exchange apparently started when Yolberg responded to a fan wishing that the fifth man for Sunday's TLC main event would have been Matt Hardy. Youngberg responded, I would love if the fifth man was dead. Matt, did I say that? As you would expect, fans on Twitter were not too happy with what she said and word got back to Rebby Hardy. Are these the kind of people you hire? They wish death on superstars. Julie, you're pathetic. And uh, how to lose your job in one tweet. Staring this backstage idiot. Um... And then Rebel Hard- Rebby Hardy's response was, Bitch, you have seen both me and Matt about 20 times at TV and you never said a damn thing. Shut up, pussy. And she also went on to say, This crackhead has been running her mouth for years. We forget she exists until she comes out of her mouth every few months. And then the last one is, Say it in person next time. Say hi, babe. What's good? Twitter fingers. Just remember, I ain't got a job to lose. Yeah, and then Julie Youngberg was on there. She said, uh, to response of that bitch, you've seen both me and Matt about 20 times. She says, I have you never come up to me. What do I look like again? And then she also put, and by the way, Matt doesn't even make eye contact with me. She said, thanks for initiating the 50th Twitter BS in six years. Miss, I don't give a crap. That was fun. Uh, she said, uh, this is just, and it literally became a fight. It, she said, uh, Judy Youngberg said, while my fighting with uh, a couple of North Carolina losers from the past online is beyond me, I don't give a crap. And then Rebel Hardy said, because you keep tweeting about us over and over about provocation. Judy Youngberg then went on to say, I do want to say this, uh, say all this in Jeff Hardy. 
has been nothing but nice. He is a true superstar. And then some uh, Ocean Water Dan said, is she trying to purposely lose her job? Is she on too many... <laughs> That's a muscle answer. <laughs> Rebby Hardy went on to say what else is new. And then uh, she's like, right, so dumb. And then Rebby Hardy, the nut who tweeted, Matt wasn't Maxwell's dad a few years ago and his real dad was black because that's the worst insult she could think of. Now's not the time to stunt, boo-boo. And uh, Young Bird late, later tweeted, and why I'm fighting with ghosts from my past is beyond me. You can become someone through marriage. Makes me laugh. Try, work, try hard work and talent and then talk to me. <sighs> And it kept going, you know, and then Young West says, I like how when I brought up my legit police support, all fell silent. How people read stuff uh, into things is beyond me. Read into this. Uh, detective investigates six years for in North Carolina. So these issues apparently go back a few years. Youngberg accused a couple on camera in North Carolina of stalking and hacking a Facebook account. Youngberg claimed that police were working on my case and the people who were hacking me, stalking me and making horrible lies, slander, and are trying to break up the beautiful marriage with Shannon Moore. Now, this is not a storyline. This is, this is real. Uh, and someone dug up the old tweets from the 2015 that included comments made by Youngberg on Facebook. And she says, I guess when the hacker's wife gives birth to a half, he pissed off at the world. The one thing that, that everyone can learn from exchange is to never wish death to anyone. All right? <laughs> let's, let's learn that James, <laughs> I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're alive as well. Especially if you work for a company like the WWE. And this Judy Youngblood, like we said, is the seamstress for the WWE, you know? so Against the top draw. Well, exactly. And the first bad idea anyway. So that was probably a bad idea. And then like it whole snowballed, didn't it? You know, the exchange should never have happened. But Rebel uh, has nothing to lose because obviously she's not employed with the WWE at the moment. She's just married to Matt, you know? And Youngbug could be in hot water if management chooses to distance themselves from her. So if they do see it as a negative light, uh, 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 you know, and, and I think this kind of sums up the reason why I brought it up as well. It's Twitter. I think people think they can do anything on Twitter. Is this building up a feud between Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore? Because Spurs <laughs> one together, weren't they? Exactly, yeah. She's a little MF comes back, Shannon Moore. But I, I think it sums up Twitter, that people think they can go on Twitter and just say anything they want and have, uh, have no like, kind of ramifications for their actions. And we've seen this in recent times with uh, kind of the bullying that goes online, the trolling that goes online as well. You think you can just leave a comment and nothing comes of it. Look, if you're racist online, if you say that's unacceptable, it doesn't matter even if you've got a little egg profile, you, you know, it shouldn't be allowed. And something needs to be done for that. Because uh, I'm sick of getting, you know, tweets calling me a fucking idiot as well. So, you know, no one likes I'm it. sorry for sending <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, but it is true, yes. you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, I am a fucking idiot. Anyway, talking about that, we're talking about Miz and a bit of mystery, Dan. A bit of mystery. Well, history, a word thrown around a lot, and today is history. This spot is historic. 11 years ago, I debuted in this exact spot in Portland, Oregon. In Portland, Oregon, as a host of SmackDown. 11 years later, I am in and the most must-see WWE superstar. Sunday... I make history by dismantling the shield and taking back my yard. So the Miz joined WWE 11 years ago, and to my thinking, has not been out with a, a major, injury, major, major injury. injury since he's been there. He has taken some time off, but that was just film commitments because, you know, you've got 28 Marines to film, you know? <laughs> anyway, arrivals, and we've talked about a lot of departures. We've got a couple of arrivals now. So we've got arrivals, and former UFC women's champion, bantamweight competitor, 
and Ultimate Fighter veteran Shania Basler has officially joined the WWE roster. The WWE officials announced the news last Tuesday. Just recently, Basler competed in the May Young Classic, and of course she finished second in that to Kari Sane. And Basler's already started working at the WWE Performance Centre Orlando, where she will train alongside other up-and-coming athletes looking to make waves in the WWE in the future. I'm looking forward to getting out there and twisting limbs off and breaking bodies, Basler said in the release. Basler has been focused on the professional wrestling for the past few years after putting her MMA career on hold. Although she did take a fight earlier this year in Japan... The opportunity to work with WWE is likely a dream come true for Brazler. She looks to build on her professional wrestling skills to hopefully earn a spot on the main roster one day in the future. Of course, Brazler is good friends with former UFC women's champion Ronda Rousey, who has also flirted with the idea of joining professional wrestling ranks over the years. Well, typically, athletes joining the WWE Performance Center will train full-time until many of them are given an opportunity in NXT, the feeder show run by WWE, obviously. Uh, assuming Baz running the May Young Classic, she looked to get the same opportunity with NXT while trying to eventually earn her way to the full-time roster working on Raw or Smack. It's very serious to me and in some ways a lot more important than MMA, MMA based on where I come from, Baz said. Waving the banner of my coach is a heavy flag to wield, so it's something I take seriously. Because of that, I want to start at the beginning and show that I'm willing to start at the bottom and prove myself and work my way up, so there's no excuse that I'll... I get here and I'm breaking these girl in half. I didn't get any gimmies. And that's brilliant because, yes, you got given the opportunity in the May Young Classic. Kari Sane, who won the tournament, is now going to be in the women's title match at NXT TakeOver. And Baz is saying, no, don't put me on the main roster. Don't put me in NXT. Put me in the performance centre and let me prove that I can be up there. And I think that's good, isn't it, you know? Well, most certainly, yeah. Well, Bazda has already worked with several of the top women in WWE. And now she'll look to forge her own path as she joins the promotion with hopes of becoming a future superstar. On October 15th, 2017, it signed two premier female athletes to development contracts. Kavita Devi from India, who we saw in the May Young Classic, and Shadia Baso from Jordan. Devi and Baso are the first women from India and the Middle East, respectively, to receive opportunities to train to become WWE superstars. An accomplished powerlifter who won gold while representing India at the 2016 South Asian Games, Kavita Devi also has the distinction of being the first Indian woman to complete in a WWE ring. Participating in the May Young Classic Women's Tournament last August, having learned her skills from her mentor, former world heavyweight champion, the great Carly. <laughs> I've no idea what the fuck the great Carly can teach her. No, I don't. apart from being in um, a couple of films. Exactly, how to how to wobble your way down to the ring. You well, Devi is expected to begin training at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, this January. Well, she said it was a privilege to be the first Indian woman to compete in WWE and participating in the May Young Classic with some of the best female performers in the world was a great learning experience. Now, I'm looking forward to pursuing my dream of becoming the first WWE Women's Champion. From India, and I should say, uh, we did talk about this on the May Young. Her video for her first or second round match got like three and a half million people watching it, all from India. So I think this was only a matter of time. But what about Beso? Well, Beso is a trained Brazilian jiu jitsu athlete and a CrossFit enthusiast who attended WWE's invitation only talent tryout in Dubai earlier this year. The talent pool for the tryouts consisted of 40 men and women from the Middle East and India with diverse backgrounds in sports and athletics, including powerlifters, rugby and football players, amateur wrestlers, martial artists and fitness experts. 
Bezos' athletic abilities, confidence and natural charisma, the last of which she showcased as a bilingual TV presenter, not bisexual, James, no, calm uh, down. Not cunning linguist. <clears throat> and had the opportunity to further develop her skills with WWE. Like Devi, Bezo is con- is scheduled to begin training at WWE Performance Center in January. And she said it's an honor to be the first ever woman for the Middle East to sign with the WWE. She said, I visited the Performance Center and attended the May Young Classic. I have personally witnessed the power of WWE and a passion of WWE fans. I look forward to starting on my path to becoming a WWE superstar. And uh, of course, signed to a development contract because they had tryouts in Dubai last April. Uh, Devi and Bezo will join a roster of international talent at the WWE Performance Center who hail from a variety of countries, including Australia, Brazil, Canada, Ghana, Germany, India, Mexico and the United Kingdom. Recruiting Kavita and Shadia to join our developmental team under his ongoing commitment to building a talent roster as diverse as our fan base, said Triple H. WWE Executive Vice President. Talent, Livex, events, and creative. Has he got enough titles? Is he the fucking next John Laronitis? (laughs) I am the executive vice president of talent, management relations, and also the general (laughs) interim manager of Raw. We're confident that Kavita and Shadia are WWE superstars as we continue to recruit the most talented athletes and entertainers from around the world. Well done. One of the best wrestlers in the world is much closer to to being free to sign with any company in the world, including WWE. Ricochet's deal with Lucha Underground prevented him from signing with a company like Ring of Honor or New Japan or even WWE because the contract stipulated that he could not appear on TV for another company until after the end of the third season. Well, the season finale for the third season aired on Wednesday night. So now, as he noted on Twitter, the clock is ticking and he would not be free to sign with anyone on January the 16th, 2018. It's no secret that WWE wants him. He could also make good money working for Ring of Honor and or NJPW. But the belief is that he is WWE bound. Task Conan said that he got the final booking date for Ricochet, which is the middle of December, but was not sure if he was going to sign with the WWE or, NJ, or NJPW. The only thing he knows is that he cannot take dates for the crash promotion in Mexico. A deal with New Japan or WWE would prohibit him from working there. And I've got a picture on my phone. Hang on. Is it me knocking Ricochet out? No, no. Is it a happy birthday? See you soon, wink. Him with long hair standing next to Triple yeah, H. Yeah, there, there. Yeah. Yeah, that's years <laughs> old. Fucking hell, James. Come back to me when you got something from the fucking 1990s. No, it, was, it was retweeted. <clears throat> Ricochet retweeted this on July 27th, 2017, and said, Me and the birthday boy, see you soon. And that was Triple H's birthday. And Ricochet looks completely different in that picture to what he does now. But are you excited? And will you be excited if Ricochet joins WWE? He's my best mate. <laughs> Me and we have last when we go to wrestling. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? That, I mean, we maybe potentially could see back with Drew McIntyre versus Ricochet match. NXT title, you know. <laughs> that would so, be awesome. <laughs> <coughs> but anyway, uh, we move on to the latest bit of news now. Wrestling, at, uh, wrestling insiders have claimed that there have been an outbreak of viral roster who travel with Monday Night Raw. Former WWE champion Bray Wyatt, his real-life brother Bo Dallas and ring announcer Jojo Offerman have all been notably absent from the show. 
Well, they are still... They are all reported to be suffering from the infection which attacks the protective membranes. Around Insane in the membrane. <laughs> which, Insane in the brain. Which, uh, which attacks the protective membranes around the brain and spinal cord. Viral versions of the condition can easily spread through sneezing, coughing and close physical contact. So it they've is, been having freeways. Then. Exactly. Well, Jojo's a whore anyway. Uh, it is claimed other wrestlers may also be suffering with the infection with potential impacts on TLC. Well, hearing this viral meningitis scare on the Raw roster is very real and could definitely affect the TLC card inside of Ryan Satin, said someone who we've mentioned already. Meanwhile, W analyst Justin LeBar confirmed Bray Bow and Jojo were all suffering from viral meningitis. Bray Bow and Jojo. Bray Bow and Jojo. Hello, boys and girls. Let's see Bray Bow and Jojo. Bray has been due to fight Finn Balor at TLC, which is named, obviously, after the match type table that's on the chairs. Have we had... Uh, sorry. Anonymous tipster account Pro Wrestling Voices, which has recently broken a number of insider stories, like we said, also backed up the reports of a viral outbreak. The TV... The, the account tweeted, Bray, Jojo and Bo have... <laughs> Bray, Bo and Jojo... <laughs> fucking hell. That's not easy to say. Again. Uh, Bray, Bo and Jojo... Well, the, the the account tweeted, Bray, Bo and Jojo have been off TV due to an illness. I will not report personal details. However, that is the reason. I'm hearing other superstars may indeed be suffering from the same illness and it may drastically impact Sunday's pay-per-view event. Well, PW rest, uh, it's reported that Bo's been sent home while Bray and Jojo are still on the road but have been kept separate to the main roster. Uh, this is understood to try and prevent any further spread of infection. So... That was a couple of days ago, and then, uh, sorry, as I say, it's a recording. This is on Thursday. I tell you what's weird, a couple of things. The weird thing is that we do our news this weekend. You know, we, we go through the news stories of the month, yeah. but for some reason, the, the, the wrestling gods are smiling down at us because they broke this story this weekend. Now, <laughs> they said TLC could possibly be affected, Dan. Last night, we were on the internet finding out what happened. What are the big stories coming out of it now? Well, it is um, Bray Wyatt is not going to be appearing at TLC. But don't worry, fans. There's going to be another match, which, you know, we were saying, is it really a bad thing? Because, you know, we would like to have seen the build up to it or, you know, some insight to it. But it is reported that AJ Styles is going to, re- going to be replacing Bray Wyatt. So he's going to be going against, going to be former club leader against former club leader. And it is, I mean, lots of smarks out there. It is a dream match. It is one of these. Indeed, yes. They have never faced off Finn Balor and AJ Styles. They've never had a one-on-one match, which is incredible when you think about both of these men's careers. Yep. Uh, and to have it kind of, I know, you know, when this kind of, I, I can't recall another situation apart from Storm, you know, Acts of God, even Storms and stuff like this, where they've had to subject to change, you know, the cards. They completely stop a whole Raw and put a Raw Rumble on instead. Yes, the night after Rumble, there was a big storm and they had it from like WWE headquarters uh, and they, yeah. they filmed it there. There was the uh, Icelandic uh, the volcano eruptions and the Raw crew was stuck in uh, Europe and yeah. SmackDown had to do a live Raw. And of course, Beware Dog back in 96, there was a storm that cut off the pay-per-view midway. But I can't think of a time, apart from maybe when John Cena got injured before uh, No Mercy 2007, where they've had to change the card so close to the pay-per-view. And like you said, to have AJ versus Finn Balor, it's a great match, but it's a dream match. And it's just thrown together now. And it's going to be be much better than Bray versus... uh, Oh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a better better match. But after seeing all this Sister Abigail stuff, 
stuff come out and like Finn Balor doing his different alternative demon. You know, it would have been interesting to see and hopefully that would have put the final nail in the coffin between them two. Yes, exactly, yeah. But, you know, they're and later on down the line, but, you know, taking that out of whatever it is, I'd like to have seen the build-up between AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, because there's stories there. There's You could have, you could have the... Uh... The club playing a bit of role, you know, what side they're on, who they're going to side Nerd! On. You know, like, so instead I'm... of being with Elias Samson, exactly, GPD. Are they going to go with uh, AJ? Are they going to go with Balor? Are they going to have one each? Exactly. You know, and turn that around and build their own clubs up. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. But that was huge news. And then uh, something even bigger happened. Well, also, in the Shield versus Miz, uh, the bar... Braun Strowman yeah. and Kane. Yeah. Now he's also oh, been wait. added. Yeah. So do you want to do Raw and SmackDown results first, or do you want to talk about TLC? Cause, I mean, have you got Raw? Yeah, wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Before we talk about the huge news that happened at TLC, because, like I say, if we just about to say that Kane's joined it, and like, hey, where did Kane join it? <laughs> uh, so that was a huge news. Balor versus Bray. Before we go on to the massive news that happened with the announcement. Yeah, so anyway, there's huge news for the TLC pay-per-view. The main event has changed, and uh, what has happened in the main event? What is the news, Dan? The news is that Kurt Angle is replacing Roman Reigns. So Kurt Angle's coming out of retirement for his first match in WWE in nine years. Uh, it's 11 years, but it's August the 2nd. Uh, no, hang on. <laughs> This will be Kurt Angle's first WWE match since August the 8th, 2016, in which uh, it was Angle and Sabu. So we're going back. We talk about the Shield not being together for three. 2016? Yeah. uh, Sorry, 2006. The last time he wrestled 2006. So we're going back 11 years. We talk about the Shield not being together for three. We're going back 11 years for Kurt Angle being involved in this. And I've got to tell you, say, and I know I never say this for Kurt Angle return, I'm a little bit disappointed. And, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> not enough hype. Yes. It's just thrown in there at last minute, just like we were saying about the AJ Styles versus Finn Balor match. You know, it's you could have built it up a bit better. You could have had someone poking the bear and then... You know, this is WWE's problem at the moment of uh, kind of hot shotting ideas and just putting it together. No offense to the crowd at uh, TLC, but like I said, a seed show really there to just waste Kurt Angle. Like they should have built up for a WrestleMania match against someone. Uh, that I mean, I don't know why they didn't put. We talked about earlier Matt Hardy in the match. You know, Jeff's out. It would made sense. Yes, it's not the same. But with the fans really minded, and with Angle there, you got to ask yourself, you know, it was difficult passing the drugs test to be involved. I mean, is he really going to be that physical in a TLC match, you know, with uh, these five guys? He's obviously going to have to, you know, be table or, you know, ladders involved and stuff. And you got to ask if it's the best idea, you know, like a straight up wrestling match. Yeah, Angle coming back, but... To be put here, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like it happened on SmackDown and then putting Daniel Bryan in a match. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. As in, like, oh, we'll see what happens. You know, if Angle wasn't ready to wrestle, or if they're building up towards the Jason Jordan thing here, I, I just think, oh, okay, a bit. And you know, I really want to see the Shield. I never thought I'd miss Roman Reigns at a pay per view, but um, 
Yeah, you know, the hype of the Shield coming back together and then being replaced with Angle. It's not a bad replacement, but it could have been billed better. Yeah, exactly. And, and to, to kind of waste cut Angle in this, it, I've just had that. What about Triple H? Triple H, I know he's got his problems with like the Shield, but if, or, you know, someone to be involved in Well, Wallin's saying, look, you know, I know someone, you're probably not going to like it, but we had an alliance before. I've taken him out and, you know, this, that and the other and, you know, sweet alliance. Yeah, you know, exactly. <clears throat> and and you, can, you can have done that. And uh, But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with TLC. And, of course, our next podcast is WWE TLC 2017. What we're going to make of that, I do not know. Uh, but, I mean, that's it. I mean, final thoughts on the TLC changes or any news? Um, No, you know, there's no final thoughts on it. I think... Hopefully it's going to be a good show, you know, especially with the debut of Oscar yeah. on the main roster, <laughs> Oscar on the roster, um, you know, seeing Kurt Angle returning to in-ring action, seeing a never-before match with AJ Styles and Finn Balor, you know, it should be, should be good. It should be good, and weirdly for me, I don't think it changes any of my predictions anyway. So uh, we'll see what happens at TLC with that. So basically, you've gone for Finn Balor then. <laughs> you've gone for Finn Balor before. That doesn't change me. <laughs> I don't think that changes anything for me. Yeah, there ain't no way. I mean, we can talk so about So who's going to be the one lifting up? Or are they going to do a triple ankle lock? Well, this is the thing. I honestly don't know what they're going to do now. They might lose, in in a way, if Reigns is not there. You know, uh, it it seems weird, doesn't it? Uh, what they're going to Kane is involved in a match as well. I mean, I, I, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what it could turn well, out. Well, it to seems be. like the only protected uh, that's going to be in that match is Strowman. Yes, yeah, you would you would feel now, you know. But one thing I think I should say that Kurt Angle was my favourite wrestler. Oh yeah, as a wrestler goes, yeah, yeah he's as a wrestler. Before he left 2006, he was my favourite wrestler. He went away. Yeah, he wrestled in TNA. I've seen some of those matches. But for me, then Shawn Michaels kind of took over from that. Will we see a career renaissance of Kurt Angle? If there was anybody to come back and have the match for their life, it's Kurt. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see it. But yeah, again, to not see the Shield together. It'll be, it, like I say, it'll be an interesting pay-per-view, wouldn't it? And yeah. I think, yeah, like we say, Bray Wyatt, I think there's no way he was going to beat Finn Balor, especially his sister Abigail, you know, I don't... I wouldn't have thought that. And maybe Pumpkin Balor can beat AJ Styles now. <laughs> well, you know, will he be Pumpkin Balor now? Well, I just think he might or will just he just be Balor? Balor? Yeah, he might be Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Actually, yeah. Finn Balor. Well, you know, it's going to remain to yeah. be seen. It is. All we've got left in this podcast is NXT Update. And Dan, when does NXT Update start? Now! So yes, it is my favourite time of the month. It is the WNR's NXT update, and it's episode four one three, the twenty seventh of September. As we said in the last NXT update, this time round we're going to see Adam Cole in action for the first time. He's going to have to answer to his actions here in a one on one match. It's going to be huge here. NXT update is just 
getting started. But how did the episode start then? Mr. Regal makes an announcement to open the show. He says there will be a fatal four-way at NXT TakeOver Houston to determine the new NXT Women's Champion. And of course, winner of the Mae Young Classic, Kari Sane, has already been announced for the match. A series of few weeks will determine the other three participants. So that's what we've got here on this NXT update. We're going to find out who's going to go to NXT Houston to face Kari Sane for the vacant NXT Women's Championship, plus lots more. Uh, Sanity comes to the ring, and Eric Young says, Time and space doesn't matter, but chaos does. He says, The only thing sure in life is change. EY says he will take Adam Cole to the edge of sanity tonight. We are going to get versus Eric Young in the main event of NXT. Uh, The announced crew hypes tonight's card as we head to the ring for our first belt. Yeah, it is Lars Sullivan in action. And and what did you say a minute ago, Dan? He looks like a computer character. (laughs) In what way? Explain. I don't know. He just looks really fucking weird. <clears throat> and it looks a bit like, you know, someone's tried creating Brodus Clay but missed. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got that generic look, but he's been on the path of destruction. We've seen what he's been like teaming up with people that's not worked out, and now he's just going to be crushing skulls. But we do see uh, Christy St. Cloud interviewing Lorcan before, the, before making his entrance. What's he say, Dan? He simply says he doesn't like Lars for the fact he thinks he can bully guys like No Way Jose around. Yeah, fair play. There is only one, only Lorcan. We are seeing who on exit update. Breakout stars of the year, only Lorcan. He's coming out here and he's not messing about. He's going to get in Lars Sullivan's face. This could be a slobber knocker. (laughs) Thanks, JR. I know, I've started early here. It looked like only Lorcan was in a lab experimented on. And the results turned into Lars Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, that's before the Jungle Juice, and that's after. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we go. I don't think this is going to be a catch-as-catch-can style match. But as I say that, only Lorcan grabs the side headlock. And Sullivan powers out of it, throws Lorcan against the ropes, and just runs through him My with his shoulder. God. And now he's going to pick up only Lorcan. Look at the complete power of Sullivan there. That was a deadlift, but Lorkin manages to fight out with a couple of elbows, but Ooh. runs into a boot to the midsection. Ooh. But Lorkin manages to recover and drops a lovely drop kick on him. And Sullivan didn't like that, and oh my word. Lorkin's been eliminated from the Royal Rumble. And we don't see a lot like Lars Sullivan. Uh, we don't see wrestlers like him. He's the kind of back in the day, you know, WWE t- style type wrestler that we don't usually get in NXT. Authors of Pain. It'll be interesting to see if they can hang. Fair play to Authors of Pain, though. They fucking, they hung. did. <laughs> they hung around for a little bit, yeah. And Sullivan now on the apron. And only with a brilliant offense. Oh, knocks him off, but Sullivan lands on his feet. I think Sullivan enjoys it. Oh! oh Lorcan goes <laughs> flying, but gets caught by Lars. Lars powers him oh. up and just drops him on the ring apron neck first. <laughs> and Lorcan's in all sorts of trouble. Oh, my God. Look at this beast roar, Lars Sullivan. And he's got only Lorcan. We see the... Well, we're impressed by Oni's uh, diving ability. <laughs> but we're even more impressed by Lars' power. And Lars just, I think, Gorilla pressed only Lorcan back in the ring. And just squashes him in the corner. And only Lorcan now. Look, look. He's a hybrid of uh, Mojo Rawley and <laughs> Braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> 
his uh, CV for Lars Sullivan. But only look at the guts and determination of this man fighting out of the corner. But he's just psyching up Sullivan. He grabs him by the throat. Lorcan manages to break the grip and continues slapping Sullivan. I think that's just anger in the big man. Yeah, he's screaming in Andy's face. Oh! And Lorcan just grabs hold of his chin, slaps him three more times. Oh! Runs at him with a big uppercut, but Lars still on his feet. He hasn't knocked the big man down yet. Oh! Oh, But Lorcan runs into a clothesline and he turns him inside out. Oh, my days. That that was... Good night, Oni. That was impact, but yeah... (laughs) Sullivan now picking up only. Slams him down. One, two, three. Wow. And that was the first and only pin attempt of this match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, I only didn't want, didn't like the facts around nowhere, Jose. He just ran through only Lorca there. And what a fun little match that was, I think. That was, yeah, you know, got to give it to Oni. He did have the guts and balls to get in the ring with the much bigger Lars Sullivan, but. Who's going to be able to stop this beast? Well, exactly. This is a question that we're going to ask now. Will it be answered by the time NXT update ends? But at the moment, what a great way to start our first match. Only Lorcan and Lars Sullivan as we continue. Kayla, back, Kayla Braxton backstage with Ruby Riot, And when asked about Nikki Cross, she says she hasn't seen her since their impromptu tag team a few weeks ago. And up next, we have Heavy Machinery versus Demetrius Bronson and Patrick Scott. Knight and Scott start us off, and Knight spoils us with a wrist lock. In emphasis to lift the smaller man into the rafters. <laughs> uh, Scott slaps Knight's chest, but only hurts his hand. Double underhook suplex by the Knight train. Bronson is tagged in as uh, tagged in as is Dozovic. Uh, tandem diving headbutts by Heavy Machinery. I tell you something, we've already seen two big men. Uh, well, we've seen Lars Sullivan, the big man, going at it, and now we're getting Heavy Machinery as well. Bronson leapfrogs an attack and gets in a couple of minor jabs in before the bulldozer gets rolling. Dozovic sashes his way to an elbow drop and makes the tag. Tag made and a sandwich is made out of their adversaries. <laughs> Knight makes the pin on both men for the win. <laughs> so, squash match there for the heavy machinery. Well, you know, you've got to hand it to local competitors. They did try, <laughs> yeah. but they failed. Well, Mr. Eagle speaking with the media outside the PC. And Johnny Gagano exits the building and Mr. Eagle calls him over. Come here, over. Apparently, Johnny made a request to Friday CN Almas again. And Mr. Eagle grants that request for two weeks away. Yes, so we are going to have as well. We know about the huge main event tonight. In a couple of weeks' time, it is going to be CN versus Gagano, a takeover rematch. We see St. Cloud with Roderick Strong in the gym. She asks how he's preparing and... As all the NXT guys are taught, he re-asks the question. He says he's preparing the same way he has for every match. He says he has Drew McIntyre rattled and he's fighting for his family. should say, as well as this, next week on NXT, we are going to have Drew McIntyre versus Roderick Strong for the NXT Championship. What a huge update this Woo! is. It was all, last time around, it was all about the Undisputed Era arriving and causing havoc. And then we finally saw Sanity turning the tables with McIntyre, send them packing. The question is, can Undisputed Era continue their hot roll, or will a team together be able to stop that? And plenty more. Like we say, NXT title online. We're going to find out who's going to NXT TakeOver for the women's title. It's, it's going to be fucking brilliant. But anyway, back to Roger Strong in the gym. Strong says he's been close before, but this time will be different. 
and he knows he's indestructible but won't stop. Strong says Drew doesn't have the tenacity to beat him. We shall find out because that matches next week. Exactly. I cannot wait for it. And Liv Morgan... Oh, sorry. Next match was Liv Morgan versus Vanessa Bourne. One of your picks for the um, May Young Classic. Indeed, yes. And both ladies have inset promos prepped during her entrance. New female referee is on call for this one who's called... Jessica Carr. Jessica <laughs> Carr! Uh, they tie up and go promptly into some map-based wrestling. Morgan hits a leapfrog leg drop. Drop toe hold, throws Liv into the turnbuckle face first. Born showing some viciousness and possibly hiding some of their in-ring acumen. Morgan rings out some offence, including a double stomp in the corner. Not pretty, but effective. Morgan hits a code breaker for the victory. Well, recap of and then we get a recap. Of, uh, then we get a recap of last week's segment with Alistair Black and the Velveteen Velveteen Dream, which was a nice piece of business. I enjoyed that. Velveteen Dream looked like a, a character that he knows what he's about, and I think he might be playing a little bit of mind games with Alistair Black. Do you think he could be successful in his uh, mind games? What Prince? Yeah, do you think Prince could? Be, what's that, my love? Do you think Prince can be successful over Alistair Black? Um... He's going to he's gonna have to fade to black, isn't he? And not, not in a racist way, but... Well, speaking of black, we see footage of Alistair Black doing some strike practice in the PC. The ring needs a bit of WD-40. It's squeaking about. Black asked about Velveteen Dream. He says, in an age of individuality, there's always one who thinks they're more unique. Promo for the debuting Fabian Eichner, who faces Cassius Ono. Up next. Well, right, here we go. Eichner... Versus Ono, and Ono still gets a big pop every night. And uh, Eitner is a relative unknown to the crowd. We have seen him in the CWC. <laughs> He's not been around since then, but we'll see how this match goes. Very impressive specimen was Ono trying to get him down early going. But Eitner now working the arm. Of course, with his name, do you know where he's from, Dan? Germany. Yeah, I think Germany. <laughs> He's from the Deutschland. Yeah, that's German. Yeah, I'm going to work on your arm now. I'm going to break your arm. Oh, no. That's a camp German. <laughs> Not every German is camp. Yes, they are. Every German is camp. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, every German I've met goes, oh, come on, my face fall. Anyway, Eichner is now kicking Ono whilst he's down. This will be an impressive debut for him on NXT. If he can knock off one of the, the, the most well-liked guys, Cassius Ono, but the outside... No, oh. Cassius Ono rolling over the top rope and catching himself on the apron. Eichner comes running towards him and gets a boot to his face, but Eichner with a <laughs> spinning backbreaker there to the much larger, larger Cassius Ono, sending him crashing to the mat. Yeah, Eichner showing his power about to pick up Cassius, who might have put on a few pounds since his, uh, <laughs> since his you know, when he first started wrestling. Uh, that's called a debut, James. Uh, and Eichner saying he's a bit crazy. <laughs> Fucking hell. And he certainly is crazy. He jumps, lands both feet on the top rope, springboards his way to a crossbody, taking out Cassius Ono. But Ono's managing to get into the ring quicker than Eichner. I love NXT. I absolutely love it. Let's see a replay of this. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, well, Eichner's arrived. Is Ono going to finish him off? Oh. Runs back first into Ono in the corner. And powering him up. Oh. Goldberg! <laughs> With that jackhammer. That looks a lot like a jackhammer. And But Eichner couldn't get the job done. Ono kicks out. Uh, so who's next for Eichner? Well, exactly. At the moment, 
This bald man with black tights, black boots, <laughs> black knee pads. He needs to grow himself a goat and come out to a couple of sparklers. Uh, Eichner might kill you as he's looking to put Ono away. Well, he's got him. Powerbomb time. Oh, but Cassius drops to one knee. Oh, now he manages to power him up. Oh, my word. But Ono there, he lands on his feet. And he rolls up Eichner. Oh, a kick out. Uh, Eichner responds with a huge European, huge European uppercut. Oh, my God. Another <laughs> jackhammer type slam. Well... Oh no! Tried to maybe leapfrog him. Might have caught him and showed his power there again. My word, this is impressive from young Eichner. Well, he looks to be up rope. Is he going to spring his way up to the top? Oh, Here we go. No, springboard, springboard. <laughs> well, looking for a moonsault, a springboard moonsault, but lands on the mat and not on Cassius. He's that- making his way to the corner, trying to get himself up to his feet after a bit of a beatdown from Eichner. Yeah, what has Cassius got left in him? He has to use the ropes to get him up. Oh, oh runs through him with a big elbow. <laughs> Running kick. And now, oh no. Oh my God, he's got the cravat on and he's just using that. Vicious knee strikes as well. Oh! And he gives him a cravat into a suplex. <laughs> Fucking hell. And Cassius now. Look at the finish this off. Is it going to be Roaring Elbow? Maybe. Oh, no! Roaring Big Boot. <laughs> Goes for the cover. One, two, three. Yeah. Wow. A victorious Ono, but a very, very impressive Eichner. Yes, fantastic. We saw the springboard to the outside. We saw the power. I think this is exactly what you want to do if you want to make someone look impressive. Like, say, uh, dominate the majority of the match and Ono gets the victory. But I want to see... I wouldn't mind seeing that match again. You know, I thought it was... uh, I thought it was really, really good again. Yeah. You know, we thought the first match was good, but we're still not over because we have Adam Cole versus Eric Young in our main event. Well, a sitting, probably, because I can't really say, Vic Joseph interviews Drew McIntyre. Although you know Strong is game for a fight, so I said he would hold on to the title. And if McIntyre says that, I have got to believe him. We see a vignette for the May Young Classic winner and new contender for the NXT women's title, Kari Sane. It's main event time now. It's Adam Cole versus Eric Young. Adam Cole with who? Adam Cole with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. And before the match, Cole cuts a promo. He says he's not sure how NXT has gotten this far without them. He says there's something new in the air and you can feel it and it's change. Well, they're here to shock the system. They're undisputed and it's there era now now we're going to see if he can put up or shut up because adam cole's got to go one-on-one with eric young and we saw what carla riley and bobby fish did a takeover beating up sanity after they won the tag team titles at least the numbers game is fair and eric young looks eric young looks no focused. sorry it's not fair because sanity have a very angry nicky cross in their <laughs> corner so that does actually tip the balance into Sanity's But Nikki Cross has got to hold a championship belt, so she might be at a disadvantage in this one. But Eric Young at the moment looks to be smirking. No, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's just got a grin on his face. Mm. I mean, what are you expecting for Adam Cole? Are you going to... expect? To I think good? he looks too much like Shawn Michaels. Baby! <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, slightly smaller, probably less talented Adam Cole. I mean, he's got to do a lot to impress me here. I mean, yeah, you can attack, but... In a match, you've got a show in the WWE and NXT that you can go. I don't care what you do on the independence. But don't you think 
Eric Young deserves to win because he's been with Sanity for a long time. Well, you know, Sanity have been around for a lot longer than the Undisputed Era, and they have been dealt a bit of a crap card. Yeah. And if, you know, we don't want to see them go in the same way as other unhappy wrestlers. No, we don't. And it's weird how they've kind of fl- flipped. Down. They were like the big bad heels and now they're the faces. Can we really go with it? Do we get behind them? Do you know what I mean? And this is the questions that we're asking. Sanity in Undisputed Era's position, the way they've been booked, you know what I mean? That might have worked more for Eric Young, you know what I'm saying? And having yeah. him going against a champion that way, it seems weird that someone like Eric Young... He's going against Adam Cole, and yet he's a good guy. And I think if the, the, the roles were reversed, and it was Eric Young in this position, I think that would make that would have made Sanity really pop, wouldn't it? You know. Yeah. And now this is the question. I think the best thing from Sanity recently have been Nikki Cross with her, with her character, and now it's time for the rest of Sanity to step up. And if that is the, fa- the fact of being the good guys and stopping the undisputed era, this is what they're going to have to do. You know. They want to defend their NXT. Exactly. They're here. They might be known, you know, they might be the outsiders and now they feel welcome as part of NXT thanks to this, uh, these three guys who've literally got no respect over anybody. We've seen the beatdowns on the last NXT and what they can do. So Adam Cole's got to go a long way, you know, without the interference of uh, O'Reilly and Fish as well. Basically, I want to see them get their ass kicked. You know, they've come in here, they've come here, they're at the base of the outsiders and they said they're better then anything in NXT, and I disagree with that. I'm going to take umbrage, you know what I'm saying? So, O'Reilly and Fish look set to help Eric Young back into the ring, but his sanity teammates, they're not allowing that. They're not, and the first German champion in uh, WWE history, Alexander Wolfs there, Big Damo, Killian Dane, and Nikki Cross. So I think uh, sanity are more impressive at the moment. I mean, I wouldn't want to mix with those three. You could argue Eric Young maybe been the weak link of recent times. As Adam Cole trying to get Eric Young down. But Eric Young in winning side. That is a fair point. And it did beat one of the most dominant NXT champions, tag team champions of all time, Authors of Pain. Second. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen Authors of Pain since that happened. So Sanity banished them and then got the Undisputed Era to deal with. You know, so is... But at least they're getting air time and yes. you know, they're getting the recognition they deserve because... You know, I'm a fan of Sanity. Yeah, I like Sanity. I think even when we saw him, if go back to when we saw him live, that kind of being there and seeing it, kind of appreciated it more, didn't we? Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, most definitely. You know, especially seeing Nikki Cross ringside of yeah. him as well. It's, yeah. I mean, you can see her now, the kind of way she's acting, trying to get back into it. She's constantly working, you know. There's not a time she's not in that character. Yeah. And that's, I think, what makes a great wrestler as well, always being able to be that person no matter what. As Adam Coles keeps having his sleeper in. Well, lovely Young gets some separation between the two. Well, finally, Eric Young, like he said, get a breather from Adam Cole, who I've not been impressed with what he's been doing. It's been basic, you know? He's meant yeah. to be the ne- his second coming. He's meant to be Jesus fucking Christ. And what are you doing, you know? You're getting hit with an elbow. That's what you're doing, mate. <laughs> Tell you what, when Adam Cole versus McIntyre, I do not favour Adam Cole's chances. <laughs> Oh, I favour Eric Young's chances. Oh, and Eric Young running full fashion. Oh, oh a lovely neck breaker. Come on, Eric Young. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what we need. We <laughs> need to stop getting distracted by O'Reilly and Fish. And Adam Cole. Oh, very impressive by Eric Young. Flipping over the top rope, running to the next corner. Adam Cole looking to get up there with him, but gets pushed off by Young. Oh, no. And then O'Reilly and Fish. 
distracting them. Oh, and now Wolf and Dane fighting fish and O'Reilly. Well, they've seen more than enough. Eric Ad- Young's up top. Adam Cole's in the prone position for the elbow drop. Eric Young's going to get the victory. No, oh. he's not. He takes out O'Reilly and fish instead. Oh, my God. And now all these men are down at <laughs> Nicky Cross cheering that. Eric Young goes in to finish off Adam Cole. Oh, oh who runs and hits him with a lariat. No, calf kick, wasn't it? Oh, whatever it was. Whatever Adam it Cole was. steals a victory. Oh, my God. And Sanity come running in, but Cole, like I said, running away. And look at him. He thinks he's so... He pleased with himself. He did nothing. And Fish... Oh, fish, oh, Fish and O'Reilly there. Walking away Adam Cole. And I am not impressed. This is the Undisputed Era. We see more impressive matches when O'Reilly and Fish went against Alistair Black. Oh, no, we didn't. No shit. <laughs> oh, my. Well, Eric Young there. I think the story of the match is Eric's young decision, rather than to put Adam Cole away, than to dive on Sanity and Fish and O'Reilly. When I didn't think he had to. And there he goes. You see the, um, the end there. With... Well, you know, it just goes to show he's a team player. Unlike Adam Cole, who didn't bother helping his fucking... Other friends when they was in jeopardy, but he decided to take out their ugly O'Reilly and the smelly few. Yeah, I know, but what did you think of the the match? It was more about the rivalry than an actual match, I think. Yeah, I don't think you're exactly right. I think there wasn't a lot. If Adam Cole's looking to impress, he didn't in this one. A couple of sleepers for Eric Young. I think Eric Young showed a little bit of fire, but again, that mistake he made uh, comes back to it, and we are definitely not over when it comes to sanity versus Undisputed Era. But we are finished with this episode. I think this is a really strong episode this week, Dan. We had Sullivan versus Lorcan. Because <laughs> Roderick's in it. No, no, I mean, I mean, the episode we just watched. We had Lorcan versus Sullivan. We had yeah. Ono versus Eichner. And we've just had this. I mean, for an hour of TV, I think, I, I, I would say it's probably one of my favourite hours that I've seen because it just kept kept going, kept going. But we're going to keep going because we move on to the next episode, which is NXT 414, and it's October the 4th. 414 on October the 4th. Yep. Well, after a video on the title match main event, Ronaldo starts off the show by offering a Lance Russell tribute by welcoming us to the wild and woolly world of Ruby Riot. A riot started alone and worked this as a handicap match for most of it, with Peyton mocking her and telling her to tag a non-existent partner. Haven't we seen this before, Dan? I think we have. Yes. Anyway, what happened next? Uh, Cross showed up after Ruby barely kicks out of a pinfall by Kay. Oh. She reluctantly but willingly tagged Nikki this time after a flurry of offence from Santa's Scottish psycho. Riot tagged herself in, hit a double drop kick to lead to the end. Well, there we go. That was it. Uh, well, not a, not a bad match, but I mean, we have we have seen exactly that before. Did we get a flashback to last Sullivan's match with only Lorcan last week? And that sets up Christy St. Cloud interview with Sullivan. She asks about Danny Birch challenging for <laughs> challenge. Danny she talks about Danny Birch challenging challenging him for next week. And Lars says, doesn't say he has an uncontrollable rage. He's always in control. He advises Birch to try and control his fear heading into the match. So Danny Birch, <laughs> one of our own new favourites now, is going to try and challenge Lars Sullivan next week. Ah, uh, well, there's a shot of Roderick Strong warming up backstage, getting ready for the main event. And Nigel McGuinness says, Roddy's been preparing for this moment all his life. 
Well, we see Zelina Vega is on the phone when the media they ask about general manager William Regal giving Johnny Gagano a rematch next week. She says she knew Johnny wasn't over his bust-up with Tommaso Ciampa. So she played him like a puppet master. Played the little strings. But she'd never touched him. Almas will beat him fair and square again. And then Andre wants a title shot. Oh, and then we get another flashback to last week's main event. As Marwell tells us, we'll be getting Sanity versus Undisputed Era. Six-man tag <laughs> in two weeks. Yeah, so we're going to have this on NXT update. This pump, I told you. I love NXT. But anyway... Next match, Alistair Black versus Leo Rush. Well, we've mentioned the signing of the 22-year-old Leo Rush, and it would be great to see him in action versus your man, Dan. Rush now coming to the ring. This young man going to go against Alistair Black. He might be in serious trouble, but I think he'll be all right. Well, he's certainly not rushing to the ring. (laughs) He's taking his sweet ass time. Fucking response he gets. (laughs) Well, I don't have fireworks anymore, but I haven't skimped on the fog machine. It's amazing how he can do that as well. That's mental, isn't it? Go from laying down to standing up. And he sits where he wants. Oh, wait a minute. Velveteen Dream taking out Leo Rush. What the hell is this? Alistair Black's not going to help him. He's just standing there. (laughs) Well, he can't believe what's happened. And Velveteen Dream is pointing at Black. Oh. Gyrating his hips. That's the ultimate insult. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh. The height he gets on that big elbow. My God. Look at the Velveteen Dream. He's down just staring at Alistair Black, daring him to get in the ring. I bet he'd like him in the ring. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Well, he sits where he wants, but at the moment, Velveteen Dream's got the ring. And as Alistair Black makes his way into the ring, Dream walks out of it. Well, he sent a message though to Alistair Black saying, have I got your attention now? And obviously... He still doesn't look like he has, really. Alistair Black doesn't look bothered. Like you said, didn't come out. Didn't come out to help. And uh, Velveteen. Velveteen Dreams, yeah. He's saying, what's my name, Alistair Black? Acknowledge me. And Black's just sitting where he wants. Next up, it's time for the NXT debut of Kari Sane. The winner of the May Young Classic and the first person qualified for NXT TakeOver. She will be going against the liar or... Numph. <laughs> Well, Maro announces our first women's title qualifier match is next week. Oh. Featuring Nikki Cross versus Liv Morgan versus Peyton Roy. But Nigel reminds us that Gagana Elmas 2 will also take place next week. But let's have a look at the uh, Pirate Princess. I'm surprised she's not coming out carrying that big-ass trophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dragging it to the ring. As we see the Pirate Princess out here. Anybody that's never seen Kari Sane before... On NXT, and this is their first time, would you explain to them what she's all about? She's a very impressive in-ring athlete. She beat what would have won the May Young Classic final, Shania Baszler. My pick. That's not about oh, that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, not about it's not about you. It ain't all about that, is it? ain't all about that. <laughs> Fucking ain't all about you. But, yeah. But, um, no, you know, she's very impressive in the May Young Classic. She had probably four of the best five matches from the whole tournament. And now she's going against Nymph. Yeah, so we'll see how this match goes. But like I say, uh, just a great wrestler. Really, really impressed. Didn't have a four out of five star match. Uh, the May Young Classic. And, you know, I don't want people to say it's similar to Oscar. She is completely different. Completely different personality and completely different wrestler. 
As, uh, so don't get confused with that. As we see, Sane, oh, just knocking Numpf down. I mean, if Numpf manages to get the pin, I can see how many times I can say Numpf in this. If Numpf can beat Sane in this match, maybe she deserves a place. Like talked about maybe the, Numpf deserves a place. Yeah, maybe Numpf deserves a place. And it's the takeover. Oh, and a lovely spinning backbreaker from Numpf. <laughs> it's got, oh no. Oh, Numpf goes for the cover, but Kari Sane kicks out of Numpf's pin attempt. Numpf. Uh, Numpf. <laughs> What's Numpf going to do now? Oh, oh. snapmare takedown by Numpf. <laughs> a kick to the back from Numpf. Oh, still kicking by Numpf now. Looking to put Sane away. Oh, oh. a lovely snapmare. And now to for cover. Oh. But uh, Kari Sane manages to kick out of Numpf's pin attempt. Ah, Numpf. And now Numpf got an Irish whip. Sane and I tell you what, here, a liar has been in control past couple of minutes and now look at this wearing her down backbreaker maybe even a submission and welcome to NXT that's what Numpf is saying to Sane oh, oh. oh but Sane's managing to respond with a couple of knees head <laughs> well you can't knee Numpf you know Sane's saying this is what she can do oh, oh but Numpf was in the corner Sane come running in Numpf moved out of the way and charged at the back of Sane and now Sane is in trouble and lovely combination here by Numph. Must be five or six strikes and a huge uppercut. Uh-oh. Oh, but Kari Sane with a spear takedown says, I'm not one to be fucked with. And Two. Now, listen, oh. Oh. But Numph managing to kick out. Ah. <laughs> Numph back up with a chop by Sane. Sending it all the way back now to the corner. And we usually see the flying spear. And what is... Sane's weapon of choice now. Oh, yes. A big diving elbow. She's marching to the opposite corner. Uh Uh-oh. Oh! Running spear into the corner. Numps down onto her backside. Oh! Oh, Running in with a clothesline. Is she going to set her up for the elbow? She looks ready for it. Kari Sane ain't fucking about. And I think she is going to end... Numph <laughs> in this match. I mean, Numph's been impressive, but here comes Sane off the top. Boom. One, One two, two, three. And even though she took a bit of punishment in the beginning of it, a fairly easy victory for Kari Sane over Numph. Yes. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Numph was impressive, but Sane showing her class there. And saying, setting a statement for anybody in NXT, she's going to be at NXT TakeOver. Who will be the other three? Like I said, we're going to find out who one of these women are next week. But saying, still got to be my favourite at this point. But we're focusing now on the next match. Match is the main event for the evening, Dan. And it is for the NXT Championship. My man, Drew McIntyre versus Roderick Strong. Who are you favouring this one, Dan? McIntyre. Yeah, i got to say, Drew, not only because he dwarfs Roderick Strong, but only holding on for the title, uh, only winning the title back at NXT TakeOver, I feel he's going to have a longer reign. But Roderick Strong, don't forget, the reason he got here, because he beat Bobby Roode, didn't he, to send Bobby Roode packing from NXT. Uh, but I'm not really a huge fan of Roderick Strong. What's your thinking of Strong? Yeah, you know, he's not really done much to impress me. You know, I don't know what he is, what he's about. He, he does it all for family. Yeah, I mean, this is what we've seen, isn't it? It's about family. And when Bobby Roode mentioned the family, then he got upset by that. But is he there for the NXT title? You know, he's got um, 
been uh, been around now for a little while in NXT. Has he made that big of an impact? I mean, these are the questions. It's like for me, Adam Cole weren't that impressive. We're strong, yeah. I know he likes a backbreaker, but do I really think he's a threat to Drew McIntyre? I think we're going to get a lot of answers here. I mean, if you do keys to victory, what does Roderick Strong have to do if he wants to pull one out? Um, he needs to find a body part of McIntyre's and just work it over for the entirety of the match. He's not going to win a power game. No. You know, he's got no advantages over McIntyre in pretty much any aspect of this game. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, like you say, even uh, the kind of speed of McIntyre's, he's deceptively... He's surprisingly quick, especially for a big man with McIntyre. Aye, aye. Aye, no, no, no. He's going to wear Roger Strong. I think the problem with McIntyre may be a little bit overconfidence creeping in, you know, because we've seen this new McIntyre fucking hell. As he just throws <laughs> Roderick Strong for ring to the other. He literally threw the man <laughs> out. That is freakish strength by the Scotsman, the current NXT champion. I mean, you don't need to make... The problem is, though, overconfidence on making a mistake. Can't let Roderick Strong think he's got a chance in Well, this you one. know, he's not making a mistake by diving through the ropes, setting him up for a potential miss. He walks out of the ring... Walks round and he, you know, dominates him on the outside as well as the inside. Yeah, that's that's true. And he's just dropped him on that barricade there. McIntyre having uh, an easy time at the moment, and that I don't mind that. You know, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But you got to think maybe McIntyre's a little bit distracted. <laughs> Not only he's got Roger Strong to focus on, the undisputed era have been uh, cackling in the background, haven't they? You know, so well I think they've got their hands full with Sanity at the moment. So you know they're going to be out of uh, Drew McIntyre's. Beard hair. Yeah, I, I think that'd be all right. But, oh, my God. Roderick Strong there with a knee off the ring apron, taking down the much larger Drew McIntyre. And that's how you cut a big man down to size. Yeah, McIntyre in a little bit of trouble. Oh, my God. Roderick Strong drops McIntyre back first onto the steps. He might have just ended Drew McIntyre's career there. My God. What are you doing, Strong? But it's probably Strong's disadvantage. He's got to get McIntyre in. And pin him. You can't win by count out, even though McIntyre's back might be broken. But are Roderick Strong, uh, is Roderick Strong a worthy challenger to the NXT title? Does McIntyre deserve to be a part of the Undisputed Era and he, you know, go somewhere else with it, you know? Well, you know, answering your question, is Roderick Strong a worthy title contender? He beat Bobby Roode, a former heavyweight champion. Yeah. I, I so, oh, well, sorry, a former NXT champion. Yes. So, you know... <laughs> He's one of only a few people to do that in NXT. I think this is just a match to keep McIntyre busy. And, you know, in the next coming weeks, we're going to start building towards NXT TakeOver. Yeah, exactly. So then we'll see the the whole picture. Uh, At the moment, Roderick Strong is doing the best thing he can do and just trying to keep McIntyre down. But McIntyre's just so big. When he gets up to a normal stance, that's a disadvantage for Strong. You know, you talk about reach advantage. You talk about... Just general size, being able to get to the ropes. And power as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> Roderick ain't that strong. He's not. And as we've seen, he likes the backbreaker, but he struggles with a bigger man. Ah, he's a Ma- big man. As McIntyre sends him into the turnbuckle, getting his breath back. Of course, he's feeling a lower back. I mean, then that move on the stairs would have finished any normal man's career. And yet McIntyre's back to his feet. Oh, and he's trying to take out Strong. Runs in with a big splash. Throws him to the opposite corner, splashes him again, but jumps to the outside. I did this before, off the top. Caught with a drop kick from Roderick. A strong Goes trying to get cover. cover. Two. You know, you get it like oh. that. But McIntyre managing to kick out. Uh, 
Strong showing his aggressive nature here. Just beating down Drew McIntyre. I don't like this. I don't like this, Strong. Strong trying to get the bigger man up to his show on his show. McIntyre manages to power out. Oh, I told you he'd struggle with that, but oh, Strong using elbows there on Drew. Oh, knocks him to the mat. Manages to uh, alleviate some pressure and just throws Strong again in a suplex. If we talk about exciting wrestlers, you know, I mean, with Drew McIntyre, the moves he used aren't boring. Do you know what I mean? They, they look... They look He's changed his move set now from what he used to have to kind of more power, and I think he it seems well. he seems like a, a more talented Brock Lesnar. Oh, that's uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, that. like not a bit like Brock Lesnar was in his earlier days. Yeah, because of... you know Brock Lesnar, he, he had a good match against Kurt Angle, going toe to toe with him, move for move. But now all you see is him doing about six to ten. Suplexes, hits an F5, and that's the match over. Brock Lesnar cannot be hurt. We've, we've seen already in this match, McIntyre has been hurt, but now he's coming back. And the clothesline's too strong. Oh, fuck. A strong again, fighting back, kick to the midsection, and a couple of chops and elbows of his own. Oh. McIntyre nipping up as strong goes to run the ropes. <laughs> Hits him with a big boot, and this it could be it. Is he setting him up for the Claymore kick? Yeah, this is my a man. Claymore. There's my man, Drew McIntyre. He got knocked down twice in this match. I wondered why. One was for a nip-up and one was because he was playing possum. Hello, possums. And now he's Irish ripped strong into the corner. Hit him with a big boot. <laughs> he's got him. Oh! An Alabama slam from right over the shoulders. Oh. Two. Oh. oh. But Roddy managing to kick out. Oh. And this has been a great match. And McIntyre now looking to finish off Roderick Strong with a future shock. No. Strong manages to fight out, spin himself out of it and deliver a knee to the midsection. Oh. McIntyre comes oh. in and he gets a flurry of kicks from Strong, sending uh -oh. him rocking on his feet. No! Angle slam! Oh. Get the shoulder, hook the leg! One, two, oh! oh. And McIntyre manages to kick out. Uh. But Strong looks like he's trying to give it his all. McIntyre is in serious trouble at the moment. I don't think I've seen him this frocked yet since he's arrived in NXT. And Roderick Strong just might be walking out of an NXT champion if he could put Drew McIntyre away. He just said and done, though. Oh, look at McIntyre's strength. Powering out of it. Goes oh. for the clothesline. Strong ducks it. Goes low. Takes a big man's legs out. Oh! He gets caught in a sit-out powerbomb. McIntyre goes for the cover. Oh, but Strong again managing to kick out. Ah. McIntyre getting frustrated now. He can't put Strong away. Strong showing his uh, toughness and tenacity. 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 So is Strong starting to impress you? Is he starting to go up in your estimations? Most, I'll tell you something, he most definitely is. I've not seen McIntyre this troubled, and Strong is bringing it here. But this might be the end now. It's good, but now McIntyre... Yeah, this is over. He's He's got Strong up. Oh, but Strong with the backside, looking for a powerbomb, but oh, a big punch to the face <laughs> from Drew McIntyre. Yep. Sends Strong off, but... Oh. One thing about Strong, he doesn't sell. I hope they've reinforced the ring because Drew McIntyre's looking set to collapse it. Oh! Superplex from Roderick Strong. <laughs> and do you know what? Even from the top row, Roderick Strong doesn't get McIntyre as far as McIntyre gets him from the ring mat. <laughs> That's true. McIntyre looks massive. I don't know if it's just because everybody else in NXT is quite small, but he's like an eighth of the ring. Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> When he's on the top there and he fell down, it didn't look that impressive because he's just, he's so huge. 
It does actually look like he roly-poly from the top rope. His yeah. head wasn't higher than the bottom rope, uh, the top rope. Anyway, <coughs> Roderick Strong looking to finish off Drew McIntyre. And this is make your dreams come true. saying, come on, maybe the last chance of a valiant champion. Both men exchanging chops and Drew McIntyre is calling Strong on. He's saying, come on, hit me. Come on, hit me. <laughs> hit me. <laughs> oh, here we go. Look at these men. This is a slobber knocker, Dan. Oh. oh, but Strong gets the upper hand with a knee to the midsection. Oh, no. Double underhook powerbomb. Oh. One, two. Oh. oh. But Drew McIntyre managing to kick out. Oh, my God. Roderick Strong is getting closer and closer every time. McIntyre is taking longer and longer to get the shoulder up. Delivers a big head, but I think it takes as much out of him as it did out of Strong. That's called the Glasgow kiss. And McIntyre there. Delivers a Glasgow kiss. <laughs> Sent Strong in. We're going to get an end to this. I've and the longer this, the longer this match goes on, the more Scottish James <laughs> gets. Uh, McIntyre looking to put away Roderick Strong for the NXT title. McIntyre on his knees on the canvas, picking Strong up. Look at that power. Deadlifting Roderick Strong. He's and he's carrying yet. him up to the top rope. <laughs> oh, Strong's yet. in trouble. And he's got him. Well, that looked like a... I was going to say an Irish curse backbreaker. A Scottish curse backbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> going for the cover. Oh! And Roddy Strong manages to get his foot on the bottom rope to break up the count. Oh, he's going to claim more than his title if he wins this match. Yeah, stomping the ground. Here we go. Strong in trouble. Oh, oh. but runs in with a knee. Takes out McIntyre. Oh, oh, and a second knee, but can't get a big man off his feet. Well, McIntyre's in trouble. Oh, a third knee to the head, and he's got him now. Oh, oh slams him to the mat. That didn't look pretty. Roderick Strong, he's got left. He's oh my god, he wants McIntyre to get back to his feet. Oh, a running big boot to the face of McIntyre. This is it. That's Two. a sick kick. Oh, oh my god, McIntyre kicks out. That's <laughs> strong hit. The sick kick. I could. I was. I was just about to walk out, I was. Of his own home. <laughs> oh my god, I was going to walk down the fucking road. Enough. And McIntyre now struggling because he's on his way to the outside. He doesn't want any of this. He knows he's in serious trouble. And Roger Strong going out in the apron to follow him. Come on, Drew. Oh, both oh. men fighting in a very precarious position. Roderick Strong with a knee to the head. Knocks McIntyre off the apron. Oh, here comes Strong. Follows oh. it up. But, oh, McIntyre catches him. Oh, throws him back first into the ring post. Oh, my God. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, Strong, do you like them apples? It throws Roderick Strong in. Oh, man, he likes his backbreakers. I think he may have had his back <laughs> broken. Oh, oh, and McIntyre's not finished because he's going to look. Future Shock DDT. It's not as good as the Dirty Dates. Oh, Future Shock DDT. Bang. Roderick Strong. And McIntyre looking at Strong and saying... I'm not done with you yet, pal. I'm sorry. I love you. Oh, no, sorry. That was uh, HBK, Ric Flair. He said, oh, fuck you. I don't want it to. Roger Strong, ever defiant. Just like Ric Flair was. Says to McIntyre, do it Claymore kick. One, One two, two, three. Bang. One, two, three. You want a defending champion to have an excellent match and look, like, uh, look great whilst letting his opponent look great as well. I think we found one in Drew McIntyre. Dan, what do you think of the match? Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. Um, 
I think Strong's gone up a bit more in my estimation. He was a lot better in this match than he was when he faced uh, Bobby Roode, even yeah, though he yeah. beat him. Your favourite guy, he beat Bobby Roode. Yeah, I know he, he beat, beat Bobby Roode. He saying. came very close but to beat... But Strong looked very good in the last like five minutes of that match. I think with this one, they went toe-to-toe, didn't they? You know. Yeah, um, you know, again, I think Strong's got a bit of a problem with selling. Drew McIntyre, you know, he was selling great. Strong, not so much. I mean, even after he was powerbombed into that ring, but still looking a bit like he was getting up again. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you there. I mean, Strong, still got to get work. I mean, don't get me wrong. He can have great matches, like kind of independency and stuff like this, but with WWE, he got kind of... He was doing it a little bit in that match where you're trying to get the crowd, you know, involved in it as well. And that mess that you entered Drew was like, you know, if you're going to put me down, put me down. It kind of... It was fair play to him that it took... Not only, like we say, uh, Future Shock DDT, but also to get Strong down. But I think that is Roderick done now for the NXT title scene. You know, I don't think he deserves, as McIntyre is champion, I think McIntyre proved that he's a bit better, bigger, stronger man. And uh, I think it's going to take a lot for someone to take the NXT title off Drew McIntyre. I thought he was very impressive in that match, you know? Aye. So, as we see the replays, that is it for this week's show. Uh, but no, fantastic, and this is what it's all about, you know. If they can do this, have the NXT wait a minute. McIntyre's getting to his feet, and are we going to see a sign of respect now by both men? Well, these are both faces, I believe. Well, they are. Roderick Strong, we've seen what he's like with family. McIntyre, of course. McIntyre, so- well, he's nodding in Strong's direction, saying, "Hey, put up a good fight, kid." Was it going to be a rumble or is it going to be a handshake? Well, after that match, I would love to see a sign of respect. And look at McIntyre, the champion, extending the hand. Will Roderick Strong accept? That's nice. Yes, he does. Oh, is he saying this isn't over? McIntyre saying, any time, anywhere, pal. I do you. But what a great match. What a great way to end. A t- That's what you want to see after a great championship match, isn't it? You know, sign of respect by each man saying, yes, that's what it's all about. Roderick Strong has gone up, in my estimation now, after that performance, I'll be interested to see what happens to him, you know, because uh, fair play to him. He put up a hell of a fight, but McIntyre is the NXT champion. Look at that sight, Dan. Look at that right there. You see that? Why are you pointing at his penis? You see, sorry, the, NXT, the thing next to the NXT title. Uh, oh. What? And Adam the Cole, undisputed era coming out. Adam Cole put his hand or his arm around Roger Strong. He should be the champion, they're saying to him. What's this about? Are they trying to recruit another member to their uh, already awful squad? No, they said... Well, they called Roderick Strong Mr. Ring of Honor before. Of course, these three gentlemen come for Ring of Honor. And Roderick Strong there... Have they said something to him that might have changed his mind? Look at McIntyre. What the fuck's going on down there, you prick? What's it, Strong? Looking at McIntyre. McIntyre shakes his head and... And what does that mean, Dan, for the Undisputed Era, Roger Strong, Drew McIntyre, and the NXT title? My God. Well, I'm sure we'll find out more in the next coming episodes, James. And that's it for this one. We do move on to the third episode. So we move on to our third episode, and it's NXT 415, 11th of October. And here we are. It's another pretty big show this week, as we have a TakeOver Brooklyn rematch with Johnny Gagano versus Andre Cien Almas. The other big story continues to beat versus the Undisputed Era, with Drew McIntyre watching over the whole thing. 
Roderick Strong is the other factor. As the undisputed era seem interested in adding him to their ranks. Well, let's get to it. We open with a look at Oscar vacating the women's title and the process to crown a new number one contender. Well, that is our first match. It's Peyton Royce versus Liv Morgan versus Cross and a woman. Sorry, who? Peyton Royce, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross. This could be an interesting matchup. Uh, and we're going to find out who's going to be the second woman in the fatal four-way at takeover. I mean, Dan, who's your favourite in this one? Oh, it's either Peyton Royce or Liv Morgan. <laughs> Don't <laughs> Nikki Cross. Well, Nikki's cross, but she looks quite happy at the moment. She gets a good, <laughs> good ovation from the crowd. Well, she's certainly scaring the shit out of the iconic duo. Yeah. And, of course, Liv Morgan, we have seen her before in NXT. Might be a big opportunity to get to takeover. And, of course, it's the dancing ref officiating. <laughs> yeah. She's had a nice haircut. Well, here we go. It's going to be interesting to see which way it goes. Peyton Royce in there. And her and Nikki Cross face. <laughs> but Liv Morgan say, don't forget about me in this match. <laughs> Both women want to get their hands on Peyton Royce when they should really be ganging up on Nikki Cross. Yeah. Oh, Nikki Cross has got Liv Morgan's arm. <laughs> <laughs> it just drags her towards Peyton Royce, taking her out of the Royal Rumble. Oh. Cross looks to roll up Morgan, but she rolls through. Oh. Takes, that, takes her down with a lovely head scissors. Oh. And Matrix is her way out of a clothesline attempt from Cross. Oh, nice jump in the second rope there. But Peyton Royce back in. Oh, Step up in Siguri for her from Liv Morgan. And Cross just comes in like a woman possessed. <laughs> grabbing her by the hair and bouncing her head off the ring, am- ring mat. <coughs> Nikki Cross got to be one of my favourite wrestlers to watch. She is crazy. Like I said, all time. And now she's got Liv Morgan. Second turnbuckle. <laughs> Well, bouncing her head off two of the top turnbuckles. And now she's just jumped on her back and she's got a sleeper locked in. And she's not even got the arm underneath. She's just trying to break her face. Now she's trying to apply it properly. Liv Morgan trying to get out of it. That's the Scottish sleeper. <laughs> yeah. She should team up with Drew McIntyre. Can't get Nicky Cross <laughs> off. Oh, stick Wolfgang in there as well. You've got your Scottish squad. Here comes Peyton Royce. Ooh. Looking for a spinning heel kick, but both Liv Morgan and Nicky Cross duck. And she crimps the crossbody, the pair of them. And now they got her. Oh, oh and just dump her to the mat. Peyton goes for the pin, but Liv realises, saying no. It's crazy at the moment. <laughs> Cross to the outside, though. Now it's Peyton Royce and Liv Morgan face-to-face. And will we see one of the iconic Joe at takeover? Liv getting caught up in the second rope there. Knee to the chest. And now she, uh, Peyton Royce has got her tied up in all sorts of uh, trouble over the ropes. It's like a version of the tarantula and the referee saying well I can't disqualify you I can just watch it <laughs> does she just like dig her nails into her belly and just drag her straight <laughs> off of Liv Morgan yep that's Nikki Cross for you and if it goes in a triple threat match why isn't Billy Kay getting involved then oh, Billy Kay scared of Nikki and that was Peyton Royce then throwing Liv Morgan in harm's way didn't really help her out though did it because Nikki Cross <laughs> <laughs> still got her Get an angry Nicky Cross. Oh, and there's Billy Kay up in the apron, knocked <coughs> down. It's basically three on one. Look at these forearms. Beating down Liv Morgan in the corner. Oh. So who do you think is going to win this match then? You can't bet against Nicky Cross, can you? She headbutts Peyton Royce down. Double leg takedown and she's bouncing off the mat again. Morgan comes in to break the two up. But then she just gets a cross <laughs> body from Cross. And Nicky's... Just on one. Well, Nikki's looking to 
put away maybe Liv Morgan. Net breaker. Oh, lovely swing net breaker there. Liv Morgan managing to kick out. Ah. And credit to her. We've really discredited her in this match, really. But she might be the underdog. But can she get the upset win? At the moment, she's been put on the top rope. This is not good for Liv Morgan. Peyton Royce comes to break things up. Throws Nikki Cross across the ring by her. And Morgan, with her legs astride, trying to fight off Peyton Royce. But she makes her way out to the top rope. Easy, Tiger. Peyton Royce now. Going to go take Liv Morgan for a ride. But both women trying to fight off the other. Here comes Nikki Cross. Oh, boom. Oh. Takes them both down. Well, powerbomb to Peyton Royce, who was suplexing Liv Morgan at the time. And now Nikki, surely. Don't call me Shirley. Just has to go to the cover to get the victory. And what the hell is this? Tayara Conte. Tayara Conte, who was in the May Young Classic that we saw. And she's come out here at the moment and... Oh, she's just taken out Nikki Cross's legs. Oh. Gets met with a forearm. Roll up by Royce. Two. Oh. Oh. But Cross managing to kick out. Ah, So the Undisputed Era has come out here and they're going to try and cost Nikki Cross a chance. Well, she is a member of Sanity, James. Don't forget that. Uh, And they are in a bit of a bit of a conundrum with the Undisputed Era. That is true. And Nikki Cross got the net break of Peyton Royce, but Liv Morgan... Breaks it up, but to use Tanara Conte, I mean, is she part of the Undisputed Era now? I mean, what are they doing? And Nikki Cross, oh! With a lovely swinging suplex there on Liv Morgan. That's it. One, two. Oh, but oh. Conte pulling Nikki Cross off. Oh, my God. And you that, don't want to poke the bear. That might have been the biggest mistake. Look at the eyes. <laughs> you fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, what have you done, Conte? And Nikki Cross... Go. Chasing her around the ring. Go on, beat her up. Get that oh, harm's way. Oh, a spinning heel kick. And now Peyton. Oh, Fisher, Fisher Woman suplex. Free. <laughs> oh, my God. And Peyton Royce is the winner. And, and, and this is the thing that I understand. They've been, they've been overshadowing NXT. This should have been all about who's going through to the, the, the Fatal 4-Way. And yet Undisputed Era made it all about themselves. Bringing out Tanara Conte, who was, wasn't was needed out here to cost Nikki Cross. Peyton gets the victory. I mean, I'm shocked, Dan. How do you feel about that? I'm pissed off. I mean, it means Nikki Cross now will not be at TakeOver. Thanks to what the Undisputed Era have done. Will she get another chance though, James? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. And NXT, anything's possible. I mean, this is not fair. Regal, Mr. Regal needs to look at this and kind of sort it out. I thought she had a beat then when she was rolling her up, but the Undisputed Era will, st- will stoop to any levels, won't they, you know? They're going to screw McIntyre out of his title, aren't they? Oh, my. If they do, if they do, you mark my words. Mark my words. It's like another Jinder Mahal and the fucking Singh brothers. It's, it's, it's disgusting, isn't it? Is it really? It's It's... It shouldn't be allowed, and yet it is here in NXT. And uh, I, for one, am standing up against the Undisputed Era at the moment. Peyton Royce is through. I didn't think it was a bad match, but I think overshadowed by the fact of what you know of what just happened here. I think it's a, it's a disgrace. As I, and I, we try to move on. Well, after last week's attack, Leo was looking for some revenge, and we finally see him debut. And it is Leo Rush. Going against Velveteen Dream. Here we go. Yeah, like I said, the attack from the Velveteen Dream. What do you think of Velveteen Dream, Dan? I don't like him. I think he's a fucking idiot. But more importantly, we've got Jessica Carr in the ring. Oh, yes, Jess Carr. The NXT, uh, partly my young classic now. Hopefully a fixture of NXT. Look at Leo Rush slapping the taste. 
out of Velveteen Dream. I'll tell you what, Leo Rush is, as we said last week, it was going to be great to see him to perform. So quick and agile. Jesus Christ, son. <laughs> I want him in 205 Live. <laughs> well, he's in NXT. Leo Rush backs Velveteen Dream up. A clothesline, quick as a hiccup, would be the old JR expression. Oh, But Velveteen God. Dream, the power of him just throws Rush into the corner and it looks like he's uh, broken his spine as he drags him back into the ring by his hair. God. Pulls him in for a short arm clothesline. Well, Velveteen Dream wants Alistair Black's kind of validation, doesn't he? He wants him to be acknowledged, wants him to know his name. He's sending a message by beating up Leo Rush. Well, you brought Alistair Black's name up. I don't think we see him out here because Alistair Black just doesn't acknowledge him, does he? No, he, he doesn't care about the Velveteen Dream. I think, right, this is just a one-way rivalry at the moment. And uh, unfortunately for Leo Rush, he seems to be on the losing end of this rivalry, uh, being attacked last week and now. Dream. I mean, I'm not well, sure. Well, I think Leo Rush got off easy because, you know, to be beaten down by <laughs> Velveteen Dreams better than being beaten down by Alistair Black. I suppose you're right. Velveteen Dream slaps him. I mean, be interesting to see... How the Velveteen Dream does. He's, he's had a lot of airtime recently. Oh, but Rush with the cheeky roll-up. And Jessica Carr only counting the two. Two. Leo Rush what a DDT. The upset. My God, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? Just <laughs> No, there's only one thing that comes out of nowhere, oh, James. I was we Leo, know that. Leo Black's so quick. I was about to say Velveteen Dream. has got to be impressive in this match. Looks to be taken out by Leo Rush. Big right hand by the Dream. <laughs> and he's got Rush up. Oh. It's like a nephew, but rolls through. And now Velveteen Dream, we've seen him hit this elbow off the top. Oh! Oh! Well, he did go off the top. He springboarded from the second rope to the top. Takes out Leo Rush for the second week in a row. But you've got to say, that's impressive by the Velveteen Dream there. Meh. Is there anything to worry Aster Black? No? Well, I, I, I feel there might be. Oh, and now Leo Look. Rush mocking... <laughs> The great Alistair Black by sitting in the ring. Dream. You don't sit where you want. Yeah, Velveteen Dream sitting in the ring there, mocking Black. But will we see altercation? Like you said, Black doesn't care. But I don't know. Mind games might work. And great athleticism here by Velveteen Dream. Yeah, but to be honest, in this match, I was more impressed by Leo Rush. Yeah, well, we've seen a few impressive performances on NXT Update this month. And Leo Rush is definitely one of them to add to the list. And look at that, again, sitting there. All right, so up next, as we see, Mario Renard, McGuinness and Percy Jackson. Percy Watson here. We're going to get to our next match, which is Lars Sullivan versus Danny Birch. And Danny Birch, straight off the bell, goes up and slaps the taste out of Lars Sullivan's mouth. We saw but, Sullivan... Sorry, go on. But we, we saw Andy Larkin doing that, and he yeah. just pissed off the big man. <laughs> yeah, but Birch might have a different strategy here. Oh. And there's not a hair in the ring. No. <laughs> we talk about earlier Andy Larkin... Uh, being in the science lab, I think Danny Birch more than anybody. Indeed. I shall call him Mini-Me, but Danny Birch is a veteran. Well, Danny Birch had only Larkin equals Lars Sullivan, I think. Yeah, well... Throwing a bit oh, of a referee as well. Sullivan there, just running right through Danny Birch. And we saw the wars with Birch and Larkin, and now we've seen the wars with the Sullivan getting involved. And look, he's going to rip the head off of Danny Birch. And he looks like he's going to shit down his throat. <laughs> this is raw power here. No, this is NXT power. This is disgusting. Oh, I'm surprised the Undisputed Era ain't coming down to this match and making it all about them. Oh, I think Sullivan would destroy, would beat the crap out of the whole Undisputed Era. I think they're no match for Lars Sullivan at the moment. I think that's why they're keeping their distance. 
This might be down the most dangerous man in NXT, Lars Sullivan. A delayed vertical suplex there from Sullivan. Birch looks seriously injured, and Lars Sullivan, the referee might have to step in here. They're shining coming off all three men's heads, though. Really off-putting in this match. Sullivan picking up Danny Birch, just walking around the ring with him. All but Birch with the backslide. Goes for a chop, but I think that's just anger in the beast. <laughs> oh, and a huge forearms by Birch. But just one huge clubbing blow by Sullivan. Absolutely caves in Danny Birch. And Sullivan looking to finish this now. Picking up Danny Birch. Oh. Wastelock slammed to the mat. One, three. Put a fork in Danny Birch. He's done. Well, I tell you something. We haven't seen as impressive specimen as Lars Sullivan in a long time in NXT. Easily dispatching Danny Burke. Well, is he proving that it was his tag team partners that was the problem and not him? <laughs> I think he is. I mean, he is. I mean, this guy might have a future if he keeps going on. He is a scary looking man, and his his performance been uh, even scarier. <laughs> and so then we get on to our next match, which is the Street Profits versus Damian Smith and Marcos Aspada. So local competitors. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, Ford shouts a lot and gyrates at Smith to start things off. The Profits waste no time in hitting the world's greatest tag teams or the Beverly Brothers, for you older fans. Jump over the back onto your opponent's back spot, but Ford heads outside to bark. Dawkins splashes Smith in the corner and it's a spine buster into the frog splash for the pin at 53 seconds. <laughs> yeah, the Prophets celebrate in the crowd as well. And uh, yeah, I've been done with before anybody could really get hurt. Uh, next week, it is Ember Moon versus Ruby Riot versus Sonya Deville. Title qualifying match, Dan. And also next week, James, we've got Sanity versus the Undisputed Era in a six-man tag. Uh, also next week is Sanity versus Undisputed Era in a six-man tag. Yeah, but that's not it for tonight, Dan, because we've still got the NXT TakeOver rematch. Johnny Gagano versus Cien. So we get a feeling that process to start as the announcers discuss what the name Johnny Wrestling means. It means that Johnny likes wrestling. Gagano grabs the front face look to slow Amos down, but they roll up to a standoff. An elbow and a shoulder have Johnny in some early trouble and Amos has a breather in the ropes. Gagano goes for the Gagano escape, but Almas gets to the ro- gets to the ropes and floor. Gagano with the chops and an Irish whip, but almost floats over. Pesis is followed by a drop kick for a near fall. Uh, Johnny Gagano then, with, well, Gagano with a wrist lock and he works on the arm using his shoulder. And he chops Almas, then he exchange slaps. Almas for the Irish whip and he puts Gagano in the ropes, but both men go to the apron. Almas for the knee and he sets up for a suplex on the apron, but Gagano with a knee to stop him. Almas with the boot to the head, followed by a neck breaker and an elevated clothesline to send Gagano to the apron. And then we go to a commercial. And now both men back in the ring exchanging CN over the top rope. And oh my God. Gagano there with a triangle. Yeah. Uh, sorry, CN with a triangle. CN's got Gagano, but he has to break before five. Gagano filling out here. Here comes Come on, CN. 3-11 boy. Oh. Well, exactly. Can a 3-11 boy get a victory? You already beat Gagano at takeover. Look at the cockiness though of CN. He's, he's just there with his... T- no respect as Vega looks on ringside. No relation to Savio. No, and he's wearing Dagagano. Of course, it was thanks to Vega that CN won the match at TakeOver. It went for the t-shirt of DIY getting involved. 
can go on and get some retribution here. See him wearing him down. Gagar, no way is he going to beat the 311 boy. Well, we talked about Roderick Strong earlier. You know, I'd, I'd rather see someone like Johnny Gagano in that spot. I think he's a lot likeable, you know. I think especially with DIY and afterwards. We'll see if he can be successful against CN. And he takes him down using the arm. But CN again, I've, I think he's quite underrated in, in the ring. I think he's really pulled it out the past few months. You know, someone who we thought maybe wouldn't last long. Now he's kind of gone a new direction. He looks a lot more dangerous, doesn't he, you know? Uh, he certainly does indeed, yes. I know, he's trying to exchange punches. He doesn't look that dangerous at the moment because Gagano's winning. <laughs> oh. He pushes him into the corner. Gagano lifts his boat, but Sien catches it and he gets caught with an insiguri. Gagano now pulling himself up to the top. Oh, but Sien there, as quick as you like, catching him with a chop. Gagano with a jumping arm breaker off the rope there onto Sien. Sets him up in the corner. And here comes Johnny. Oh, no. He gets tossed over the top rope. Sien running the ropes. Oh. Oh, oh my no, God. don't do that. He went for the spear, but Sien caught him with the DDT. Oh. But then Gagano lifts him over the rope, sends him to the outside. Oh, oh. and dives his way through. <laughs> uh, why did you say don't do that for? He's a 311 boy here in the DDT like Orton. Yeah, but he's not allowed to, though. <laughs> well, Vega screaming at Sien. Maybe that was a glancing blow by Johnny Gagano on the CN there. Maybe a bit of a mistake, but Johnny wants to do it for the fans as well, doesn't he? He loves the adulation of the crowd. I think he only hit a little bit of CN. Now Gagano going to come back in. Oh, swings through the ropes. <coughs> Gets caught in a waist lock, but backs CN up into the corner. Ooh. Runs into a boot, though, and both men seem very well spent. CN making sure that left arm works after Gagano's attack, of course, with a Gagano escape as well. But CN now is going to signal, or he's going to tell us he's going to go hit maybe the reverse DDT on Gagano. But Johnny. Fighting out. Yeah, fighting out. And, oh. Throws him over into a lovely powerbomb. Two. He's got him. Oh. Oh. CN with a kick out. Ah. Well, Gagano's going to wonder where, what's going to take to put Cien down. What's, what's that, that my, my squelchy love? What's <laughs> squelchy? <laughs> what's that my squelchy? Yeah. Johnny Gagano now picking up Cien. Going to run him into the turnbuckle. Oh, but Cien with the backslide throws Gagano stern and first into the buckle instead. Rolls him up, grabs the tights. Oh! Oh, but Johnny managing to kick out. Oh, that was beautiful wrestling exchange by the two men. And again... Going through it, the way they change it up, and Sien hits the German suplex. Ooh. Oh, he had the arms trapped as well by his side, but Johnny Wrestling managing to kick out uh, again. He, he, again, he's shown his strength and toughness there, and Sien might be getting frustrated, but Vega's making him concentrate, and Johnny's got all the heart in the world. We've seen this. I mean, it's, it's you know the lowest ebb at Takeover a few months back, not only losing the event but getting betrayed by Champa. Since they're not bound to find his feet, maybe he can, if he could just win this one, pushing CM back to the corner. Oh, my. Then we have a kick and lands on the apron. Well, as he's got his legs bent over the rope, he's kicking him to the back, sends him crashing to the outside. Oh, we thought CM was going to go for the leg sweep. Gagano jumps over the top and delivers a nice CN down to the wafer-thin mats below. Well, CN has been trying to concentrate on the arm of Gagano. But, you know, maybe going for the same move twice. Johnny had an easier escape for it. Both men seem to know each other quite well. Scarlett looks to put Sienna away now. 
Oh, my word. Big kick to the midsection. Oh, but Sien follows up with a big back elbow there, knocking Gagano's head off his shoulders. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, Sien's disguising his strikes as well. When it looks like he's going for kicks, he's going for strikes. Now Gagano's saying he can trade as well. Oh, my God. Big chop from Sien, but a super kick from Gagano. One, two. Oh, oh but Sien managing to kick out. Ah. And this is really heating up now. Johnny and Cien just exchanging huge blows here. And Gagano now going to go to the top. Going to hit offensive move with Cien. Oh. oh, pushes the referee into the ring ropes. Thus crutching Johnny Gagano on the top. Well, ref- slowing his momentum down. The referee said, why did you do it, Cien? He said, it was an accident. I didn't mean to. So then the referee can't disqualify him. Hi, G-G-G-I. I fell against the ropes. Exactly. That's, that's incredibly racist portray of Cien but it's more importantly Cien now I'm allowed to we're both born on the same day Cien now on the second rope looking to try and DDT the underhook DDT on Gagano off the top but Johnny's fighting this he's got to he's got no choice catches Cien with the strikes and now both men you can hear the slaps oh, Cien, uh, Gagano slapping the face of Cien Gagano made him flip inside out when he uh, clotheslined him Throws him headfirst into the top turnbuckle. Here we go, Gagano. Oh! oh! Flips him round. Oh, here we go, Gagano. Escape. There is no escape here for CN. Nothing he can do. Vega might scream and shout. Doesn't matter. There's nothing CN can do here. Oh, my God. Oh. He's showing the DIY T-shirt off again. And Vega wearing the T-shirt this time. Gagano saying, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me. Oh, and he wrenches <laughs> back on CN's neck. <laughs> but he's managing to get to the ring ropes. Oh, now Vega on the apron. Johnny, don't get distracted. He's Gagano. Few... Well, he's past. He's coming back to Hornham, isn't it? And Oh, no. CN's caught up. by a cheeky roll-up, too. Oh, but Johnny managing to kick out. Oh, going for the kick. But CN again rolling With the roll up. up. Oh, no. Powers him up. But a backslide from Johnny. One. Two. Oh. oh, but Cien rolls through. And Cien missing the clothesline. Wildly missing the clothesline. Catches a kick from Gagano. Now John. <laughs> Heads as a takedown, but Cien gets the better of that exchange and throws him into the bottom rope. We might have lost the tooth then. Here comes Cien. Oh. Double knees to the back as Gagano's face was on that bottom turnbuckle. He's going to go for a second one. And Gagano might be knocked out. My well, he looks out of it. God. Look at Vega ringside. CN picks up Gagano. Underhook DDT. Oh, oh, turns him inside out. One, two, three. My God. Oh, my. CN gets the victory over Johnny Gagano. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? I thought it was a bloody good match between the two. I mean, you know, uh, I think that's, that's the role of a Hills valet to... to the opponent, and it worked well. Yeah, and like we said, it's his, his pass still there, the DIY distraction, Johnny Gagano, and CN gets another victory over Johnny, which... To be honest, though, sorry to interrupt you, but I think I would have been more happy if when she displayed the shirt and he was wrenching back, that that was enough pressure to make CN tap yeah. out. But instead, it gave CN the chance to manage to roll to that bottom right. But like you say, it looks like Johnny has lost this survival with CN. But I think CN's definitely turned the corner. If you look at his performances in ring, I don't think he's had a bad match this year. 
And, no, he's, uh, uh, he's certainly improved tenfold. Exactly. And the good thing about it is that he's building up the victories now, isn't he? Another victory over someone well-liked on the roster, Johnny Gagano. Uh, but we do move on because we've got a lot to cover. Oh, that is it. That's, that's it. That's it. So that is it for this week's episode. Another great episode of NXT, Dan, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've all been very... Every week we've had a completely different main event and, you know, focusing on a different part of the story. Exactly, and the last NXT we're going to have, the main event will be the Undisputed Era versus Sanity. <laughs> so let's get started with that. So it is NXT 416, the 18th of October. Well, after a quick hype video, the usual intro video, we go straight to the ring as Mauro Ranallo welcomes us to the show. Sonya Deville versus Ember Moon versus Ruby Riot. In a NXT Women's Championship qualifier match. Well, we saw last week, thanks to uh, the Undisputed Era's nefarious means, that uh, Peyton Royce went through. Who will be the third woman through? Will it be Ember Moon? Will it be Ruby Wright or Sonya Deville? Dan, who you reckon in this one? Uh, Ember Moon. I would think Ember Moon's the favourite, but seems what it did last week, I probably think Deville. You know, because that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, Undisputed Era are going to come out and make it all about them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's disgusting. And, oh, my word. Well, we've got the MMA style of DeVille of recent times. Ruby Riot been taken down. Not really made much of an impact since coming to uh, NXT. Now her and Nikki Cross are on the same side as well. Ember Moon to the outside, of course. First time we've seen her in a... Well, first time I remember seeing her in a long time. Not since NXT TakeOver, where she did lose to Oscar. And that seems like an age ago as well. It does indeed, yeah. Oscar's been out injured and returned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's returning next week on our podcast. And, oh. But more importantly, James, will we see an eclipse tonight? Exactly. That's the question. Will we see the greatest move in NXT at the moment? But lovely there by Ruby Riot trying to spin DeVille out. Ember lands on her feet. And now these two women are going to go for the exchange. This is the match I want to see. Oh, a lovely exchange between these two women and going to a stalemate. Both women staring each other down, knowing exactly what the other can do. <laughs> Up on the ring apron, both women push her down. They say, no, we want to carry this on, bitch. Yeah, this is going to end one or two ways. It's either going to be a right victory or moon. I think we can discredit DeVille and Ember with the kicks. Caught by Ruby Riot. Big flying cross body from Moon. Goes for the cover, but Riot managing to kick out. Oh, and here comes Sonya Deville back in. And Moon uses Riot as a weapon, throws her straight into the midsection of Deville, takes her out of the equation again. Well, I think she threw Ruby Riot's head into it, drop kicked Deville, which DDT'd Riot. Now trying to get double pins, but got a double kick out. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Ruby Riot rolling to the outside, and now it's Deville. Who Ember Moon, who both go to the same uh, skirt making for later by the looks of it. They do, yeah. <laughs> Jack and Deville said, I want one like Ember Moon's, but a bit thicker. Yeah, no, I want thicker flaps. All right, all right. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's concentrate on the match. And not on the women's flaps. Not on the women's <laughs> flaps, all right? Well, so what I'm is sorry. TLC? James, let's break it down. Uh, it's a table, <laughs> a flat wooden top with four legs, a chair, something you sit on, and a and ladder, ladder so something you climb, climb up. <laughs> That'd be a great book to have this, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be <laughs> even better if you could get it signed <laughs> by the Oscar and Drew McIntyre. I mean, just because some of us have got a, sh- a Rangers shirt signed by Drew McIntyre yeah. doesn't mean others can't have things signed. 
But no, we went to McDonald's instead. <laughs> We're back after the break and DeVille takes down Ember Moon and is taking down Ruby Riot. We're back now and Ruby Riot is caught. DeVille sends her into the second turnbuckle. Ruby Riot now head scissors to Ember. Oh, shoulder blocks DeVille in a turnbuckle and Ruby Riot <laughs> looking to kick Ember Moon, but she ducked out of the way and she got DeVille instead. And then uh, Riot gets deposited to the outside, rolls up DeVille, oh. but DeVille managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And then we get a little bit frustrated, but can she beat DeVille? DeVille's looked unstoppable recently. We've seen her in NXT piling up the victories, but never competition like this. Oh, oh Ember Moon looking for a springboard, but gets caught in a spear. Two. Oh, oh but Riot managing to break up DeVille's pin attempt. Well, she had to come in there because there's no way Ember was going to get the shoulder up. Ember now rolls to the outside. It's between Ruby and DeVille. Ruby going to get ahead of steam. Gets caught with a huge right hand by DeVille. Oh, but Riot does the same back to her. And here comes DeVille. Oh, there goes DeVille. <laughs> Ruby <Well>, Riot. <laughs> low bridges are sending her to the outside. Is Ruby going to go flying? Well, where has Ember Moon gone? I think it's been, 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 been a question for Ruby. Ruby doesn't care, though. Here she comes. Oh, caught of a. Big right hook from DeVille. Oh, my God. Ruby gets caught back in the ring, but DeVille's been caught by Ember Moon. No. Well, it looked like uh, Moon was going to throw DeVille back in, but DeVille turns it around, throws Ruby belly first into the ring apron. And now what is DeVille doing? Oh. Looking to take out Ember Moon, but Moon managing to get a drop kick up to her, sending Dash into the wafer-thin mats below. Ruby right to the top. What's she going to do, the crazy bitch? Oh, oh crossbodies the pair of them. Comes knee first onto that metal grate, and I think she's broken her ankle. Well, she's hurt herself. I think Ember Moon, that elbow lad, still entrance way. I think the only person to get okay on it was DeVille, really. And Ruby Riot just slapping that leg, making sure she can stand. Ember Moon's out of this. Well, Riot needs to be able to stand so she can take an eclipse. Froze, <laughs> froze. Ember Moon in. Oh! Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> a Pele type kick, but Riot and that ankle, she's trying to tap it back into life. I think the thing that helped Ember Moon there is that she went flying across the ring. We're far away for Ruby to go travels. DeVille slowly making her way to the ring. Oh, she's in now, grabs hold of that bad leg of Ruby. DeVille with the ankle lock. Ruby might tap out here. We've talked about DeVille's. MMA training. Got the submission in. Come on, Ember Moon. Break it up. Oh, no. She's got the grapevine. Oh, my God. Ruby now has got nowhere to go. We might have a surprise here. Ruby, she's a tough SOB. Oh. Gets to the bottom rope, but she doesn't have to break it. The referee saying it doesn't matter. But now she's using the apron to get outside the ring. Bill's going to pull her back in. And again with a leg. Oh, my God. She's got it stretched. (laughs) <laughs> she's got it in well, she's wrenching her out the ankle of Ruby Riot what can Riot do to get out of this I think Riot could do anything at the moment Ember Moonlow oh. on her way to the top boom <laughs> hits the eclipse on DeVille goes for the cover on Riot <laughs> oh and pins Ruby Riot my god Ember Moon qualifies but we did see the eclipse DeVille didn't have all the focus. It's an inexperienced show now. Had the ankle lock on Riot. But Ember Moon 
hits the eclipse. Dan, what do you think of the match? I thought it was quite good, yeah. It was a good exchange. I'd like to see a match between Riot and Ember Moon. I think that'd be a great match. Um, Deville, not too sure on her yet. I mean, Deville was a little bit impressive in that match. Seemed to uh, work okay. I mean, the spear on Ember Moon when she uh, springboarded was very impressive. But uh, like I said, I thought the Eclipse would come. So at the moment, we know that Carly Sane will be there. Peyton Royce and now Ember Moon, three of the four. Who will be the fourth woman? That's already a hell of a matchup. It will be interesting to find out who is the fourth one going to NXT TakeOver. Uh, up next, we see security footage of the Undisputed Era encountering Roger Strong in the parking lot. So not only did we see him with him a couple of weeks ago, he's in the parking lot now. A shirt and some words were exchanged as the announced team speculate the state of their relationship. And I'm going to speculate the relationship. A t-shirt and conversation was exchanged. Hmm? Hmm? Hmm. Has Roger Strong joined the Undisputed Era? Well, Chrissy St. Cloud backstage with Mr. Regal as he was about to announce a match for next week. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce interrupt. He proceeds to make the announcement that there will be a women's battle royal next week to determine the last contender in the NXT Women's Championship match at NXT TakeOver. So, battle royal, who will be the last woman in? We'll find out in the next NXT update. But we've still got a lot on this show because up next is... Versus your guy, Dan, Alistair Black. It's a man with great techniques. It's fantastic to see Alistair Black. Twat. You are the worst Nigel McGuinness ever. <laughs> yeah, but at least I work with the best Nigel McGuinness impersonation. Well, James, I don't know how to take that compliment from you. So here we go, Real Mendoza. We've seen him. In the CWC, we're going to see. He got him. a big fucking package. There. We're going to see him in action. Please, can I concentrate on the match? You know, it's the way his tights are. Red tights coming down his. Oh, trunks. Got oh. the Velveteen Dream with Alistair Black's jacket, and he does get Black's attention now. Oh, oh. Well, this is what you wanted, Dream, and Black. Oh, getting attacked from behind by Raúl Mendoza. Oh, Mendoza, don't discredit him, even though he's the, the smaller chap he was in the CWC. But it might help him with the distraction of Velveteen Dream at ringside. And he sends him right in front of the Velveteen Dream. As he very uniquely flies over the top <laughs> rope, takes out <laughs> Alistair Black. We've seen a lot of that in this, this NXT. Guys just fly. I like when they just fly and go, fuck it, go on. And the smoke's still clearing as Mendoza now springboarding his way back in. You don't see a springboard sent on that often. On, oh, ooh. but Alistair Black managing to kick out. Uh, but would you agree? No. No, you wouldn't, would you? You, see, you, like, you think he always likes to take a punishment, don't you? You think he's like Iron Fist. You get stronger halfway through the fight. Well, I disagree with you here, Dan. As Alistair Black catches Mendoza. Oh, I see what T-shirt you're wearing. Why don't you tell everybody what T-shirt you're wearing? I am wearing my <laughs> Alistair Black white T-shirt. The only white WWE T-shirt that they have for Alistair Black. Very agile for a big man. Beautiful second rope dive. Is he looking to finish this? Black mass kick coming up. Yeah, I'll let you call it, Dan. Boom! <laughs> Nearly knocks his fucking head off. Two, three. Goes for the cover and just sits... Where he wants. He does sit where he wants. He does sit where he wants. And there you go. And uh, Velveteen Dream thought he got in Alistair Black's head. Alistair Black doesn't look phased now, does he? Taking out his frustration. That's the best way of taking out frustration. 
that mass kick. But fair play, Mendoza. I thought it was quite a good match. Yeah, you know, um, Alistair Black, he's showing that he's not one that gets distracted by anything. Yeah. You know, he focuses on the matter in hand, and that is taking out Raul Mendoza. Yeah, and we see how impressive Alistair Black has been recent times, and the dream's not really had any effect on Black, but we'll see what happens. I mean, that Black Mass kick, I think if you hit anybody in the head with that, it is all over. But fair play, Mendoza. But, you know, again, it wasn't really a challenge for Alistair Black. Velveteen Dream still got the coat saying, he's still got the jacket saying, say my name, as he walks away. As Black just sits there, pondering his next oh. move. Oh! Wait a minute, Alistair Black just looked at the Velveteen Dream. Maybe he has got in his head a little bit, Dan. Well, he knew that the Velveteen Dream wasn't looking, so we had a look. Uh, I think Black seems legitimately perturbed, and I think he more or less acknowledges Dream's presence now. Well, he knows he's there. Yeah, he knows he's there. Anyway, up next, Christy St. Cloud with an interview with the NXT champion, Drew McIntyre. And he seems humbled and happy to be NXT champion and calls it his dream. He says it hasn't been easy to get to this point, especially after his first run with the WWE, after being signed as a blue-chip prospect at the age of 21. He tells a story that he into the first home just four days before getting released with the WWE. They both agreed to keep going to fulfil his dream, and he's back doing it in NXT. He says one of his goals now is to inspire people. And Zelina Vega interrupts the interview. She says Almas and McIntyre have a lot in common. She asks if he's been dodging Almas. Drew acknowledges she's good at her job and reiterates he'll fight anyone, anytime anywhere. Oh, if he really wants a match so bad, McIntyre says Almas just needs to ask for a face-to-face. And uh, that's an excellent point by Drew McIntyre. Don't send your woman, CN, your 311 boy. Come to McIntyre and ask like a big man. Uh, up next, it is, Ca- uh, it is Cassis Ono versus Cesar Bononi. Well, Bononi is a physical specimen. He throws a series of rights to the veteran, follows it up with a huge dropkick. Mike thrown Ono's way. And the well-travelled grappler is in trouble. Another dropkick from Benoni sends Ono outside. Cover and a two. Two. BJJ experience is evident with Benoni. He goes to the well one too many times and he comes up empty on another dropkick and gets squashed by an Ono sent on. Well, Ono now on a roll as he kicks Benoni to the outside and hits a wrecking ball dropkick. Back of the ring and a huge rolling elbow. Rolling elbow to the back of Benoni ends the job. And our main event is next. Next. And it is the Undisputed Era. These three men finally going to get some rich, well, finally going to get their ass kicked by This is what it's all about. This is what it's been leading to. So here we come. Here come the strange sanity who are now on the good side of the law. And of course, the Undisputed Era costing Nikki Cross a chance at NXT TakeOver in that women's title match. But they've still got tag team gold. And Eric Young looking for retribution for the loss to. Adam Cole three weeks ago. Is this going to be the end of it here? You know what? What do you expect to happen in this match, Dan? Um, I expect foul play to come in and Roderick Strong to get involved and cost Sanity the match. Well, Roderick Strong, I tell you what, if he does that, McIntyre didn't deserve to shake his hand. He deserved to hit another couple of Claymore boots. 
the Claymore kicks because the reason Unspeak Era are here seems weird, isn't it? They show up and all of a sudden Roger Strong's getting these opportunities as well, isn't you know? I'm not I'm not being conspiracy I'm not starting a conspiracy here, but I'm just saying, you know, insanity, Alexander Wolf's gonna start off. I want an all out war. I want Sanity to bring it and show the Undisputed Era. You just can't walk in here and claim it to be your show. You've got to be like we said, put up or shut up. It's good because here we go with Bobby Fish in the ring. Wolf catches him, first ever <laughs> German tag team champion. Pow, right in a kisser. <laughs> Get down, fish boy. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Come on, Wolf, teach him a lesson. Huge European uppercut. I got to kick him in the face, yeah. yeah. I'm going to hurt him. Oh, no. He pulled me into the ring, buckle. Uh, Bobby, th- Bobby Fish. <laughs> Bobby Fish sends Alexander Wolf to the turnbuckle, tags in. The good-looking Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> well, Kyle O'Reilly's got a face only a mother could love. He has. He has got a face for a podcast, Kyle O'Reilly, to be fair. My word, Alex and Eric Young, the leader of Sanity. Oh, truck toe hold down. Eric Young with a big elbow drop to the back, looking to get some retribution on the man that screwed him over. There we go. Attacking <laughs> to Killian Dane. Oh, big demo. <coughs> And this is great teamwork by Sandy cutting off the ring. Quick tags. Alexander Wolf built up some momentum. Oh, big European uppercut there. <clears throat> and looking over at the Undisputed Era, done nothing in this match. So for getting their ass kicked at the moment. Drops him onto his knee and a big chop from the back of the head. This could be it. No. Oh, Eric Young going for the cover, but O'Reilly managing to kick out. Ah, Bobby Fish in, distracting referee. Behind his back, Adam Cole trying to kick Eric Young. Oh, but Eric Young trying to fight out. Oh, but then too much. Uh, Riley now with the kicks. Eric Young seems to like it, but gets taken down. He's as talented as he is attractive. Right, he tags in Bobby Fish. And look at this, this gang assault. Just standing over Eric Young, punching down on him. I, 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 I'm still... I'm you can tell he's fish because he's got a fish on the front of his trunks. <laughs> I still don't like the Undisputed Era, no matter what they do. This is a dark, this is a dark time for NXT. Look at Nikki Cross in the apron. <laughs> she wants some. I think she should have been there instead of Alexander Wolfe, you know, get herself some. And Eric Young, though, taking down the whole Undisputed Era, finally getting his hands on Adam Cole. Oh, but again... O'Reilly, uh, Bobby Fish with a kick to the back of the head of Ad- Eric Young as we go to an ad break. Yeah, and Eric Young is down on the outside. And will the Undisputed Era take control during the advert? We'll find out. Cole just punching the defenseless Eric Young and now going back to that sleeper. And now the Undisputed Era is taking control and slowing it down. Cole and Eric. Oh, Nicky Cross, come on and bite his fucking face off. Well, Nicky Cross is as crazy, is, is tougher than any of these men. And plus, if you tag in Killian Dane, he's the same size as the Undisputed Era anyway. So, Eric Young desperate to his corner, but Undisputed Era can't fault him, keeping Eric Young in that just that quarter of the ring. Great tag team and great quick tags. Fish in with O'Reilly. Oh, working on both arms of Eric Young. And a double kick there, sending Young to the mat. Fish with a cover. <laughs> It's Nicky Cross and then he came in that was in the ring at that point in time. But Eric Young did manage to kick out. Ah, and I'll drag him, him back to the Undisputed Era's corner, working him over with punches, tagging to Adam Cole because his opponent's beaten down and that's the only way you can get an advantage on someone. I think it looks like he's not working out properly. You know what I mean? I'm not impressed with that phys- that physique, I don't think. For me... It should be WWE. You know, someone like Eric Young, that kind of build. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not against that. But I just think, for me, he looks like Stevie Richards. I'm going to say it. For me, he looks like Stevie Richards. 
Deal with, with that. less talent. Deal with that, everybody. All right, all you internet people. Adam Cowan's the next great thing. No, he's not. He's Stevie fucking Richards. And he's got a, a tag team like Fish and O'Reilly there that can only do well when they've got the numbers advantage or they're beating someone from behind. Eric Young gets his shoulder up. Come on, Eric. I'm sorry. We've watched NXT for too long now to let these guys come in and make a mockery of everything. That is indeed, yes. We, we, should, we should gather the troops, get Drew McIntyre, Alistair Black together, go Wolf down on the ring, say, come on, Undisputed Era. Who would you have Black and who would be the other one? Who said I'd have McIntyre? Oh, oh, come on. NXT champion. <laughs> yeah, Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan would be a good shout. i tell you who else might be an interesting person to have a part of with, you know, if it's not Lars Sullivan. Killian Dane, because he's a big man. He's been at WrestleMania. And the question is, can he get the tag in this match to make the difference? It's fish. No. But he's been on the losing side to a match that Mojo really All right, won, leave James. it, leave it, leave it. Well, anyway, O'Reilly and Fish in here. Just double-teaming Young. Referee doesn't seem to care. Not counting. Been longer than five seconds. Oh, O'Reilly with a cover, but Eric Young managing to kick out. Ah, Eric Young in trouble. And Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah, but do you know what all this means leads to, James? What does it lead to? Well, if they're getting beaten down for the majority of the match, they're going to come back with a hot tag and win it. Well, let's hope so. O'Reilly, Irish rips Eric Young to the corner. Going to come running in. Oh. Oh, takes out Wolf. Drawing Dane in. Dane's furious with that. And now O'Reilly. Oh, Oh, but Young moves out of the way. O'Reilly hits face first into the turnbuckle. But don't worry, gentlemen and ladies. He's not going to make him any worse looking. No, he's not all you ladies out there. O'Reilly will be fine. Eric Young looking to get the hot tag to Killian Dane. Oh, come on. O'Reilly stops him. Oh, but Young pushes him off. O'Reilly tags in. Uh, Fish tags in. And Eric Young still killing Dane. Even though he had about five seconds. And Fish stopping Young. Oh, oh and he gets pushed off by Eric Young. Oh. Finally gets a tag to Big Killian Dane. Oh, my God. The huge Irishman running right through Fish, O'Reilly and Cole. Well, Cole backs off like a little bitch. Oh, my God. And Killian Dane just squashed. Flying crossbody. Squashed him. Here comes O'Reilly. Oh, <laughs> brilliant move there. Drop kicks O'Reilly. Lands on Fish. And the big man is psyched up. Here we go. Fish in trouble. Oh. Well, he's having some fish and chips tonight. There's a fish sandwich. Oh, he puts his elbow up. It's Dane. Uh-oh. But Killy Dane picks up O'Reilly. Uh-oh. <laughs> and he's got fish as well. God, Dane. Fall away, slamming a Samoan drop in one. Look at the power of the man. <laughs> and Adam Cole, do you like that, do you? Do you want some of this? Do you want some of that man there? Clearly he doesn't because he's standing there like a little bitch. Nicky Cross loving it. And now Dane picking up fish. Oh, Dumping him in the corner. <laughs> Big scent on. And now off the second rope. Oh. Swagger bomb. And he's sitting on him. One. Oh, foot's oh. under the rope. Oh. Don't count. And from behind, worthless little bitch, and then he runs out of the ring. Adam Cole super kicks Dane. That's legal. Is it a Riley in? Just oh, do- gets caught by Eric Young. Pushed into Wolf. Alexander Wolf and boom! boom. Netbreaker on O'Reilly. And now it's the three members of Sanity in the ring. And only one of the Undisputed Era. Do you like that, huh? You want some of that? Where are you going to run to, you little bitch? <laughs> Sanity's strong at the moment. Oh. oh. 
Alexander Wolf goes, rolls out, stopping Cole from leaving. Eric Young stops him in the other direction. <laughs> Is he going to go into Killian Dane to get eaten alive? And now what are you going to do, Adam? Huh? You're a man. That was a dumb mistake. <laughs> Damo. Damo. Killian Dane picks up Adam Cole. Oh. Throws him into the ring. Wolf, Dane and Young. And now they're saying hoist him up now. Picking him up. Oh, my oh. God. Wolf and Dana got him. And oh, my word. Roderick Strong's music hits. No. <laughs> it's the Ulfers of Pain. Oh, my God. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wolf gets taken out. Eric Young looks to dive at him. And it's just Dane with uh, a Carmen Razar. Oh, my word. And now killing Dane trying to fight off Ulfers of Pain. We thought he was Roderick Strong, but No. And now they're beating down Paul Ellering as well by ringside. Oh, look at this. The Undisputed Era. Yeah, you just scurry away. You just run away. Bitches. Fucking authors of pain. Oh, wolf. Oh, Throws him God. upside down into the corner. <laughs> it's got to be a count-out victory for Sanity. Uh, oh. oh no, disqualification, isn't it? Disqualification, yeah. It's got to be. And they're getting away and they just took out Killian Dane. Oh, oh my and both God. men throw it young into the steel stairs. Where's Nicky Cross? Well, Honestly, I go batshit crazy. <laughs> I don't know where Nikki Cross is at the moment. She knocks the pair of them out. <laughs> and the Undisputed Era looking on. And the Office of Pain <laughs> aren't finished. They've got Wolf and Young. Oh, no. We're not going to see the Collider. Oh. oh, pow. Super Collider there by the Office of Pain. And they've certainly made a statement. Oh, my God. I honestly can't believe what we've just seen. And we leave it there. The Office of Pain... Coming back, wanting their tag team championships back. Dan, what do you think of that? We mentioned Authors of Pain earlier on in the podcast. (laughs) Wondering where they've been, and they've been plotting their revenge. It was uh, brilliant. This is, we talk about it as a whole, but just that match, it's everything NXT does right at the moment. You've got their kind of sanity versus uh, undisputed era that we see. And then you throw and you think Strong might come out and then the Authors of Pain return because they want revenge on Sanity because they lost their tag team titles. And it does make sense, doesn't it? You know? It does indeed, yeah. Uh, quite incredible. But what have you thought of NXT Update this month? I thought it's been be- bloody exciting. It's certainly building up towards TakeOver. And, you know, again, they're changing it up each week. They've not got the same things week in, week out. You know, and it is, I think it's brilliant, you know, the way it goes forward. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. It tells a perfect story. An hour week is enough, and especially when we do these month ones, it just goes. It's over before we know it, you know. Well, uh, on another four episodes, exactly. And this is what we've had. We've had the uh, the undisputed era story. They're them coming through, and they see Adam Cole's debut, and of course the free in action that we want to see. Cien looking really strong, and he throws down a challenge to Drew McIntyre, who successfully defended against Roderick Strong, who then might be joining the undisputed era. We don't know what side he's on in it. Alistair Black and the Velveteen Dream feud that we've got ongoing, that we know is going to grow legs to it. And, of course, who will be the last at the NXT title match at TakeOver? There's so many questions going into it. I mean, it might be an obvious question, but what was better this month, 205 Live or NXT? Um, I'm going to have to say 205. <laughs> 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 Couldn't even finish that one. NXT, of course it was NXT. Yeah. But they haven't got an Enzo Amore. <laughs> no, we haven't. We, we haven't. may get annoyed with the Undisputed Era, but at least they're playing a bit of a part in yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that is it for this month's NXT update, but we have got some huge news to get everybody excited. 
Well, originally promoted as NXT TakeOver Houston, it will now be War Games. After an announcement by Triple H on October the 4th, 2017, the event's name is derived from an old match type that was originally used in the National Wrestling Alliance and later an annual match held by the WCW. NXT TakeOver War Games will feature the namesake match and will be the first time in nearly 20 years since the match last occurred. I know, 20 years. Now, uh, War Games. This happened when online, and online went, uh, Twitter went crazy for this, the announcement by Triple H. People have been wanting War Games to come back. You're not a huge fan of War Games, are you? It was a bit of an awful match, but you know, hopefully they can improve it again. Last time it happened was 20 years ago. Wrestling has improved vastly since then. Yes. So, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's hope for it. There's hope. There is definitely hope. Day yeah. and age, and it's good that they're bringing back saying that was so successful in WCW. It was their biggest match. Here's one. Are you glad they're bringing it back to NXT as opposed to WWE? Well, I think it proves that Triple H has been wanting to bring this back for years. And finally, with NXT, he gets a chance to you know improve if it's worthwhile or not. I think it's his little baby thing. You know, He's been wanting to do this for ages. For me, I'm still shocked we haven't got Halloween Havoc. You know, If we're going to have TLC... It just feels a bit throwaway to have it in between Hell in the Cell. I think Halloween Havoc, you could have like the gimmick. You know, just imagine the entranceway, what they could do, and everything like this. And I think that would be a better show this time of year than TLC. And keep TLC. And you could December. have TLC for, you know, to take the place of Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, exactly. You know, we better pay for your names. I just, I don't understand it. But anyway, yeah, NXT Takeover. It is War Games. So on the next NXT update, it will be before our live kickoff show for NXT TakeOver. We'll have the, the last four weeks of, of action leading up to the event. Like we say, we know bits and pieces now, but we'll get the full card before the show. I, for one, am excited on the journey uh, to see what happens, you know, and uh, it's, it's been great. So that is it. If you want to contact us about anything that's happened on today's show, the news, the new content, NXT 25 Live, or anything else, WWE TLC, that happens. That will be our next podcast on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. And also we've got friend. We have indeed. Yes, he's uh, Chris Be- Mini Chris Benoit. And he's just trying to make the world a better place. And you can follow him at Mini Chris Benoit. Across all the Google platforms, WWE Network Review on Google Plus and send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review podcast. So you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WWE Network Review podcast on there. Got all the latest clips and the podcast at the same time to do other places. Like on your phone. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got our live shows November 18th and 19th. We're going to be NXT TakeOver, War Games kickoff, and then, of course, Survivor Series. And iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. I have been James Rollins, and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.